Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the vine here, it's time for the podcaster that wishes he put the shake in salt shaker. But mostly I like just like have to, why, why with all my spices do I have to tap? I guess because I don't put the, do I not put the top on tight enough? Because I have to tap, tap, tap it on the counter. And that won't be keeping me up at night, but probably as it could, you know, maybe all of it can buy. Anyway, it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast to put you to sleep. That's who's making this show. So I guess I was shaking the show Salt Shaker by Sea Cells, but She Cells by the Seashore. <laughs> uh, this episode of Sleep With Me is made possible by the hard work of Chris Postal from Sounds Like an Earful Studios, who edited and did the theme music. Uh, Jonathan Mann's On the Lullabies. Scotty and Jennifer on our, on our, on our artwork. I'm at Dear Scooter on Twitter, and the listeners have a Facebook group over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. I want to thank Julie and Jennifer. Uh, you're still getting Keith, Stacy and Keith, Laura, Summer, and Sarah. Laura, Summer, and Sarah. That almost sounds like BBD, BBD, the East Coast family. And they're, all those moderators are hip to be. Because uh, they're keeping it cool down on Facebook Street. And you know how hard that is if you use Facebook to create a community uh, based in kindness. But they're doing it over there. Uh, so thank you. And let's get on with the show. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play and tonight we'll be on location here at the uh, orlando eye and i'll have more about it but it'll have a little bit of the ambient nice uh rolling ambient noise here a humming if you will but if you're new here this is the podcast that puts you to sleep so i'm here to take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake whether it's uh, thinking you know stuff on your mind feelings emotions physical sensations Whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. Tonight I'm on a Ferris wheel. I think it's a little more advanced than the original Ferris wheels. And I'll be describing what I see. It's a beautiful rainy day, and I do mean that beautiful rainy day here in Orlando. And I'm kind of on a somewhat spur-of-the-moment trip here. But if you're new here, here here's what's going to happen. Here's the structure of the show. We usually take about five minutes uh, before the intro to pay our bills and credit everyone that helps out on the show. Then we have an intro here. Tonight will be a little bit shorter, but uh, I'll set up and explain the podcast uh, and how it works. And then uh, we'll just have a live, uh, I guess it's live for me right now. I'm here uh, on the uh, Orlando, in, I'm in I guess I'm in the, am I in the Orlando Eye or on the Orlando Eye? Within, uh, but I'll be here describing it, lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, there's raindrops on the windows, there's clouds in the sky, there's mist in the distance. It couldn't be a more perfect day for a sleep podcast, holy moly. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess if you're new, usually these intros go on for about 12 minutes. Tonight I'll try to keep it to a few minutes so we can get straight to the, uh, uh describing stuff, a part of the show. Uh, but what else do you need to know? Okay, here, here's a, here's the main points of the show. I'm a little bit different. I'm a little bit strange, a little bit goofy. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the second thing that goes along with that is that you're under no pressure to listen to me. 
you know, this is kind of a podcast to take your mind off stuff, but don't I don't need to keep your mind on me. So as you listen, you know, I'd like to send my voice across the deep dark night, as I said, and kind of escort you, I almost said, escort you across the threshold from wake to sleep. And at any point, you could just stop listening, and my voice, like this beautiful background humming, soothing, like a sonic lung, uh, can carry you off. And you'll say, well, Scooter's voice is starting to sound a little bit like a sonic lung. This traffic goes by under me slowly. This is this whatever distance I am. I think I'm about 370 feet away. Really calming. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. So you're under no pressure to listen, but you're under no pressure to fall asleep. This episode should be at least an hour. So I'll be here, and I'll be taking meanders. I'll be taking my time, lulling, soothing tones, wings of pointlessness, all those things. So even though it's a sleep podcast, it's here for an hour to keep you company in case you can't fall asleep. So I think that's it. The reason I make it is because I I still have trouble sleeping now. But uh, in the past, just like this circular wheel I'm on, my thoughts can be very circular. And round and around they'll go. And where they stop, I don't know. But I won't, like, I'd be like, come on, can you stop? Can can, Can you stop with the thinking so I can get some sleep? I'd like to fall asleep here. And they don't really, they won't really go for that. So I guess that's why, part of the reason to make the podcast. Second thing is I just like bedtime stories or the idea of someone sitting there at a comfortable distance, whether it's the foot of your bed or the other side of your room or on a phone call across the globe, whatever works for you. Or just, you know, a strange person making a strange podcast uh, to take your mind off stuff. I'd like to distract you because I've been there in the deep, dark night tossing and turning. And it's really my honor uh, to do what I can to help you out. As I say on every show, this doesn't work for everybody, but I hope it works for you. And as I always say, I'm glad you're here. I appreciate your time. Give it a few shots if it's your first time. This is an ambient background episode, so it might not be for everybody. But I really hope and I really yearn to help you fall asleep, and, and thanks for stopping by. And so we'll take a little break here and uh, take care of the uh, little business stuff, and then we'll get on to the view from the Orlando Eye. Okay, so I'm here, as I said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, welcome back to the Orlando Eye. Within, I guess I didn't decide, am I within a pond? How about that? That sounds a very bedtime story. Upon the Orlando Eye, in the sky... Do not cry. Hear my sleepy sighs here at the Orlando Eye. And the Orlando Eye is 400. I'll, I'll try to keep the, uh, the, the uh, H-E-I-G-H-T talk to a minimum. Uh, but I do like to, I, I did want to kind of set some, uh, I guess I'll do that a little bit later. But it's 400 feet high, which is uh, huh, uh, 121.92 meters for all of you reasonable people who use the metric system unfortunately I, I kind of know feet feet of one foot's 12 inches i believe we're here in the orlando eye just for a quick quick marker the london eye is 443 feet but we're not comparing you know we're here uh, to enjoy ourselves and we're here in orlando i, I think we're off of i drive 
the first passenger uh, took the Orlando Eye April 29th, 2015, and I believe it has capacity for about 450 people. There's these, uh, I would call this a gondola that we're in right now. And it's very roomy, uh, room for 15, I think. Uh, let's see, 450 people. Maybe there's room for 10. There's a nice little bench in the center. There's a couple tablets that you can use for uh, not placemaking, wayfinding, I believe. And there's uh, ceiling-to-toe windows, giant windows, a nice handrail. My hand is on the handrail, warming it, uh, reassuring myself, uh but that I'm doing a good job with the podcast, not so much uh, of anything else. And this, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not just saying this because I'm on it. It is gentle. This is a smooth, I feel like I'm riding butter. I, how, here's a question that doesn't have anything to do with anything. How many people need, have, a, how many horses are named butter? That would be a good name for a horse, butter. Uh, and then you'd say, I mean, I, I guess if the horse was, if it was, a, well, our horse rides, I, I think I've only been on one or two horse rides. And uh, I had the one horse that was temperamental, in uh, like. But but anyway, it wasn't butter. It wasn't like this is like riding butter. So butter companies, you know, if if the branding opportunity comes up to have your own wheel, think about it. Like riding butter. Uh, also, I, I think butter. I mean, how about a, a sled made of frozen butter? New York State Fair is well known for its butter sculptures. Uh, what are the odds of, uh, you know, getting sleds made of butter or just butter-bottom sleds? That's a good alliterate. Butter-bottom sleds. Say that five times fast. Butter-bottomed sleds. I'll say it once slow. It reminds me of the River, River Bottom uh, Fun Time Band from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And, you know, what could be further from Emmett Hodder's Jug Band Christmas than uh, being sky high here on the Orlando Eye? Now, I've got four directions I can look in. No idea. Uh, at some point, I'll check north, south, east, and west. Oh, some neon is coming on. I believe it's LEDs. So the eye is lit. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I am not. I'm, I'm just here here with you. But I'm looking, whatever direction I'm looking in is the non-tourist direction. I wanted to start with that because it's, uh, you know, why, why, like, uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, mundane. That's a strong word, isn't it, Scoots? I don't want to say it's mundane, and I don't want to say it's plain. Uh, and I don't want to talk about being in my membrane. You know, what is it, a Cypress Hill song? But it looks like I'm looking at... Uh, it looks like my guess would be a car, like the parking lot's full. It's a work day. I'm here working in the Orlando Eye. And uh, why am I in Orlando and all that? I'll get to that soon. But this looks like it could be a factory. It has a lot of stuff on the. Well, I guess you need a lot of air conditioning here in Orlando. So, so it could be a warehouse. Uh, but my sense is they're building something there. Why? No idea. No, no idea. And it's uh, one, two giant buildings and then a couple smaller buildings and then some outbuildings uh, for parking and those type of things and beyond that are some uh, like uh, like trees uh, we've got plenty of those here in Orlando some waterways a couple office buildings another um, industrial style building 
and uh, I'm ri- we're still rising, just in case anybody's wondering. We're still rising here. And then in the distance, uh, some, I don't know if it's steam coming off of a building or, uh, you know, what, 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 what's coming off of it. And, it, like, the windows have beautiful raindrops. Some are dripping and some are running, but it's quite nice here. And let's see what else I can do. get a little bit closer to the window. But uh, let's see what I can see. Yeah, it looks like a river canal. So this must be the working section of uh, Orlando. I don't see anything that I would just... Dis- okay, there's a... No, there's a hotel. But yeah, this seems to be the working section of Orlando. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the, the visibility isn't perfect, but I think it's perfect for this podcast because it gets misty. And as I said, there's steam and there's some long buildings... There's some tan grasses and green trees, and actually some rust-colored grasses here in the distance as I look off. And then a hotel. I don't know uh, what hotel it is, but it looks like a nice one. And then a smaller one, I'd say that's a courtyard. I mean, I'm no hotel expert, but I, I have done podcasts where I'm looking at hotels before. I would say that's a courtyard by Marriott. I'm no expert, uh... But the four-story uh, section things. The other one beyond that, I would say hmm, it's, it's a tower with a couple of wings. It's uh, a beige or brown color. So there's a beige color. There's a popular a couple of popular colors for hotels. Uh, tannish beige, but there's a lot of if you know if we have time, we could get into describing those. And a what off white to tan. Uh, I, know, I, I noticed I'm a big fan of ho- like uh, hotels with blue highlights. I, I don't know. I mean, also hair and uh, uh, Trader Joe's employees. I said, well, those blue highlights, uh, they, get, they get me every time. Um, and then I believe I see the Orlando Convention Center, though I'm not sure that. It's just a big building that I say, well, that looks like a convention center to me. Then we have a little bit of construction going on in my foreground and again, you say, well, Scoots, is this easy? I say, I don't know. At some point, I will know. There's another beige-ish, uh, like, uh, towery hotel in the distance. Uh, looks like a nice one. It has a lot of trees. Uh, I guess, like, Florida is evergreen and deciduous uh, uh, a little bit. But, he, like, there's a, like from this distance on this day, it looks like... Um, Trees are barren, but I know that's not the case. And as we are descending here, uh, behind the convention center is a couple of, uh, you know, non-themed hotels. I don't want to hurt any hotel buildings' feelings, you know. But, you know, a little bit plain. Uh, One is uh, more of a white color than one is a beige. We got a tourist helicopter going by. Uh, Luckily, can't hear it, so that's good. And as I scan, then you say, excuse, give me a little bit more on this convention center because I I have a podcast, conventioncenterbuildingspodcast.com. I'd say, really, really, uh, I was just going to bid on that. It is, uh, it has these, you know, convention centers are a bit like the, um, what do you call those things? Those glass buildings they used to have when you'd, uh, they had it at the Dickens Fair, like for a grand exposition or a World's Fair, you'd have buildings made of glass. 
And I wish, you know, it was a bit, like a bit like a conservatory, but bigger. Expo halls, I, I think they may be called. It, this has a lot of glass. It has one, two, three, four, five arched windows, each like a quarter circles consecutively larger. A lot of windows, a lot of windows, which I guess you'd say... I, I, I mean, working in Orlando is a tough gig for architects and planners because you say, well, you got the natural light. People love the natural light. Save, could it save money? I mean, that's one question. Because then you is it, or are the savings off like uh, offset by the air conditioning bills? But then you say, well, there's the pleasure of the uh, convention ear, convention e, convention ear. <laughs> what, what, what do you? What do people used to hear at conventions? Conventioneers, boom. Um, so that's about it on the convention center. Kind of like a, a bluish. It's uh, it it looks pretty good. I mean, it looks like it. It still looks modern. It's not. You know. I mean, I, I hate to say build it up, make it taller, make it flashier. Um, but I think when uh, Daft Punk and Kanye got together, they had it right. And, and I mean, even in convention. Well, maybe not. I mean, that's why I don't design convention centers. I design lulling, soothing, rolling here in the eye. So gently, our butter-like descent down. Oh, boy. So I just got... um, So I'm going to move on here to looking in my next direction. And actually, I'm here. Let me do a little uh, establishing here. Let me sit down my um, recorder. I'm here with my mother uh, and my brother, uh, my brother Ted, and my mother Mom, and they are here on the Orlando Eye within a pond. Oh, that's right, we agreed to say upon the Orlando Eye with I, I, my mother, my brother, and I upon the Orlando Eye. Do not cry, for I will keep giving you my attention. Uh, something into you know but until i go awry until my attention does so uh okay i'm gonna have to come back to what i was just looking at because it was like a castle style building but there's a building in front of it um but yeah i'm here with my mother and my brother i'm in town kind of a last minute podcasting convention when you hear this it'll be probably a little bit afterwards and I was trying to figure out how to make it work because uh, actually, oh, shout out to the listener who recommended it. His brother-in-law is running the convention. He said, oh, my brother-in-law listens to your podcast. You should come by. And like, uh, I said, well, I got to be able to record. And they said, well, maybe I could stop and visit my parents. And then my mom said, well, I come down to Orlando for, for a day. And then lo and behold, my brother Ted uh I mean, I think I can claim at this moment he's my favorite brother. If any of my brothers are listening, though, uh, you know, you know, you know what the real situation is. You know, don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, we're descending. We're going to go through the uh, the station here and the gondola-like thing. So the doors are going to slide. Uh, all the uh, really well, well, well uh, worked here. All the employees are doing a great job. They have. They have umbrellas, and they're very, very friendly people here. And on the same complex, and, and this is just, uh, this is not a sponsored episode. This was uh, an idea I had where I said, uh, yeah, let me reach out to some places, some Orlando attractions, and see who's game 
for uh, to 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 let me um, record here, and I said, "Well, she's let, let's let's do it." And uh, all right, so we've left the boarding station. Welcome back. Uh, like I never left because I didn't, but we're back here once again. Ascending. Yeah, that's the word I've been looking for the whole day. Ascending. We're ascending, slowly climbing and uh, waiting to, to see what I could see. We're ascending, slowly climbing, see what I could see. And as we rise, now I don't know, I, I, I want to say I'm looking north, but I really have no idea. I, I mean, I feel like this I'm standing looking north. And, I, you know, I, I do have a pretty good internal compass. Uh, like, uh, have I ever told you how when I was, well, I don't want to plant any ideas in anybody's heads, but when I was younger, one time when I would have trouble sleeping, one thing I would do is change directions. So, so I'd change, I'd sleep at the foot, start sleeping at the foot of my bed, and I was convinced at the time that by switching up the magnetic direction of where I slept, that it would help me sleep better. And I mean, placebo-wise, I think it would work for a few weeks. Uh, and I don't know if that was like. Uh, from when I would uh, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what what, what I was, you know, as a, as a child, I, I don't think like that anymore. You know, I, I mean, me do though. I wonder if I should change up the direction of the head of my bed. But as we ascend here, I'm starting to check out some other well, Spanish faux Spanish style roofs are popular here, I, I, or, or terracotta, uh, I guess. I don't know why this just popped into my head, but uh, you know, you know that song. Um, Who's that by? I, I can't think of his name, but it just, like, uh, <laughs> I keep trying to figure out a way to introduce the song with that. But uh, Terracotta just popped in. My, my Terracotta uh, don't want none. Oh, I guess my mom's pointing out that we're looking west. Do, actually, do west. So, W-E. So, that would be at my back is the east, and to my right is the north. Okay, I can buy that. I can buy that that compass works. So I'm looking west, somewhere out there, to quote Fivel, is Koa and my daughter Sophia, 20, you know, some direction west, probably not due west. So I think, I don't know, San Francisco is like uh, on the same longitude. Is that latitude or longitude uh, as, uh, what do you call that? Um Washington D.C. maybe, but again, it's been a while since I've you know looked at a globe. But yeah, as I look west, it, there's that sand lake around Sand Lake. It looks like houses, and I don't know if these are the uh, Airbnb VRBO. Like, uh, there's a lot of these, uh, and it's a great value. I've never done it. Is renting a vacation home here in the Orlando area, and I used because I used to be obsessed with this. Uh, podcast these four guys did really taught me a lot about uh like like it just got me interested in podcasting it was four guys that were obsessed kind of with theme parks like disney in particular and i just loved like it was the content was one thing but it was their personalities and what they would disagree upon and you know some of them i grew to love and some of them i grew to loathe i guess that's uh i gotta get used to that you know say when when that happens to me, but it's a different story. But they used to talk about renting these vacation homes because a lot of them have pools and, you know, washers and dryers and kitchens, and they're a little bit better priced. Now, I've never done it. I've looked into it 
in the time I looked into it, it was like a, a last minute, um, uh, you know, at the holiday. So it wasn't a good a good fit. But somewhere to the west, I, oh holy moly! I gotta I gotta get my mom and my brother over here because I can see Space Mountain, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. I've just spotted Space Mountain at a far, far distance to my west is the, the white touch of Space Mountain. I'd love to get my eyes on the Tower of Fun. Uh, I can see the um, a couple of the large hotels just off of Disney property. I don't see Cinderella's Castle, but that is unmistakably the uh, sweet, sweet... T- oh, no, because, yeah, that's the Contemporary Resort. My brother's pointing, but I'm not seeing uh, Epcot Dome. I'm waiting for my eyes to adjust. My brother clearly has better eyes than me. I don't see the ball, but I'm going to keep looking. Believe me, I, I'm not doing. I'm not going anywhere. He also said he saw the Tower of Terror. Tower of. He also said he saw the Tower of Joy, the Disney's famous Tower of Joy, here on upon the Orlando Eye. Uh, we're searching in the sky, across the sky. Okay, I'm, keep, I'm keeping an eye on it. I guess I'll come back, you know, and say, well, it could get less misty. I thought I had to, you know, I'm one of those people that's delusional about my vision. Another delusion. Uh, I have pretty good vision, but I don't know if I have 2020 vision anymore. Um, what was the 80s song? Supervision or something. Uh, double vision. You're right. Thank you, brain. Yeah, that was a song in the 80s. Uh, it was. <laughs> You're right. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I can see, I can't, can't once you see, uh, what did I call it, Space Mountain at this distance, you can't unsee it. And somewhere nearby is that sweet castle where Cinderella lives. My daughter, uh, Sophia, is playing Cinderella, uh, Mother's Day, uh, in her local community theater. She'll be singing as Cinderella. Tickets are uh, $10,000 if you'd like one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh... Yeah, so let's see what else I can see. Yeah, I see Space Mountain just because it's so easy. The globe, you know, that, that uh, what is it called? The Epcot, I, I know, Spaceship Earth. What, what are we traveling on? I'm upon uh, or the Orlando Eye, which is upon Spaceship Earth, the real Spaceship Earth, hurtling slowly or circling gently, ascending or descending. I guess it's just in orbit. Yeah, so I guess that is the direction of Disney World, uh, Walt Disney World. And uh, so I guess I don't have anything else because I'm going to kind of adjust my focus once again here and take a look. And I see another small lake. Sometimes you can't tell if it's a lake or a retention basin. And uh, a highway. Traffic really looks like, and I'm not like metaphorizing this, really looks gentle, moving so gently. And a couple of nice restaurants, um, you know, I guess as a kid, I don't know why I always uh, projected like a adult romance, not, not um, the seductive romance, but the romantic uh, ideals of an adult upon Orlando as a child. I guess because I didn't, you know, the first time I came here was uh, when I was freshman in high, after my freshman year of high school. So it was like this act of uh, faux adulthood, but uh, 
even the chain restaurants, especially, and I guess people could relate to this, when you see a chain hotel or a chain restaurant that you don't have in your own ho- your own hometown, when you when you see that, you, you say, which you say, this is just amazing to me. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's so cool. One day, I will eat at the Shake Shack or whatever. I saw that on the ride over here. Um, let's see. What else do we see here to the west? To, to, to the west. I'm looking to the northwest now. Yeah, W-E. Left, my left hand, if I look north, is a W, right? I see a water tower, a blue water tower. And I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. The first water tower I've noticed in Orlando. Seems to be a residential area. Um Seems to be a residential area uh, by the water tower. Don't know if that's uh, rental houses or something else. And something, I don't know if that's an attraction, but I do see a white uh, tower off in the distance. Not sure. It, does, it looks like it's in a residential area, so I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it could be a very large church or uh, a steeple. See Ross, dress for less. I can see that not that far off the horizon. That'll be not for TJ Maxx or Ross is always on my horizon when I need some clothes. <laughs> uh, let's see. We we were looking here, still looking west. I want to. I think when I look north, that's when uh, we're closer to some some real cool stuff, and so I don't want to, you know, get out of here too quickly from the west i'm still waiting for it to you know hey west orlando unlock your secrets i'm watching you and looking lou okay actually maybe you should look okay so i can definitely see the contemporary resort right now so now i'm getting excited i can see clearly uh the contemporary resorts so i should be able to see the epcot globe um i see something else but that could be steam so I'm see- oh I see the Ep- Epcot globe holy moly I see Epcot I think oh I'm sure of it now there it is as I descend ascending there is the globe I can't believe the distance that Disney World covers holy mackerel uh, it really it, at this distance is really mesmerizing. But yeah, so if I can see the Epcot Globe, there's a shot at uh, see the Disney Tower of Joy, uh, one of my favorite attractions. For some reason it's being rebranded in uh, Disney's California Adventure, uh, which Ahab's wife and I discussed uh, with displeasure. Hopefully they'll get it right, though, because I do have an appreciation for uh, how hard everyone works, uh, trying to be, keep things creative. Just here, like, and above the uh, Epcot, the spaceship Earth is a crescent moon-shaped uh, cloud, and it's a reverse crescent, so it's a backward C. Within the clouds is a crescent-shaped cloud, and it's puffy. Its bottom is a little bit darker than its uh, top. Its left is lighter than its right, and it's wispy. You know, even though it's a rainy day, and there's cloud cover. It's uh, some of the clouds uh, still retain their wispiness, and I think that's just to keep tourists. You say, "Well, us tourists, we like our wispy clouds." Uh, kind of like the wind. I don't know what that has to do with the wind in the willows, but when I say wispy, I want to say wind in the willows. Probably just because I 
you know, lean on, talk about leaning on an upside down W. I do that with alliteration. So, yeah, we're looking off at the mist and uh, still waiting for the Tower of Joy to appear. But it took, you know, that what did that take me, 12 minutes to notice the uh, Epcot? Um, I can see some other buildings and no sign of the Tower of Joy. No sign of the Tower of Joy. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not exactly positive to look to the left or the right or how tall it really is compared to... Uh, that contemporary resort is pretty big, and I think it's closer. Well, I actually know it's closer than the, uh, what is that thing called? Space, uh, Space Mountain. But, you know, what are you, you going to do? What, you know, what do you want from me? So, yeah, maybe I'll look back there again. In my, Let's see. What do we, yeah, Scoots, tell us about the foreground. Well, we got those terracotta roofs. Well, if you don't got terracotta roofs, I don't want none, son. Um, I don't know if there's solar panels. I know there's big, so I don't want to go down that road. I know there's big debates about solar energy here, and this is a sun state or whatever you want to call it. But this, like uh, one of these complexes, um, it's a pretty big complex. It's uh, I can't see the name of the hotel. I'm presuming it's some brand name. She has three words written in blue, or maybe that's the name of the buffet. But they have some, on top of their terracotta-style roof is uh, metal, and it looks like it's either been ex- overexposed to the sun, so it's uh, like a copper-style roof with uh, some white streaks on it. I would want to say it's bird stuff, but I don't think it is just because it's, well, it's not uniform. It looks like it's running like the water from the sky, which continues to rain down on us right now. It's gotten more gentle. I don't see a lot of uh, windshield wipers on. Ooh, oh, boy, I just got a look at the, uh, what do you call this? A good, I got a really good look at this um, miniature golf course. They have an entire pirate ship in the lagoon. It's very impressive. It has, I mean, holy goonies. It's got three towers, crow's nests. I mean, I wouldn't say it's full size, but from here it looks pretty darn close. And as I was bragging on it, um, I didn't never got a really good look at the flowing water. I can see one cliff that has triple waterfalls. I can see a raging river. I mean, you know, raging with joy, you know, raging with kids. Unless you're, if you're miniature golfing with me, it might be right. But like, uh, like a really like a faux rapids. I can see a bridge over waters that are not troubled, you know, their trouble is encouraging your joy as you golf. How come it's called miniature golf? You know, the golf balls are the right... I don't mean to be Jerry Seinfeld, but the golf balls are the regular size. I guess it... Well, the, there was a putt-putt was a brand name. Never been putt-putting. I, I remember when I was a kid, it was putt-putt for the fun of it. Putt-putt for the fun of it. But I never went putt-putting. My fr- I think that was more skill-based uh, than novelty-based. Where putt-putting, or miniature golf, as they call it. Oh, they call it mini-golf. I was just corrected by uh, part of my brain that represents the uh, industry group that represents uh, miniature golf courses. that uh, They prefer to be called mini-golf. But uh, why do they call it mini-golf? They should call it friggin' fun golf. Get over here and have some friggin' fun, because this golf, or, you know, tween-date golf, or... 
a giant golf and golf-related jokes. That was a G-U-L-F golf, though. So, yeah, we're descending. I'm still I'm, I'm just monitoring some of the water flow. Really green greens. I mean, I know they're fake faux, faux green, but they really look good. Great greens. Great greens, Batman. So we're, we're slowly, we're now ascending. How, there was a movie Jupiter ascending, or was that a poem first? Because uh, I, I really like this ascending. I really like that. Uh, but descending, not so, you know, descending not so much. I'm, I'm just trying to fill the time here. It also, really getting a lot of good look at these trees. Now, I don't know, you know, Florida trees. I, these look like oaks to me, though. They're, but they have stuff on them, so I don't know yeah, what, what's going on. But they uh, they look good. And our descent has been so slow that it, it, it's like butter. Like I wanted to give you some uh, perspective, though, because our next rise up will be really, like I'll be looking to the west, which seems like the most uh, things to look at. Don't worry. I mean, I, I'll take, you know, believe me, you don't need to. But... Uh, Let's see, what do we have? So this, uh, what is this, the Orlando Eye? Of course, I, I didn't forget what you were, Orlando Eye. The Orlando Eye is 400 feet. The London Eye is 433 feet. Now we're going to move to meters. So remember, the uh, Orlando Eye is 121.92 meters. The Great Pyramid of Giza, 130 meters. So pretty close. So later tonight, like later on the next wheel, you picture you could picture me like that would be a good place. I don't know if it'd be comfortable sitting at the top of the Great Pyramid of Giza, but uh, you know it, it would it could be something you could picture me doing. You know, I'd sit there. I'd and that if I was doing that, I'd try to look very wise, and uh, so that's 130 feet, and that was made believe it or not 2551 BCE, so a long time ago, 130 meters. Uh, the Spring Temple, the Buddha at the Spring Temple, 153 meters. So a little bit taller, but this isn't a competition. I'd never seen, I'd like to go to that. Big Ben, for all of you. Big Ben in London, 96 meters. For those of you in New York, uh, where concrete dreams are made, concrete, what is it? Uh, from New York, uh, concrete, something where dreams are made of, it makes you feel brand new. Lady Liberty, from the from the base, is uh, 92.99 meters. Now, they, those of you in the uh, northwest, uh, the Space Needle, 184 meters. Uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, 227 meters. Uh, so Space Needle, 184 meters. That's uh, a bit tall. Oh, wait, what are we, 129? Uh, Golden Gate Bridge... 227 meters. Cinderella's Castle, not far from here. Couldn't see it because it's gray. You know, it's a gray day. Couldn't see it. 57.6 meters. Those of you, our friends in Italy, uh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, 56.4 meters. Now, if it was standing up straight, maybe it would be 56, 57.6 meters. Uh, the Eiffel Tower. Now, this was this one blew my mind. The Eiffel Tower is 324 meters. That is big. Eiffel, and I don't know if that's to the top, but the Eiffel Tower, 324 meters. 
And then the Empire State Building. I got more. We're gonna we're pulling into the station here, but the Empire State Building, three hundred eighty-one point zero one meters to the top of the antenna. All right, so we're uh, headed back up, ascending once again. And the Petronas Towers, uh, you know, those are pretty tall, twin towers, uh, 451.9 meters. Well, this was impressive. Their foundation goes 115 meters deep. Taipei 101, 508 meters. And I believe our friends over at uh, 99% Invisible, uh, Roman Mars, Avery Truffleman, uh, did a great report on these uh, super towers uh, maybe about, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago when you hear this. The Sears Tower, now this is to the antenna at the top, 527 meters. Now, Drake, you, you know you're my boy, and uh, I know we're feuding. Well, we're not feuding. You're just not taking my calls. But uh, the CN Tower, which graces, I believe it graces the cover of one of your albums, uh, 553.33 meters. And I've been in there, Drake, and I was thinking it was. It might have been, and I don't think I was thinking. I don't know if you were. It was probably like 14 years ago. And then the Burj Dubai, I, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Uh, it used to be just, uh, I think it was the, just the Dubai Towers. That's a, I don't know if at this moment it's the largest building in the world, uh, but it's 828 meters. So there's some meters uh, for you. You know, it's a good band, Funky Meters. Uh, if, you, if you ever need a little uh, perk, you know, listen to a little radiators, a little Funky Meters. And, uh, you know, get, get actually, I don't know if it's Fat Tuesday, the day I'm recording this. I really have no idea. But here we go. Our last uh, look, looking west. Uh, first thing that crosses my eyes is Fairfield Inn, which I think my parents, like, liked Fairfield Inns as a, when we would go on trips, I mean, with eight kids, I think Fairfield Inn was new when I was a child, and I can remember we, we would go, if we went somewhere, we would drive, and we would stay at a Fairfield Inn. I can remember staying at a Fairfield Inn, uh, I think, when we went to Gettysburg, and maybe, so I'm trying to think where else we would have stayed at one, but I know, oh, maybe when we went to Niagara Falls area. But I think that one was not a Fairfield Inn because they, uh, but you know that was a Fairfield Inn. So now we're rising, and in the you know the most prominent mon- uh, what is that structure I can see is still being built. That's the new uh, what's it called uh, Universal Studios Water Park. I, I don't know the name of it yet, but it has a volcano. And I was actually staying at the Cabana Bay. That's their um, family-style resort last summer and for one night that was when i was obsessively switching hotel rooms to save money bad idea but we had a view of the construction site i really enjoyed the stay at the cabana bay it uh it was great uh we had one two three four five uh, four adults and one child and there was three beds and one was a fold-out couch and one bathroom, but the toilet, the vanity, and the shower were all separated. Also had a little kitchenette and a real nice food court. Really, really well done. Really liked staying there. But we can see some of the other parts of the new water park. Really would be excited to check that out at some point. 
Uh, just beyond that, we can see a couple other hotels that I'm not too familiar with. Uh, and then behind that, you can see Universal Studios uh, and Islands of Adventure and some of the taller rides for that, the, the, uh, the, the Tower Ride and the Green Fun Ride. And there's like a rock and roll style ride. Um, I don't see any Potter related stuff because there's a, a lot of hotels in, in my way. We're still rising though. We're still ascending. And then, you know, a lot of hotels. This is like the most hotels in this Western view that I have uh, in plazas. And, you know, some people might get exasperated looking at all this. And, you know, I could see I could see how you feel. There's a lot of chain restaurants and a lot of consumption going on. But there's also memories being made and uh, visceral adventures going on. So, you know, both things can exist at the same time, I think. Maybe. I don't know. And then if we travel to right, there's one of these old school... Um, I really would like to visit. It has like a, I can't remember the name of it, but, but it was like an old school theme park. Might already be closed down, but it has, it features a central tower, very 1950s, 60s, 70s style. And it has a globe, like a metal globe on the roof. And I think, I don't, I don't know how many people remember Biff, uh, Back to the Future 2. It doesn't, it's not the exact hotel that Biff owned, because that was the Plaza Hotel in Las Vegas. But very similar style, kind of a plain lone tower, not all windows, which I guess nowadays, if you have a hotel room without a lot of windows, you say, it's stuffy. And it has the metal globe, uh, which is cool. And I think I could see that from a hotel room during our stay at some point. And I remember thinking that was pretty cool. Uh, I'm trying to see if I could see Hogwarts. Uh, I'm on Hogwarts Watch. Hogwarts Watch. I don't know if I see Hogwarts. I definitely see a lot of the stuff from Universal. But, of course, Hogwarts is the same. Oh, no. Boom. I see it. I see the towers of Hogwarts. Rising up behind the Cabana Bay, uh, and it uh, looks good. They say, well, that's Hogwarts for sure. Um, see my first electric sign, like a video sign. You know, those are, uh, those are pretty broadly panned, but uh, you'd think Orlando has billions of them, and I've only seen one. And now I see a second one. It's another thing when I think about Las Vegas and, and touristy areas are those style signs. Rain's picked up again, but it's still gentle. I don't know. I, I guess I'd say, man, it, it's it's nice. It's putting me in this chill mood uh, to, to put you off to sleep. And I'm still traveling like butter here. My mom, oh, my! by the way, my mom got off. She had had enough uh, of my rambling. Because uh, just because when you hear this, it usually it takes twice as long as uh, when you hear it. So it's now you know, and there's and also I'm very stern. So I say no moving, please no moving, please no. Mom, can you breathe? Can you breathe a little bit less? I say I can't. And they said, well, can you breathe a little bit less loud? No, I don't do that because I, 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 I have a dynamic uh, mic, so it should do a good job. And you can hear this rumbling sound a bit like the traffic when we we're in um, Burbank. And I think this will be make a nice noise. I'm recording two layers, so I'm recording my voice here on this dynamic mic. 
so I can get nice and close and in your ears. And then I have the two condenser mics recording the ambient track, so then we can bring it up or bring it down and, and kind of play around with it. See some uh, microwave towers or something, uh, you know, sending some messages into space. See some green pipes or green, uh, green things at a construction area. Mini storage, that's the first mini storage I've seen. Uh, Fairfield Inn's pool, we could see that. No one's in or Fairfield Inn's pool on this rainy day. Um, let's see what else we can see. Getting a bit better view of Hogwarts. I uh, can see kind of the roof of uh, um, whatever, some of the town near Hogwarts. Can't see London Station, but again, it, it's a bit misty and it's in the distance. And let's see what else we see here. If you wish, if you wish, if you might have the wish to view Orlando. Oh, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. We passed that on the drive-in, and it kind of looks like it's uh, it's off kilter. So, like a bit like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but only like about six stories. I don't know what the story of the building is. It's a Ripley's Believe It or Not museum or fun, you know, fun area. That's another thing. I guess, like, you know, when you're a parent, you got to budget out these things. And when you're a kid, you want to do it all. I do know we went to a Ripley's Museum in um, when we were in Niagara Falls, and that was quite fun. Um, but, you know, this can be, you know, you got to find some balance here when you come here. Uh, but you also, I don't know, what am I doing? What am I, is this a vacation podcast or a podcast? I say, well, it's a little bit of both when I talk. Also seeing this thing that caught my eye earlier, which is a bit of a dome. It looks like a giant umbrella. Not sure what that is. It's uh, west uh, behind a couple of, uh, of hotels, maybe some sort of 360-degree uh, movie ch- attraction. Um, so we're just hitting the top right now. We're going to be ascending back down. Maybe I could go, let's see some of the colors I'm seeing. Aquamarine awnings. I guess I got to look up that there's this great uh, chart of uh, adjectives for color or different words for color. I need that right now. There's a chocolate milk brown roof. Sparkly green windows. The yellow R of Ripley's. Golden stars, red and blue neon sign that says kings, turrets and towers, pine green sign, aquamarillion made up word for the color of the Fairfield Inn pool, White arrow signs on the roof of a parking structure. Uh, what do you call that? Like a, I don't know, like a coral, the color of a beach shell, sand shell on the beach is the color of the HVAC units I'm looking down on. Cars going by of every color of the rainbow. Yellow airport vans and ones with white roofs. Deep, deep orange roofs on a distant hotel. 
in front of the more safety orange shuttered doors of the storage place. And then the trees, so many colors, but they almost blended. I mean, these are the kind of trees that Bob Ross would paint. I don't know if he, he'd probably skip the hotels and the restaurants and just paint sand lake and the trees around it and the mist in the sky and the wispy clouds floating between the rain and me and the windows so many windows to be a glazer is that what, it, what your job is when you work with windows to be a glazer in Orlando you'd be a busy busy person or if you I don't know what the window washing situation is I guess that was always a thing in my books as a dream career, New York City window washer. So I don't know how they do it here in Orlando. You know, another question that may not be answered. In different patches we have now with different degrees of rain coming down. And as we descend, another hotel spool I can see shimmering, shining, and looking at me. Red roofs, maroon roofs, roofs that are rust, rust roofs. The silver towers of a faux castle and the green sign of an E for the suites of embassy. And then a slate, these slate roofs here, looking back at me, not that far away. But in the distance, still, quite cool. Really nice. I like it a lot. And another view of Sand Lake. And trying to find that Epcot thing. I, oh, I do see it. The Epcot globe. Spaceship Earth. I know. I, I, I'm correcting myself, Ray. I could hear Ray. Oh, my friend. Don't you know that's the Epcot globe? And uh, Spaceship Earth. Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, Spot... Space Mountain. Sorry, Ray. And the traffic going by. And you can hear the sigh. I'm standing right in the center of the gondola here. Such a, like, as I said when I started, I don't know if we've gone around five times or more. We've been here two hours uh, times 20 minutes. No idea on that math. 20, 40, 60, five times, I guess. Maybe six but the rain is streaking the windows in just right. And I can say, I, I got to say it in case you're, if you're, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking about visiting Orlando and it's a rainy day, you know, with just rain, you know, none of that things that make the noises, you know, you're thinking about a proposal and a kiss, kisses only, you know, nothing more than a kiss. This would be the place to do it. Uh, in New Orlando, I, you could play this podcast. Uh, I don't know if that would, it might derail me. You know, maybe uh, some mini golf. I don't know if you'd do it before or after. I mean, I'd probably skip the mini golf on the day you get engaged. You know, you want to stay away from competitive things. But uh, congratulations to my brother Ken and uh, Judy. They got engaged recently. They didn't do it here on New Orlando Eye. But this would be the place to do it. Um, and like you could, I think you could like uh, buy a ticket for a private booth, or you could do it in you know in the company of uh, other people. That would be pretty exciting too. Uh, but we're descending here. 
And I, once again, I appreciate your time and spending this evening with me. Thanks to the fine people at the Orlando Eye and the Dalton Agency who set this up for me. And uh, good night, everybody. I hope you uh, get a good night's sleep. Right, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to, uh, well, soon we'll be into the faux Cousteau cast. I'm about to sneeze uh, one second. I'm back. Sorry, I just sneezed. Uh, well, welcome to the faux Cousteau. You know, you like to keep it real here. Uh, real, you know, real slow and gentle, uh, like the uh, lapping waves of the ocean or the gulf on the beach. And I'm here at Sea Life Orlando, right off of I Drive. I don't think it's, I guess it, at some points it would be in the shadow of the Orlando Eye. And I wanted to thank Sea Life Orlando uh, for hosting me here and uh, giving me a tour. I want to thank, uh, the Dalton Agency, and I got everything uh, set up there uh, through everyone over there. And I want to thank uh, uh, Dipka uh, for setting all that up and setting everything up with the Orlando Eye. And I want to thank Jennifer for the tour she gave me uh, behind the scenes here at Sea Life Orlando. And this isn't a, a sponsored episode or anything. They just hosted me. Actually, it was the one that reached out to them uh, to check out the uh, Orlando Eye, which was an episode that came out a little while ago. And uh, and so I'm really glad they said yes, because uh, I really like doing these things where I can get immersed behind the scenes of things. And uh, Sea Life Orlando, like I said, it's right off of I Drive, which I had the pleasure of walking uh, a large portion of it yesterday, uh, location scouting. Uh, location scouting for, you know, what we'll do next uh, down the road the next time I can make it here. Uh, but uh, Sea Life uh, Orlando, uh, their uh, quote is, uh, get closer, dive into an amazing underwater world. They have Florida's only 360-degree tunnel, uh, which has uh, incredible views, and you can get up close with moon jellies and different... Uh, uh, kinds of cartilage-based uh, sea creatures that, uh, you know, I, know I don't mention at bedtime, uh, even when they're cute little baby ones, which I saw, those cute little baby cartilage creatures, uh, they were really cute, honestly. And they have seahorses, 30 breathtaking displays. So there's a lot to see, Pacific octopuses. They, it's really well-themed, the aquariums here. Uh, there's a raise, there's 12 theme zones. You get to touch anemones and, uh, uh, starfish. And it, you know, sir, I like how they have a 360 degree, the only 360 degree tunnel here. And the area around here, I, I had no idea, like it was so developed, uh, like I, I really missed out on my, my, uh, view of Orlando, and what this podcast can do over the next uh, three or four years with Orlando has really been reborn at all these, uh, uh, these like, it, it, I don't know. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, so it's cool. They have like a bunch of places to eat around here. And it's called the sort of view, 360 view or something. Cause then you have, so you have the 360 degree tunnel, then you have the 360 degrees of the Orlando eye. And when you're in the Orlando eye, I don't know what's a view, what's a spherical view. Is that three hundred and sixty degrees, or is that like three hundred and sixty degrees times pi? 
Now, this is a like a Sea Life, I think, was the sixth aquarium in the U.S. They have 50 worldwide locations. And Sea Life Partners here in Florida with the uh, Marathon Turtle Hospital, and they're always trying to uh, rehabilitate and return uh, six and, uh, sick and injured uh, sea turtles uh, to the wild. And in here they have two male uh, sea turtles, Ted, which is, you know, funny because my brother's name's Ted. And Ted's the extroverted sea turtle. And Shelly, uh, C-H-E-L-Y. Uh, Shelly's uh, from the Atlantic Ocean and Ted's from the Indian Ocean. And here at Sea Life, uh, they have uh, uh, portions that are dedicated to the Indian Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, and then the local Florida waters. And, you know, sea turtles can live for over 50 years, uh, taking over 30 years to reach maturity. And, they, you know, like I said, they have the Pacific octopus, and those are intelligent. They, they can even remember people's faces. So, so I tried to introduce myself to the Pacific octopus, but uh, it was sleeping. I said, even even in my aquarium life, I'm putting putting octop- octopi, octopi sleep. But let's go with this uh, Focustocast. I'm not going to use a voice, uh, so I'm going to turn it over to uh, the ho- scoot, dearest, de- de- deepest scooter. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to turn it. Hey, ladies, hey, are you uh, uh, in the deep, uh, uh, up all night, uh, tossing and turning, wondering about the depths of the ocean or wanting to immerse yourself in the oceans of the world? Well, welcome uh, to the Faux Cousteau Show. Uh, or as uh, the owner of the Sleep With Me podcast calls it, the Cousteau cast. I'm Dear Deepest Scooter, and I'm here to take you on a journey uh, through an aquarium. So uh, your eyes should already be closed as you feel the faint motion of the ocean. And that, that even faint motion of the ocean here on the Cousteau cast and we just get to explore the ocean via the Sea Life Aquarium here in Orlando and it started in the oceans of the world at at a pre-show where we were surrounded also 360 degrees uh, by fish uh, swimming in circles and they had three stripes uh, each fish had about three stripes, you know, I'm speaking in generalities. I can't speak for everyone. V-like tails, very V-like tails. And they were so, they were swimming around and around. And you might say, Scoots, which direction were they swimming? I say, well, that's a fair question. I did note that they were swimming in clockwise direction, which for all of our friends in Australia... And in the southern hemisphere of the world, it does bring up the question: at your sea life aquarium, uh, do the will the fish uh, swim clockwise or counterclockwise? And I guess, like you know, because I like uh, I live a Sisyphean lifestyle anyway. I guess if they said to me, "Scoots," the people at the sea life aquarium they say, "You know what? We're uh, we decided." Uh, I think they do have high ethical and moral standards, uh, but if they said, hey, like, uh, what are some ways you think you could experiment, you know, in a safe way with the fish of our... I'd say, well, 
tell you what I'd like to do is get these fish to see if I can get them swimming in the uh, counterclockwise direction just to see if we you know, if we could do a pre-interview and a post-interview or, you know, some sort of brain scan. Okay, and then that's when, the, but, but I, I, I would pitch them on that. I'd say, well, it'd be good for the folk who stochast to say, Let's let's get you swimming in the counterclockwise, and then they say actually they do. It's it's just uh, and I, oh well, well I'd like to try to I, well how do you plan on doing it? Well I think what I'll do is I'll get in there, and I'll start swimming in the counterclockwise direction. Also I'll paint three stripes on my side. I think I will put. I don't have a, like you know how they have. Do they have any uh, adult male size mermaid tails? I got my daughter has a mermaid tail like that she can swim in. It's actually like swimmable. So maybe I'd try to get one of those, paint some stripes on my side and like uh, swim with the fishes and then see if I could get them to follow me. And I guess like I, I mean, I'm seeing it the same way all of you say it's, it's probably not re- very realistic, you know, and I say, okay, I guess you're right. It's probably not very realistic to think the fish are going to follow me clockwise, counterclockwise. Uh, but, yeah, that's where you start in the uh, oceans of the world, and then you enter the Atlantic Ocean as the first. Uh, you go through this ocean cave, and there you could see I saw something, uh, and again I said, well, I don't know, is this uh, archetypal creature, but it was uh, long and green, and I, and I said, it looks like it's got, like, a moss growing on it or something. First of all, here's a question. Is there undersea... I guess it's a, a founder and host of the folk who stochast. I guess we're really... I guess I'm painting myself in a corner, because if, if you say folk who stow show, you kind of are committed to that. Custocast uh, has a... Those are two two totally different rings. You know, there's the Custocast... I like that better for a podcast. The Folk Cousteau show, that would be more when, on my busking days. If I if there, if people start living under sea, under the sea, and then you can also become an under the, undersea busker. Hey, what is uh, who, who's that busker right now? He's really famous. Uh, my daughter likes him. Ed Sheeran. She, I can't say his last name. Ed Sheeran. I want to add, say Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, I think uh, he he was. Uh, I just listened to him. I heard him on the radio, and he said he's been busking since he was twelve. I wonder if he maybe I could get maybe I could see if he, he's interested in autobiography. You know, real autobiography, undersea busker, maybe a movie, not an action movie. It could be. I don't know if it'd be dystopian. It'd be pretty utopian, living under the sea and and having him busk. Uh, undersea busker, kind of like paper. We get yeah, something like paperback writer. Maybe just get uh, maybe maybe just get Weird Al on the phone. See if Weird Al could dress up like Ed Sheeran, 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 undersea busker. Do do a uh, okay. Sorry, I just got interrupted by all of those people's representatives. Uh, I should have never agreed to the uh, b- brain tap. Uh, but yeah, so there was a beautiful green, uh, long, slender uh, creature, very beautiful, like uh, the kind of uh, green you only see, kind of undersea, like because uh, I don't know if you can picture it in your mind. So you've got like you've got green, 
Then you have the color of limes, which is not lime green most of the time. Are you with me so far? I don't want to get on. I don't want to start a litany of lists here. But when you look at or when I look at limes and I do consume a lot of limes, there's a few things I love more uh, than sparkling water with a lime in it. Holy moly, especially ice cold, but not too much ice if you're serving me. Holy, I guess once you start a Cousteau cash, you get pretentious. Uh, but really, like, because uh, if I go to a bar with people that, like, and I can only drink, well, I could drink soda, but that's not going to go well because I like to have about 35 drinks because uh, I get nervous. So then I can only drink um, sparkling water. Uh, but the thing is, this sparkling water, they, it's so much ice in it. Uh, so but this is when I'm fixing drinks at home. I usually, actually, I don't know if I use ice that much, but I will have a nice lime in there. My point is that those limes are not, like, those limes are green. But then when you're selling green, like, lime green is a much different color. It's almost like a, how come they don't call it avocado green? I mean, I guess that would be slightly, you're right, it's a, fair enough, it is a different color. But what I'm thinking of is this undersea green. You know what I'm talking about. It's not quite neon, and it's not quite lime green. Is that what seafoam... I think seafoam's got blue. It's not an electric green, but this... this Like, the place on land you would get closest to it is certain mosses. Uh, but you know it when you see it. Uh, like, uh, it's it's like a bright... Bright's not the right color. It is, though. It's, it's bright in its own way. Green, how about this one? Green is steam cast, building up the steam of green everywhere. I mean, I don't know how, if we worked with a lime, you'd see, no, you're just, you're just you, man. You're not lime green. I don't know why they called it lime green. I mean, some, I've seen some limes that look lime green, but you, you're bold green. It, it, I guess I'm not good at, I'm not a colorist uh, for sure. Uh, but uh, so so I was looking at that, and and in that same tank, uh, I think that was in the ocean caves at the beginning of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, there was also like some crustaceans in there, lobster and crabs, and and the, like they look cool, and they've been under the water for a while. You know, they got their camouflage going, and they look very very good. And and then I have a note that says med. S-E-R, which uh, well, I, don't, I don't know what that means. Uh, but yeah, there was uh, crustaceans in there and, and uh, really, really nice looking creatures. And I was trying to think of like the, the green, green, green creature was just uh, resting, resting in like a log, like a hollowed out log. And just chilling, sleeping there, but the water was moving, and you know, it had the bubbles aerating it, and something kind of creating a sea-like motion. I don't know when they when, like. I, I never I forgot to ask like how they keep the tanks so clean, but they're not. You know, they're clean, but they're not like. But they're real. I don't know what you call that. Uh, get, but uh, sea life, I guess that's what you call it. Uh, then we moved on to the jelly wall, and this is popular. This is a popular place with kids, these jelly walls. 
full of jellyfish and they were round and translucent and pulsating floating either like even though like who thinks that a jellyfish is like a bird even though like even though it's nothing like a bird or who thinks if a jellyfish could sing they would sing i'm like a bird and uh that uh they would uh they, that they, they, that might be the song they would sing, but the jelly wall also has uh, it, it has uh, like a multicolored lighting so that you can change the lighting around, and it, it, it was like so especially now in the age of uh, picture sharing, you know, wh- however you like your picture shared, you know, you say, well, I prefer an Instagram filter. And they say, well, an NF, are you an NF person? Are you filter or no filter? I'm talking about your pictures. And, or are you a Facebook? Or are you still, like, uh, you still keep your pictures to yourself? Or do you just share them? Like my family, we use a messaging app. Uh, so we share most of our pictures now uh, on our messaging app just because it's... Um, I mean, one, I don't, I don't want to get controversial here in the middle of a podcast, but you know, there's a lot of people that are. Well, first off, is I know this isn't an interactive show, but does anybody know what agnostic means? Because uh, I, I mean, you get family members, especially my family, like uh, that refuse to use certain platforms, and so then you uh, you say, well, you, how are we going to communicate with one another? Because some people, they, well, I don't text. And so one of my brothers, I, I've talked about this on the show before, but one of my brothers, he uh, he said, well, we just use one of these messaging apps uh, and we could communicate. And the one we use, it uh, you can even meme things. So that makes it even more fun when somebody posts a picture, uh, then you can meme it. What was my point? Oh, for the multi, for the wall of jellies. I highly recommend uh, standing in front of them. And then you can choose your color, a deep, deep green or an ultraviolet purple. And you really get drawn in, and especially the children to see. You, you know, nothing looks better than uh, translucent, uh, translucent and... Like, what would, would you say, I, don't, I think it's saying a jellyfish is gauze-like kind of cheapens its beauty... But I don't, like, I'm not too familiar. Oh, diaphanous. Thank you. Holy vocabulary score for the wind. So diaphanous. I might just say that. What about that for a middle name? Diaphanous. Or pets. I guess it would have to be a fish. It would have to be a pet you don't call very often. Diaphanous. It, like, uh, I, I really like that, but you're right. They, they are very diaphanous as opposed to gauze-like. <laughs> so which would you rather be, gauze-like or diaphanous? Well, uh, but you could stand there in front of the jelly wall, getting your pictures, and really staring at them. As, as I said, they fly like birds, uh, like on the thermals, they float. And really, I'm one of those people I could stay there all day. And just watch them. They they do flutter when you're watching them, and then they have their little tendrils that are drifting, and then there's particles, and then there's like there's flagellas and flagellate. I don't know if there's flagellation, but there's uh, pulsation. There may I guess if there's uh, flagellas or whatever whatever I'm calling, they're probably I don't know if they have cilia. 
But there's uh, pulsating, uh, there's vibrating, and I don't know, they talk about a dream. Like, jellyfish are just so, like, like again, like, I think the platypus just gets way more coverage as, like, a, something that's, like, a, I don't know, when you think about evolution and, and, and all those things and, and how surprising it is, or when you think about uh, science fiction and when people write science fiction, and when you get under the sea, it, it really is. Uh, and again, not to go, like, to get back to the Cousteau cast, uh, but when you get to back to the Cousteau cast, I, I, forget, I guess I forgot what I was going to talk about. Oh, like, uh, when, when did the undersea stop becoming a priority? Like, remember uh, family, like, they had the New Atlantis movement they were working on on that episode of uh, TNG. Uh, but, you know, like, uh, Jacques Cousteau, where did you go, Jacques Cousteau? How about that for, uh, what if we just, uh, are Waldo books still big? What if we go in on that territory, like a hidden picture book? Again, I'm trademark. I'm patenting this as I speak, uh, where did you go, Jacques Cousteau? So many, so many good rhymes, ways to rhyme with Cousteau, which is already a poetic word in of itself. Also poetic, not just poetic. I, I mean, I think maybe we could do a multi-release. Like we'll do a book. Where did you go, Jacques Cousteau? Maybe get someone like uh, Carly Simon. I'm thinking, or Carol King. Yeah, we could get Carol King to do a song. Where did you go, Jacques Cousteau, with the mystery bard? And maybe Bob, I don't think, I don't know if we could get Bob Dylan. Maybe not. Uh, what do you think about Bob Dylan and Ed Sheeran and uh, Under the Sea? What, did we, what was that one? I forgot what that project was going to be called. And maybe we get a podcast. Uh, you know, right now, Finding Richard Simmons is big. Um, we could do, maybe we could do season two of that. Where did you go, Jacques? And they say, well, Scoots, uh, I hate to state the, and I say, well, I'd like to avoid the obvious. Let's get back to the uh, Sea Life Aquarium, where after the jelly wall, you get into this shipwreck. And I guess the nice thing about going to a themed aquarium is the level of immersion you can get when you're already being immersed under the sea, you know, they get the lighting right, so they have the mood lighting, and, you know, your focus is being controlled by the lighting and the theming. So you get into this ship light, shipwreck room or shipwreck zone, and the, the outside and the inside of the tank, the theming is aligned, and the lighting highlights that, and the flooring, it was uh, uh, plank wood floors. Uh, to kind of carry you along on that journey. And and that was full of the, our cartilage friends. So that was cool to see all of our friends uh, covered in you said, And I said, hey, you're made of the same stuff the middle of my nose is made of, I, I believe. I think that's what they, that was what they taught us in grammar school. And you really are friends. Uh, just like, like, just because you have this reputation uh, given to you by pop, pop culture, uh, or pop culture, uh, you know, you're cool. And I'd like to, uh, I'd like to, sw- I say, well, how do you feel like when you go in a circle, do you prefer clockwise or counterclockwise? But yeah, then you get in, uh, you go from the shipwreck and 
I said to the, I said to, uh, I said to Jennifer who was giving me the tour, I said, but you, I didn't say I'd like to have my wedding in here, but I was thinking, uh, uh, actually I think I'd like to put my bedroom in there. I would love to like live in an aquarium, uh, especially, you know, for the Cousteau cast, if I'm going to be making that, uh, like, I'd like to, uh, do that. Um, so yeah, after the shipwreck, we go into the Atlantic Ocean, and you go from there into a coral sea environment where you could see, you could see within the coral sea, you know, you got your clownfish and your angelfish, and I know kids uh, love to go there and say, well, those are the real-life versions of the fish uh, I know from the films. And say, yeah, they, they, those are, those are, you know, and those are nice fish. They, they look good and they uh, sit there as the water bubbles and time passes. And even, there was even like, like I noticed uh, some of the theming, there was a tank that was like arching over the head, just like an arch, uh, like the bottom of a bridge. And I, I, I don't know, I'm a big fan of uh, theming things, so I, I thought that was cool. Like, uh, And especially like when you're in an aquarium to be immersed, you know, it's got an overhead. And and it's uh, very uh, school-friendly because uh, they have a lot of field trips here. I can't imagine, I don't know, again, I, I, I wonder what I would do with time travel. And I don't think it would be the best use of time travel uh, to come back here and relocate my family uh, to Orlando. But I can't imagine, uh, and I know there's one of these in San Diego as well, uh, but I can't imagine um, coming on a school field trip to a Sea Life Aquarium and getting to go through and look at all of this. Is And then they have uh, uh, talks, they have educational talks like today, they have talks where you get to interact with the divers as they're under the water at the shipwreck thing. And then they have a talk about amazing seahorses. Then they talk about wonders of the Indian Ocean. Uh, then another conversation with the divers. Then they have something called the Stingray Shuffle. Uh, a talk on Octopus, the Master of Disguise. Uh, talk called cart- our cart- Cartilage Buddies, our good friends with Cartilage. And I think it, maybe they, the Cartilage Buddies, they could have, we all have got teeth or something. Maybe they could do that. Uh, they also have presentations around feeding, feeding the stingrays. Uh, a thing with the divers, a presentation with a scuba diver uh, called the Pacific Ocean Feed, an octopus enrichment. Uh, I don't know what that is. Say, hey, here's 40 bucks. Go do whatever you want. They say, well, it's an enrichment. It's not a supplement, Scoots. Uh, Stingray feed, an Indian Ocean feed with uh, divers, uh, seahorse feed, uh, Pacific Ocean feed, and then an Indian Ocean feed. So they're doing pretty well. These uh, Some of these fish are eating twice a day. I don't know how, how, well, that's one of the complicated things about having an aquarium as a kid. Yeah, the whole idea of don't overfeed your fish. 
And they said, well, that's the only time they're interesting, to be honest, when they're in a fish tank. Like, or the most, like, that's the most interaction you get with them is when they're eating. And then I guess with six kids, so we didn't have a lot of fish. We, there were times we had fish and, um, yeah, but, but, uh, there were times we didn't have fish too. And I think that was one of the issues was, uh, you know, you feed them those flakes, uh, so how can you overeat f- fish flakes? Uh, I don't, I don't know. But let's get back to the uh, let's get back to the aquarium. Uh, so after the arch, they had a, a presentation about all the coral restoration they're trying to do uh, here at Sea Life, and their their team is working trying to restore small colonies of uh, uh, coral. And they were showing these uh, these uh, kind of like uh, sculptures, and they were trying to make the uh, coral stick to it. These little bits of coral, it was it was cool. And I mean, coral something we really got to pay attention to, uh, obviously. And uh, you know, to keep keep our oceans, uh, you know, full of life. Cestela uh, V is uh, or something. I don't know what Jacques Cousteau would say, but he would probably say something like that. And he would say, I mean, here's, he'd, he'd turn over right now. He's probably turning over right now, or I don't know. I don't know what Jacques Cousteau's farm status is. That could be another area. I don't know if we do, and I don't know, this would probably be like uh, uh, Jacques Cousteau's undersea, fa- undersea farm. It would be it would be our salad bar, uh, wherever I'm playing, the, the uh, Cousteau cast, uh, that would be where the Cousteau cast eats lunch, uh, Jacques Cousteau's undersea farm. Uh, also right by there were the baby, cart- baby cartilage creatures that say, hey, we all have teeth. And I think eight of them had been born. Eight of them had been born here around the holidays, and they were all in a little tank, these little babies uh, or whatever. They're four or three months old. They've, they'd grown a lot. Uh, but they were still like hand size and they had little stripes. And then I had the pleasure of meeting their mom later and they were in a tank. Most of them were sleeping. And then I, you know, I got close and I said, Hey, you, 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 uh, you, you made a cartilage just like the middle of my nose. You go up all night tossing, turning while well, you're in the ocean. That's why, come on, get with the program. And they were, I think they can roll their eyes anyway. That's like a natural feature. Or what? what's the new thing people say? Uh, it's a feature, not a defect or something. I mean, that's the story of this podcast. Uh, what do they say, though? It's a feature, not a bug. That's what they say. It was a bug, now it's a feature. That's that's uh, that's what I took my life. I can, uh, can't get to the point. Uh, what am I going to do? I uh, just keep on, you know, keep on going, keep on. And they said, well, you could stop talking. You could get to the point. A lot, a lot of people in my life have said that. Or, you know, that's not a really good way. That's good better for a podcast intro. But, you know, come on, don't tell people to just get to the point. You, you, like, use, you know, use a little bit more soft power language with that and say, hey, what do you think about uh, getting to the point? That would be more of like, uh, that's a little passive aggressive. How about you get to the point? Well, I'd say this. How about you get to the point of my friends uh, here, these baby baby creatures of cartilage uh, that live under the sea. And they have gills. They swim with me. Whether you go clockwise or counterclockwise, uh, they're our friends. 
Uh, we get a chance to hear about the uh, backstage tours or behind-the-scenes tours you can take here. There's like a shorter one and a longer one. And then you can get to see, you know, all of the, uh, that goes into maintaining an aquarium uh, full of sea life. And everything they're doing here, you know, with the coral and the sea turtles and things. So you learn even more. But And then I just kept thinking about, man... I think if I was, maybe my school did do something like that, and then I decided, I think that's what probably was, like, if I did go to a school that uh, took field trips to places like, okay, kids, if you're listening, don't, don't, remember, don't be like Scoots, feel bad for Scoots, don't be like him, but I think if we did do one, I would try, like, I would have been thinking about it for weeks ahead of time, well... I think what I'll do is uh, first when we like I would have had unrealistic expectations about coming to an aquarium. So I'd have been like, first thing I'm going to do is ride a sea turtle. And then when I'm done, I'll, you know, then I'll go swim at the, uh, will we get scuba tanks right when we get there? Uh, they, they'll probably be my, they say, well, we, it's not the time for questions, young man. Well, I'm just wondering when we're going to get our scuba, when, when are we going to put our scuba gear on? Um, they said, well, you're not. Okay, next question. How many seahorses will I be able to take home? Because yeah, I'd like to get, a, like, I'm thinking, like, how many, what's the top speed of chariot? Like, with two seahorses, what's the top speed you can get going on a, a seahorse-driven chariot? Because I'm trying to decide between that and a, a sta- you know, seahorse, seahorse stagecoach. It doesn't, it's not there. It's got the alliteration, but it's not there. But, I, you know, I'm thinking about that. And what time are the uh, the, the seahorse total rides? I did get, I have been saving my money. So if that's an extra charge, I'm happy to pay it to uh, uh, ride a sea turtle. Okay. And they said, and then they'd be like, uh, you know, we're, we're, you're here to learn about the uh, sea creatures, not to, uh, th- th- we don't do any of that here. Okay. One last question. I heard about, uh, a surrogate uh, mother program with an octopus, like where an octopus will adopt you. Ad- oh, no, adopt an octopus? No, 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 I'd like to be adopted by an octopus, not adopt. Well, it's just where you pay $10 a month. No, 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 I was thinking I'd like to have an uh, octopus as my... Uh, okay, that, so that so that would have been like the beginning of uh, most field trips. That's what it was like for me. Like, like like I said, when I went to see uh, Return of the Jedi for the first time, I was wondering, I said, well, when are the grammarian guards going to get here? Like, do they let, are they going to be the ones that escort us to our seats uh, for the movie? And, and that, this isn't something I'm making up either. I said, okay, uh, what time is Luke Skywalker? It, will there be, like, is there a show before this? I also thought there would be, like, a toy store set up, so I brought money to buy a Grammarian Guard. I, think, I don't know why I was obsessed with Grammarian Guards uh, so much. I think just because, I don't know, I got fixated on them. I always wanted to own one. I got a Grammarian Guard mug uh, for my birthday this year, so that's the closest up I come. So back to the aquarium, the holy, holy sea meander. How about that? A sea meander. What kind of creature w- 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 would you be? Oh, I, actually, I got to figure f- finish up my uh, um, why why my school stopped doing field trips story. 
But I think, it, yeah, if, if I would have gone on a field trip, I guess the TLDR version is I would have tried to stay behind. Like I would have been, but I probably would have been like chickened out the last minute. I said, well, where am I going to hide here? Like, should I hide under these rocks or um, should I, like, should I, uh, you know, maybe I could hide behind this. Yeah, where, 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 and then I'll live here at the aquarium. I'll get it, you know, I'll get in the water. I'll, I'll you know, I'll come up with some, and then, and then at some point they'll accept me as, uh, well, that's Squid Boy. Yeah, he once was a boy. Uh, octopus became his mother. He became a squid boy. We, we realize it doesn't make any sense, but he did he, uh, he did kiss a sea anemone, and we suspect um, we're just humoring him while we wait for his parents to come get him. It's just a kid he tried to climb in the, uh, the that is a tank we're cleaning. There's not even water in it, but he's uh, he's in there. He thinks he's a uh, squid boy. Well, actually, you might think it's funny, but one day I'll start the Gusto cast and uh, I'll really show you. But yeah, I would like, uh, I don't know, I was always one of those kids, I said, well, I'd like to live here. And I tell you what, this is a great um, field trip, but I'm talking about a life trip. I'd like to stay behind and, and if, I mean, again, kids don't listen to scoots, but I would, this is a place I could see myself, uh, like I said, in the shipwreck area, you know, get a bed right in there. Think about it, the bubbling of the tanks, the gentle motion, uh, the moody, multicolored lighting. Maybe combine, I, I don't know how this would be for the jellyfish, but maybe convert the, uh, like, see if we could get, like, the jellyfish uh, tank to also be a plasma TV, so then I could just turn it on and then turn... I think, what was that, Silver Spoons? He might have had some of this stuff in his bedroom. I think he had a race car bed, but pretty close. Okay, so after... So behind the scenes tour, let's get back. You're, you're right. Uh, and after that was the 360-degree uh, tunnel, and holy cow, you walk in, and that's just one of those things where you... And, and it's 360 degrees. I guess I was confused when I set this up... Uh, that it was only going to be like 180 or three, you know, 280. I didn't realize it was a 360 degree tunnel. So I want you to slow down for a second and think about what that means. It's a 360 degree tunnel, and it's the uh, only one in Florida. And I, I thought, well, I've been in a 360 degree tunnel before. No, 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 I haven't. I've been in probably like a. Well, definitely like a 180. That'd probably be most tunnels are like a 180. Maybe yeah, I know if you're if you're Pythagoras, you probably say, well, it's actually two 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 ten scoots. Say so, okay, well, uh, this is 360 degrees, and what made it? So they have uh, two. Like I said, they have two sea turtles here, rescued sea turtles, uh, Shelley and Ted. And what Jennifer was telling me was that Ted's very friendly, and we, we'll definitely see Ted. Uh, Ted lives over in the Indian Ocean. Uh, but, it, like, uh, Shelly is a little bit more shy, much like Scoots. And so I don't know if we'll see Shelly. And she said that she had not seen Shelly in quite some time. And lo and behold, we step into this 360-degree uh, tunnel, which at this point I still was living under the delusion of my past tunnel experiences. And who's sitting there? I mean, this was straight out of like a uh, 
and this was no, there's no animatronics. This is a hundred percent real life, uh, sea life. There's Shelly, the sea turtle floating there, looking at us, uh, swimming, uh, like we're looking at, uh, um, back at Shelly's turtle where like, uh, like that was being, you know, where they were helping, uh, the turtle and swimming alongside and swimming right up to the side of the tunnel. And then Shelly, the sea turtle goes under our feet. And that's when I realized, wait a second, if my math was wrong again, 360 degrees means, uh, it's uh, it totally encircling us. So Shelly the sea turtle was underneath us, uh, swimming underneath uh, our feet, and I could not believe my eyes. Uh, it was so cool; like my feet were tickling, and I said, and then I realized, like the floor was like these clear, kind of lucite strips, and then underneath that was the like whatever you know the tunnel part, and then underneath that was the aquarium. And so my mind was really blown. Also, it was just cool because uh, the way it had worked out uh, to watch uh, Shelly the sea turtle uh, go under there uh, it was cool. And then we entered uh, into another section uh, where it was the, called the Seahorse Temple. And that was cool because it was themed around the Indian Ocean. And so lots of sculptures and giant uh, busts of statues, like humongous ones. And then sea, sea turtles, like, hiding out in the uh, sea grasses. And I guess, like, again, I, like, as a kid, I would have been like, well, you can't, you can't how, how do they show you uh, pulling a chariot? You're way too, and they say, well, it's uh, pulling a chariot with a fish king in it, not a boy. I say, okay, well, I'm going to need a lot more seahorses to pull my chariot, uh, probably thousands. Uh, but it was nice to watch the seahorses and their, like, uh, their tails, their corkscrew tails, or their, I guess they're more spiral, you're right, it's not a corkscrew. Their tails holding them on the grass, and they were undulating, I guess, uh, slowly with the motion of the water. Really cool, really, really cool. And then, uh, the rest of the Indian Ocean was really well themed, and then there was this giant bust of uh, it looked like uh, some sort of beaked uh, beaked humanoid, like about uh, probably fifteen or twenty feet high, and underneath the beak, who was chilling under there? Humongous, humongous sea turtle named Ted, uh, turtle named. Uh, a turtle named Ted, that could be that if I was going to work on that, uh, a turtle named Ted, uh, Ted, the turtle story. Where did we say where on the world is Jacques Cousteau? No, that was Carmen San Diego. Uh, I forgot wh- where is Jacques? No, Frere Jacques. Uh, uh, I don't, I forgot what our book about Jacques Cousteau is going to be called, but that's fine. Cause this is a Cousteau cast. So yeah, then in the next stop on the Cousteau cast was uh, the uh, Stingray Cove uh, after traveling through the Indian Ocean. And, you know, right by there was the uh, mother of the cartilage babies. Uh, she was a band, the, the, their species or whatever. W- which one is the species? But they were bam- bamboo cartilage friends. 
So that was nice to meet her. And I said, great job. She was also asleep. Uh, so it'd be, be, be a bit of a theme uh, with me. Like, but in also the, uh, this whole area is full of families, like having fun uh, and experiencing sea life and getting down, you know, because a lot of the windows... And these little bubbles to look in the aquarium are all at kid height versus uh, adult height. Uh, so really, really perfect. And then there's a lot of educational, like uh, supplemental signs or animated uh, creatures explaining things. And some games, uh, like interactive games for the kids to play. But then in the Stingray Cove, now this is always a hit with a lot of people. Like there, there was sea stingrays like on the surface kind of flapping and swimming and uh, because of their uh, two mouths, it looks like they're smiling. And they really came right up to me and they were wide awake. They were also swimming. There were some in, like they were going clockwise and counterclockwise, I think. But then listeners, and if you listen to the podcast over a long time, you probably, maybe you know about this, maybe you don't, but uh, there was a horseshoe crab in the tank, and I could not believe it. I, I got a giant star I'm looking at, and an exclamation point on my notes. I said, there's a horseshoe crab in there. Holy cow. And if you're not new, I mean, I guess I kind of talk about fixation a little bit already tonight, but... uh I don't know, that was another thing as a kid in my science book that I got fixated on was uh, horseshoe crabs. And I said, one day I am going to, uh, I, I think I was hoping to get a horseshoe crab as a pet and then also find a shell to wear as a helmet. And then, you know, I guess instead I kind of dedicated my life to living uh, the life of a, a hermit crab that's living inside of a horseshoe crab. Uh, but I guess I like also because Syracuse didn't have any ocean, I assumed that uh, like every beach you went to was like the beach from science. I, mean, I think that's probably a universal experience, uh, like from something from science or social studies in grammar school or um, what do you call it in the, like uh, elementary school. That uh, you're like, oh, okay, this is so. When I went to the beach, I was expecting to see a lot of horseshoe crabs because I was fixated on them. The first beach I went to, I believe, uh, Ocean Beach was uh, like a uh, beach on the ocean was in Long Island, and there was no horseshoe crabs. And I may have even double checked, uh, and, and, and probably the whole six hour drive out to my aunt's in Long Island, and she didn't live on the beach, but I said, when are we going to go to the beach? Uh, how many like how many horseshoe crabs? Like, do you think I'll just see? Well, I have to just uh, like search the sand and I'll see like the path of a horseshoe crab and then I can follow it. And then you know I'll catch up with the horseshoe crab and hang out, you know, befriend it. And how, how's that going to go? And you know, like I just want to see like and, and even, I know the science books say they're totally cool, but you know, they don't. I mean, they look cool and like. Uh, an extreme way. So I'm just wondering if they're actually extreme. And needless to say, I did not see a horseshoe crab that trip. And I, I, I guess I'm trying to think maybe, I, I don't know, but like anytime I see a horseshoe crab, it's rare. I don't, and actually I'm not positive I've ever seen one, uh, but I saw one today and I said, holy horseshoe crab, what a, what a joy. 
And I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of my host, Jennifer, so I didn't, like, squeal uh, loud. But I did, I wrote it down, I said, I can't believe it's a horseshoe crab. And it came up, and it was, like, walking, like, partially on the ground and partially on, like, the uh, uh, side of the tank. So I got to see its underside and its tail. And again, what a, what a wonderful thing this, and this sweet mother nature is, the sweet, sweet evolution that it takes these turns. And we could see these miracles like jellyfish and seahorses and horseshoe crabs. Uh, so I saw that and I saw a stingray and there was lots of uh, other fish friends. And then we went into the Everglades where they had the local turtles and the local fish and the local waters. And that's another spot. I'd like to get a swamp boat uh, and get out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, that would be another time. But uh, I didn't ask for a swamp boat here. Uh, but the Everglades is another, you know, beautiful part of Florida. And then they had a playground. And now it's for children only. But it was, a play- like, I think that's, like, brilliant especially when you're having um, school-age children. Like now, right now I'm in the classroom and I'm sitting at a, at a desk and recording uh, where the kids would probably watch a video and, you know, remind them not to tap on the glass. And oh, that's pro- this is probably where I'd be asking, my, what, what, do I get to write? Because I brought, I, I actually have both of my pockets. Well, now they're wet. I had plastic bags full of water. Uh, so I could take a seahorse home with me. Is that a, is that a, allowed? Uh, so that was that, and and then was the uh, coastal rock pools, and this is where you get to touch the things. And my host and the 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 young man working, and I said, "Do you want?" And I said, "No, no, I, I would prefer not to. I got to touch a microphone later, so." I don't really need to touch anything, but they had uh, sea stars and sea anemones. And I said, now wait till you hear that there was a green sea anemone. I mean, talk about a perfect podcast. Word. How come I can say anemone, but I struggle with so many other words? Anemone. Uh, I don't know. It, that, that is a very podcasty word. Sea anemone. But they had this other one, so they had a green anemone, and then they had a strawberry anemone. And I said, that is, I, I, I don't know, at the time I was fixating on that, so I said, well, that's a great word. So a strawberry anemone, and the reason it's called a strawberry anemone is because when it uh, closes up, it has like little white spots. It was like a pinkish color, but then when it closes up, it has a white spot, so it looks like a, it looks like the outside of a strawberry and we also learned about the regeneration of the sea stars, uh, that they can fully regrow their limbs within about a year. And that if, it, if it's a large enough piece of limb, that they can regrow an entire body from it over time. That was impressive. I said, holy fiction, you know, science faction, holy moly. And one other thing in there, which was another, like, maybe that'll be the title of this episode, was the Staghorn Sculpin. Staghorn sculpin, and that was sulking at the bottom of the, uh, it was a sulking staghorn sculpin. Yeah, I did work that in, but it really was sulking there. And the staghorn sculpin can breathe on land because uh, it lives out there in the tidal areas. 
and it can be on a sandbar when the tide goes out. So it has to be able to breathe, uh, you know, until the next, it has to be able to breathe until the next tide comes in. So the staghorn sculpin. So if you need words, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, uh, words of the day would be, you know, obviously horseshoe crab, delusional, you know, that would be scoots. And uh, you see, what is scoots? Well, anemone, strawberry anemone, anemone. You know, how about we? How about we change from frenemies to anemones? Well, don't they? Well, strawberry anemone. Um, and then staghorn sculpin. It sounds like a, like a, I guess if I was a Western character, I'm staghorn sculpin. You betcha. I rode into town on a couple of seahorses, and uh, that's it. I'm starting the uh, cast. Uh, just, what's on your head? Is that a what kind of hat is that? Well, it's a uh, horseshoe crab helmet, actually. Staghorn sculpin's the name. Sea strawberry sea anemones is my game. I have a game named after them. We toss. They're not real anemones, but so that's it. Uh, uh, for our journey through the Sea Life Aquarium again, I want to thank everybody here for having me and giving me the time to check the aquarium out and and uh, be able to present it here and to do an experimental one where it's like, okay, this is I get to go to a location, but this should have uh, should have some white noise in the background, maybe, but it won't be as uh, it won't have uh, the ambient noises. So, you, know, the, you know, sometimes we'll have ambient episodes and. Uh, Maybe sometimes we'll have these on-location ones. So I hope you're uh, floating in your bed. A a gentle, gentle motion, uh, slowly carrying you off like the uh, gauze-like translucent diaphanous uh, surfaces of uh, the jellies uh, floating and pulsating across the ocean like a dream they're they're a bit like clouds you know puffy uh, dreamy clouds floating across and giving you a good night's sleep good night uh hey welcome to the uh the unofficial walking tour i'm you're gonna be your host uh you could call me uh oh i didn't uh I, I, I usually have a pseudonym. Uh, you could call me Oak, uh, Captain, uh, Cap, Cap, the, the Cap, Captain, you could call me. And this is like a, this is a mall walking tour, and you may say of the La Brea Tar Pits and, and the La Brea Tar Pits area. And I'd like to, to, before we get started, well, first off, welcome, but I, I do have to cover some things quickly. Uh, as you may or may not have heard, this is a, this is a mall, this is an unofficial mall walking club. And any fees you pay technically aren't for this tour, but as a membership in the unofficial mall walkers of Amer- America club. So if you did pay, 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 you know, if so you didn't pay for a tour, and if we get stopped by anyone, you know, this we're, we're just friends walking. And if you have issues, you could we're just friends of mall walking, but we could just say we're friends walking. I did have one person on another tour say, you know, I'm not, and I said, well, you could just say we're friends mall walking. 
And just repeat that, and it'll confuse. But usually we don't get stopped. Uh, ever since we did start charging, and one of the reasons we charge is to get it, like, uh, so I have a wristband here for you, and it says Lebrea Tar Pits on it, so that, you know, they will be paid. And they just, uh, I don't know, this is my, this is actually my first tour here also. So this is a, a beta tour. And it's not really just, it's not really a tour, it's just like, a, you know, with the malls, it's like, this is experimental. We're going to walk together, and I know you are a fan. Oh, they pay, you're being paid to do this as a gift to me. Well, that's just, so we're not required to be friends, but we could become friends on this tour, which I hope is possible. I did go on one of these tours yesterday, and I did, like, I did the walking part, but I, like, I forgot, like, I didn't pay a ton of it. So I do know this. Welcome to the La Brea Tar Pits, which there's a lot of confusion in that title. There are no uh, pits uh, technically full of tar. Uh, there's pooling asphalt, uh, which it was called tar. It's, and also La Brea means the tar pits, I think. So welcome to the tar pits, tar pits. Uh, that's that's funny. We're not going to be talking about science. We're going to be talking. We're going to be walking, and I'll be talking, and we'll be just enjoying our walking. It is a beautiful Los Angeles day here, and let's get out of the parking lot, and we're going to come here to the big. I call this the the, the first mall. Uh, this big circular area, and you can see to our right, they're like directly in front of us. Those are children, and they're playing. Uh, I don't know if they're playing soccer. Those are like the little kick kick clubs and the kick kickers of America. And I think the goal there is to build self esteem because they're not very good. I've watched them because uh, I, I expected you about an hour ago. But that's fine. And uh, they, so I've been watching the children, and, and they kick the ball sometimes. A lot of times they miss it. And they say, well, the ball's about half the size of you. But I keep the, the, well, the coach said, can you keep that to yourself? And I said, well, I'll just stand further away. And they said, great. And so that's the great circle. And then off to the right, you're going to see uh, other buildings like uh Beyond the gates of the tar pits, you could see museums, I mean, other like Los Angeles in general. But I think that's the Page Museum there. Like, I thought those were tusks on the roof. And I don't know if they are or they're not, but it's the Page Museum. It's Japanese art, I believe. I haven't been in there. Uh, because I'm here, for, we're going to do some indoor strolling and we're going to do some outdoor strolling. And beyond that, I, I think we far beyond that. But let's let's just take it one. To, we're going to take this turn here, and you could see the families. And this is like a, it's about what is it like eleven a.m. Great time to, to to do some walking and some talking. And I'm so happy to see you. And welcome, like you know, with the under, I don't know what is the status of America's malls. I just haven't. I've run out my welcome, the welcome wagon drove away without me at all the malls I used to mall walk and tour on. But anyway, here comes a bust, and this is a nice bust, and you'd see that this bust of this man, Captain Hancock, old Captain Hancock, really good, he's really got some good polish going. 
For some people, some reason, people seem to like to rub his face and his ears, but not his shoulders and chest. So he really has a nice glint in the sun. And he donated to the, the Hancock Park, uh, which I guess this may be Hancock Park in 1915, to the people of Los Angeles. And to the people who love walking. And we're going to proceed now right on our left here. That's the museum. Uh, the Liberia Tar Pits Museum. And directly to our right is the Lake Pit. And I could stay, I'll, I'll be honest, I could just, like, if, if this was not a walking tour, if it was a standing and looking tour, I could stay all day at Lake Pit. So let's just look at it at a distance right now. And let me just tell you some issues I've had with the Liberia Tar Pits uh, as, as a boy. You know, we live in this era of, of history, and there's debating, and then they say, well, maybe we, we don't have it. But when I was a boy, they taught about the La Brea Tar Pits, and I don't think they included the right pictures in the history books when they were teaching it. It may have been science, and I don't know if that's the reason why. Or maybe it's a young person's imagination, but when I would picture these La Brea Tar Pits, I would picture bubbling, ooh, maybe it's the, the, that show Beverly Hillbillies, which I don't think is that far from here. But I've, I've, I pictured bubbling ooze and like giant pits of constantly bubbling ooze. And I guess maybe I'd probably be dis, I probably would have been disappointed if I came here and found that because that would be, it would be like it's already, you can smell the sulfur smell. That's the asphalt. And that actually is bubbling up. So I guess I, I, I don't know, like, I guess what La Brea Tar Pits would say to me is you can't have it both ways. You'd never be happy anyway. But when I was a boy, I used to imagine great pits full of bones, full of bone sculptures, fossil sculptures. from, And this is the greatest collection of Ice Age fossils was unearthed right here where we're standing. And where we'll be walking, I, I believe, I'm pretty sure, like five, six million. Originally, I think it was 2.5 or 3 million. And then when they decided to, the county, LA County Museum decided to make their parking garage, they found another 2 million uh, fossils there. And micro fossils, which maybe we'll see inside. But so this is the, that's the lake pit. I just wanted to say that before you got a good look at it. Now, my first visit was when, I, now you may say, well, how old are you with a walking tour? Because I can't quite get get an age. And you'd say, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just, uh, I'm just old enough to still be disappointed that there's not giant bubbling cauldrons of, uh, of hot tar. But believe me, once you get over that, and, and I don't know if, you, I think you just came here to walk. Okay, let's get walking then. So we're going to walk into the museum and we have our wristbands. Now, this is quite an impressive collection of uh, fossils of uh, creatures from uh, the Ice Age. Very exciting. I don't know a lot about any of those things. I know about walking and talking, but I do know, now your wristband does not include this, but the next time if you decide to come for a non-walking visit or an official visit... They have a wonderful show with the puppets, and it's a very, very puppeteering that's very exciting where they talk about some of uh, 
uh, how the fossils came to be here. Very exciting, very informative. And then they also have a 3D movie. And Christopher Plummer is the, at the current time, is the narrator. So just a wonderfully voiced 3D movie with some of the history of the Ice Age and what creatures lived in the Ice Age. And even with a few lessons about, you know, hey, what's going on with us? Are we going to, are we going to ice it up once again? And also the question of what happened to the Ice Age? Did it just warm up or did humans become so evolved? You know, these were our mammal friends. Now these were not, these were not lizards. These were mammals. And you know, as we, now the center of the museum is the atrium. And you can go out, we can go out there. It's nice to walk. You're going to see plenty of plants. There's some nice koi. And we have flowing water. And this is a nice area to do some thinking. There's also, like, you can look up from the second story from the outside. You can go up those hills. And you could also roll down the hills if you're big on rolling. Some children like to roll down those hills. Most, you know, some parents like to supervise their children rolling. Other parents like to, you know, not supervise. But you see here, this is like a, a like this is a, like, so it has plants and it has a, this is just a nice escape and we could just walk through it. I just actually want to go back to the entrance to where we came in here. And remember, if anybody says anything, we're friends, friends. And if you need to elaborate, friends of them all walking, walking together. Friends of Mall, friend, and you just say it like that. Friend, friend, we're friends, and you could say, "Say I'm fr- you're friends with the captain," or you know, if, if you do want to hold hands, I couldn't tell you if my hands going to be incredibly dry or incredibly sweaty because I don't know until I hold someone's hand. And let's see what else I was going to say. Like, uh, so we could hold it, and then I don't know, like, a lot of times I can't stop thinking about holding someone's hand and then saying, am I gripping it? Like, uh, what are they thinking about as, as I'm gripping their hand? Where do I put my thumb? Holy moly, where do I put my... Anyway, back to the museum. This first area here, even though we're walking, is an exciting place. Now, these here, these poles, you can pull on them and imagine if you were stuck in the tar and the asphalt, which technically I don't know the difference between the two, but you could pretend, you know, you could pretend that. And then we see a lot of these fossils put together for our own uh, in- enjoyment. There's This is the antique bison here, and he is, look at, look at like a bison and buffalo, and this is very much like it's a, lived on Rancho del El, uh, Rancho La Brea. And if I guess if it's technically that's the ran- the tar ranch. Come on down. Maybe we could. Do, 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 do you want to go into business together? We could start something called the Tar Ranch. I've been thinking about. You know, they have mud baths. Why not? At like, and I'm not kidding. People might think it like it's a bad idea. Well, what about an asphalt bath? We not, and it sounds at first like you, it's going to be too hot, but we'd say no, no, it's not too hot. It's just right. Uh, but this, this is uh, there's 159. Uh, no, one of the, the 159 of these antique bison found on the grounds here, and they had longer horns than modern buffalo, greater shoulder humps, and they're bigger. And if you look at it, his shoulders kind of look now like little wings. And I asked one time, 
yesterday. I said, is that a wing? Is that winged? Do these buffalo have wings? And then I laughed. I didn't realize I made a joke because it was the restaurant Buffalo Wild Wings. So then people started yelling and laughing, and then the person just glared at me. And then I said, no, 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 I was really wondering if that buffalo has wings. And, and someone said, that'd be wild. So I didn't get my question answered. Now, this is, a, this is a big tusk creature over here. I don't know if this is a mammoth or a, because I know I can see in your eyes, you said, it, yeah, I'm here to walk. So I'm going to keep us walking, but we're going to walk around and around. Look at those tusks. They're almost as long as the, the, the mammoth or, uh, Mastodon. I think this is a mammoth. And at one point it was a woolly. And again, I don't know Snuffleupagus. Are you familiar with Snuffleupagus? No. He's friends with Big Are you familiar with Big Bird? Not really. Oh, well, um. Because oh, they're not yet. Yeah, well, Big Bird likes to walk. Big Bird's a biped. And Big Bird has an interesting walk because Big Bird has very large feet and is a big bird. But this, so this, like, also, so I just get, look at those tusks, very curved. And you wouldn't want to, like, imagine the drinks this thing would knock over. I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm not, you're laughing. You're laughing, but I'm serious. Like, that it would turn its head and say, what did you, and then all the drinks. So I guess they probably, I mean, they wouldn't, but what about even bumping into each other? They see, they must have just turned their heads very slowly, uh, or maybe just like, yeah, maybe just taking it slow. And then this over here is, uh, a, like a animatronic mammoth. And so this is definitely one. It makes a noise. And, and I don't know, I, I would assume its tusks aren't real, this one. But what I love are these murals behind any of these, uh, science museums. Or these natural history museums is uh, the murals that are behind them. I say, wow, that is lovely. L O V L E. Well, look at that. There's uh, there's humans hunting, and there's mountains, and there's grassland, and it looks like there's some antelopes, and somebody's cooking something, some sort of ferret, or some little little. We've got some migration happening. And then this next one, these are saber-tooths, and there's two of them. Oh, no, there's three. There's a baby on the ground. So those are three, that's a family of saber-tooths. Now, it doesn't look like you can see their ribs. Now, those are those are just sculptures, I think, or statues. Well, you're right. There's a fourth one back there looking up and smiling. So that's a family of four. So they probably made this one back in the you know, 1980s or earlier. To say, like, you know, back when people thought that that's the way. But anyway, so this is a family of uh, saber-toothed tigers, I think, or saber-toothed cats. I think they're cats. Oh, tigers are cats. You're right. I did not know that. Uh, that one's looking right at us. And then this is a short-faced bear. And I say, what's with the long face, short-faced bear? Your face doesn't look short to me. It looks just right. And then the bear said, okay, well, I'm confused. Uh, but this bear was back, uh, it was larger than any of the North American bears currently, even the grizzly, taller than a grizzly, twice the weight. And it had a big head. So I don't know why they called it a short-faced bear, uh, because uh, they, they probably just were short on, um, 
you know, names. And then this is a mural that shows one of the uh, saber-toothed tigers and the bears getting to know each other. And I don't know if, like, would you say this is exploitive or just, like, do you think that really happened? And that is another very big mammoth there, and that is an imperial mammoth. I I know, because I said that's, like, two names, imperial mammoth. And I'm not a wordsmith, so I don't know if mammoth, which came first, the size of the mammoth or the name of the mammoth, but... uh, you know, it's something to think about. And so this mural has so many things. It has our short-faced bear friend in the back. And then that creature up on two legs is a Harlan's ground sloth. It's a very big sloth. Uh, doesn't look slothy to me at all. Italian spaghetti. You know, they call him the sloth way down. But he's up on two, so he's way up. You'd be looking up to him, I believe. Then we have a California saber tooth there. And then right out of Game of Thrones, they have a dire wolves. Those were real. I did not know that till yesterday. Dire wolves. Whether Jerry Garcia is telling you about them or Jon Snow. Would you think, do you think Jon Snow and Jerry Garcia would get along? Or, uh, Sir Davos? And I don't, yeah, I don't know about those two. Probably, though, like, he'd, he'd be good to have around when they're sitting around. He could sing them songs. And in the back, we have American Mastodon. I think that was a movie I saw once, American Mastodon. I remember leaving, and I was very confused. So confused, I said, I don't even know if I need, should I ask for my money back, or should I go to my school and ask for my money back? But that's American Mastodon back there. And this one's just simply the extinct camel. What a ripoff for that camel. What a ripoff. And then even, like, this one's Stephen's Llama. Like, almost like a family called it. I'm naming that one. That's my llama. Stephen's Llama. And these are some more extinct camels here hanging out with American lions. And I'm not lying. That's an American lion. And up there is Miriam's giant condor, quite a big condor. You see a lot of them here on this beautiful mural. And even up front here, landing. And I believe they discovered a lot of them because they would land to look in to see what's in the pits or whatever you want to call them, the lakes. Uh, I forget what they call it. Oh, we got to do more walking, right? Longhorned bison here, American bison. And our Imperial Mammoth friend eating some hay. And then Cope Slamingo, which I said, hey, that's another place I'd like to visit. Cope Slamingo. That's a place where you could go. Where even though no one knows my name, they might know it there at the Cope Slamingo. Like the, kind of like the Copacabana. And you might be asking, who's the oldest one around here? I heard that the California Sabertooth, if you read the sign... Uh, is 36,000 years old. The antique bison is antique, 27,000 years old. Whoa, 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 whoa. And then the western horse, which is no longer with us, the extinct western horse, 15,000. The American mastodon, 39,000. Uh, dire wolf, so this might give us some carbon dating about Jon Snow, 10,710 years ago. Uh, that was when, and I guess this was the Ice Age, so it all ties together. That you know, we, we, I guess this makes a lot more sense than I. No wonder I feel so connected to some of those characters.
And then this is a, a something from the Labrea woman, the Tar woman. I wonder if she remember when Circe met went went and met with that woman one time when she was a little girl. I wonder if it was the Labrea woman, the Tar woman. They say, okay, go down there to her hut. She lives on the edge of the woods. I'm not going to see mother. I won't go see the Tar. Well, she's nine thousand years old. She's obviously wise, and uh, you know the Tar helps keep her going. In that there's a wood spear tip, it's 4,000 years old, and they're using radiocarbon dating and the half-life. I don't know, I, I kind of tried to pay attention when they were teaching that, but I didn't do a great job. So yeah, let's keep, you're right, let's keep walking, of course. And then there, here's some more saber-toothed cats. I used to always get Snaggletooth. Wasn't that a character, Snaggletooth? And I would get him mixed up with saber-toothed. I think that's something to do with my dyslexia, or maybe I have, like, a snaggled brain. But this is saber-toothed cats, and it's actually the official state fossil of California. Do you believe, I wonder if your state has, like, a fossil. Oh, you're, like, a Californian. Well, that's, this is your state fossil. Congratulations. Uh, it's a saber-toothed cat. As large as an African lion, but more heavily built. Uh, active, stealthy with speed, hanging out with bison and camels and horses and ground sauce. And then over here is a giant jaguar, formerly known as the American lion. This feline was closely related to the living jaguar. Uh, larger than the African lion or the Siberian tiger, uh, or even the saber-toothed cat, uh, more than 80 of these have been found over here at the Tar Ranch, Rancho La Brea. And that's it, like, uh, here at the, the inside of the tar pits, and we can walk outside. Now, I do say, you know, if you want to do any slow walking, the, the, the entire building you could see up there is, is, I don't know if this is a boss relief, but a beautiful, I think that's concrete, and I'd say is that cast or a relief or carved, but a mural of amazing, look at that, it tells the story of the Ice Age of the creatures of the Ice Age, perfect for walking around. And uh, this is the, the Georgia C. Page Museum of Labrace Discoveries that we were just in. So maybe I got my museums mixed up. Maybe I called that the page. But anyway, I don't, you know, I don't work here anyway. I asked where I could put an application in, and but I didn't want to bring attention. But this is it. This is my spot here. And this was my, my first trip here. I was dis disappointed, but now, no longer. Look at the bubbles bubbling. So that's regular water, but within it is the asphalt or the tar. And it really creates it. And it's just surprising. See that bubbling over there? Just like there's something under there blowing big bubbles, and some are blowing little bubbles. And along the shore are little tar things, and... Some algae, maybe, so light, and it's green in there. I didn't ever ask a question of, like, is there green stuff living in there? I would assume there is, but it could just be the leaves from the trees. And it's just exciting. Look at the bubbling water. I don't know the temperature of the water. Again, I'm a little bit scared of asking questions. And you could see the mastodons or the imperial mammoths over there bathing. Those are statues. And beyond the gates, the city of angels out there. 
and there's they actually believe it or not this this is it this is where um there's a lot of angels here and now they're fossilized angels so really a wonderful place to be i mean it wasn't when they were becoming fossils but uh you know it was a, it was the circle i guess this wasn't the circle well it was the circle of life I guess this was a spot where the circle of life got kind of caught in circular stuff. Oh, you want to get walking? Well, let's just walk around along the sides of the lake pit here. I love it. Oh, do I love this lake pit. So I could just walk and stop and look at those bubbles. Look at the water. The palm trees beyond. Did you see the reflection of the sky in there? It's also in your eye. Your eyes are the same color as the sky. They're not. Well, to me, they are. And they reflect in the water. And yeah, it is a harsh smell. It is. A, it does smell like asphalt because it's. A, there's. As, this is nature's. Um, nature's road box or something. And that's how they discovered it. They were. They were saying, "Hey, let's make some money." They made some deals. Someone bought this. They started pumping and they started digging. And then they started delivering the stuff, and people said, hey, this stuff's full of bones. Like, uh, and they thought it was just regular old uh, run-of-the-mill bones. And then someone uh, said, said, well, geez, these could be, these are good bones. These aren't run-of-the-mill bones. Uh, these are old bones, ice age bones, and you got to keep, you let's get, keep them going. And then, uh, I don't know what happened after that, but I do know they said, well, let's be careful about these bones. And that's why they're doing the microfossiling now. But yeah, just a leisurely walk around the lake pit and then like back at, uh, uh, the big circle, the great circle, less soccer and more picnicking going on here. And no, oh, if you do get hungry, there's nothing to eat on this, this tour or here at the museum. And I said, well, thank goodness. They don't have an overpriced restaurant, but when you when they don't have an overpriced restaurant, you start to miss it. I think I don't understand that. It's just human nature, I guess. But we're gonna pass and we're gonna skip some things right now. We're gonna go all the way. We're gonna have a nice walk here, and we're gonna smell the air, and we're gonna listen to the laughter and the chatter. And the cars on Wilshire Boulevard and West Six as we stroll past and some more trees. And these are some pits that we can look into. Oh, you want to look into them now? Well, these are, you, you picked a good time because these are pits 3, 4, and 61, 67. And this one really has some good bubbling. Like, look at that, like right there in the middle. There's like a mound there, so that's really an upwelling of asphalt, and there's trees, and of course, there, yeah, there is some human, you know, that's a gum wrapper, it looks like, but you know, chill, you know, it, it could, the wind could have carried it, and then yeah, people do poke things in there, because how could you? I mean, I can help myself because, uh, you know, I'm here just to walk, but it, you know, be hot, tough for a child to control themselves. And not to stick and say, well, I just want to get something in. I want to get some grease on. Get my grease on, you know. But, but, but I just want to, you know, I just do, I do want to get my walk on too. But it's just so exciting looking at the bubbling. And then you're seeing these different fields, these little squares surrounded by little tiny fences. And you can even look, like, look over this one right over here. And there's even little asphalt upwellings here. And I know as we walk here, we're going to go by pit 91. 
And this one, I think, is where actual work is being done. Because you could see down there, and I guess this is what they would do. They build up these wooden walls, and you can see the little benches down there. And I don't know when they're working right now, but there's like it seems seems like there's a lot. This is like a lot more liquid than we've seen anywhere else here. So they're down at the liquid level, and I don't know what they do here. It just looks like because I see some gloves and I see some a winch and uh, benches and things to put stuff in. I mean, I know they're very careful. I, I know, okay, we should keep walking. So that's pit 91, very exciting. And then we're going to take this path here. And we're gonna, and, as we, and this is L.A. County uh, Museum of Art, I think, behind us here. And then that, I don't know if that's a new part of it there, that beautiful new building or the oldest building that's part of the museum. So this is exciting. And we're going to get, we got, we have access here. And we're going to go in through this door here, and we're going to go down this little staircase, and right in that, now now be careful, you don't want to drop anything in there, because there's some, uh, yeah, there's some fossils, you're just going to look over the railing, and this is a lovely skylit natural air coming in this building, and down there we have some fossils and we have some asphalt. And this is, so this has been around since back in the day. Feels like the 1950s in here, if you ask me. By way of some 8,000 year old fossils. But yeah, you can see even some asphalt bubbles are going on. Now it's not as exciting, like I said, there's like uh, some solid stuff and some gum wrappers in here. But yeah, those are like a mammoth, some mammoth stuff and some saber-tooth stuff and maybe even, I think that's some sloth stuff down there. And the beauty is, like, so I guess I should tell you about the circular circle of life that goes on here. So what would happen is, so we'll be out, now what happened is this, this uh, you know, the earth stuff's going on below the earth and then some of this oil asphalt is being pushed up from below the earth through the cracks on the earth could be fossil fuel making fossil fuel i guess in this case but as it bubbled up it would just bubble up you know just the surface just a couple you know it would start to soak the ground and then what would happen is the leaves and grass would cover it you know because we're talking about thousands and thousands of years this is happening over and then someone will be out walking just like us. Now, I know what we're doing. I mean, I don't know what exactly what I'm doing, but the museum does. So we're fine walking here. But someone will be out walking, and then they would get stuck. And then, like, because they were stuck, like kind of like if you've ever uh, stuck your boots in mud or anything. And then your boots come. Have you ever lost a boot in mud? No. Have you ever seen the movie Secret of a Nim? No, what does it have to? I do, like. I just remember their house was sinking in the mud. I just thought of it, but uh, so they would get caught in the mud, and then they would try to pull themselves out. But they're you know just mammals, uh, not uh, well, we're just mammals, I guess too. But they would be trying to pull themselves out, and then they would get more stuck. And maybe they would take a nap, and maybe they would take a nap for a few minutes. Maybe they would just take a long, long, long nap. Uh, but then what would happen is, like, a saber tooth would come along and say, Jesus, is that my friend the Imperial Mammoth taking a nap in there? I want to, um, I mean, to go on a mammoth ride, Imperial Mammoth ride, and then they would get stuck. 
And then a diary, and they said what had happened is like they would be all bunched together. And then they would, you know, then that would happen and then they'd sink down and then it would happen again, maybe once every 10 years, not super often, you know, but once every 10 years or so they would all get stuck. And, uh, so that's interesting, you know, they're all stuck together and then they would be, so then the miracle of this asphalt is that it would seep it. Now, I don't know if this was anything in Jurassic Park. I think there was amber and insects. And that was also dying. How come Wooly Mammoths? I know they had the Ice Age, but they don't have any action movies with, uh, like, Oliphants. But those weren't, those were, or were those mammoths or just Oliphants in, uh, The Lord of the Rings? I mean, I think we need more mammoth movies, is what it was. So they would, um, but so the, ma- the, uh, asphalt would seep into the bones. And absolutely preserve it. They say, like they said, these bones look like they could be a couple weeks old. So they would be caked in this asphalt, and and they said the asphalt goes in a conical shape. So then you can dig it out, and we'll see that on Project Twenty Three around the corner. Not Project Runway, Project Twenty Three. But I guess that's all. So the the uh, it, it preserved everything so that we could see it. And the scientists would say, and maybe we could learn from the lessons of the last ice age. But, uh, you know, I say, well, I recycle my bottles. I don't know about you, but I put it in the recyclable. And so I get off my back, Jack. But they say, you know, maybe we could learn. And they usually clear their throat when they say that. Or I made a joke on the tour. I said, how about an ice age entice age? And someone said, what do you mean by that? And I, I, I said, well, I'll wait for the next tour. So this is, so we're going to leave the observation pit. Very nice, very good, well-behaved. You're, you're the best behaved walker I've ever seen. And up here is per, Lucky Pit 13. And my favorite part about this pit is the stone wall here. Now, this used to be all stone little bridges over these things. And I wish I had a time machine just to observe. And I don't know if this was in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. If people would just jump over these little stone bridges and just jump right into the pits or not. I mean, I would. I would do that. So I guess it's good I don't have a time machine. I mean, at first I would just try to put my ankle in there to see, one, what's the temperature? What does the asphalt tar feel like between my toes? And is this, and then is this a business model? Like tar, you know, the, the tar, uh, I think we could probably think of a witty name, like, uh, the tar pits aren't the pits, uh, you know, get, get your kicks down on the tar, you know, something with, but I would like to put my feet in there. I mean, imagine after a hard day, get, you get your feet in some tar. And then you don't, but the best part is it's my business so to clean it up after you. Like, you don't have to bring the tar home. Leave her, leave your tar here. The tar pits, pits. Captain Tar Pits. How about that? Maybe I could do, do, how about if I'm a superhero? Captain Tar Pits. So that's pit 13. Again, it has a couple little pools of asphalt. It's nice. And there's some nice shady spots here. This would be a good spot for a picnic. You know, if you don't mind the asphalt smell, which I don't, uh, as Captain Tarpits, I guess I have to live with it. And coming up here on our left is pit nine. And again, you say, I've seen one pit, I've seen them all. I would say, 
you are a joker because they're different shapes, first of all. And every day, every pit is different. Uh, here at Pit, pit Town. I mean, what about Pit Town? No. But, so this is Pit 9. It's different than Pit 13, but not that different, as you said. But, you know, it gives you something else to look at. It gave us some other place to walk from Pit. And, and that, this is a nice amphitheater. And I don't know if, the, you know, there's a lot of outdoor amphitheaters that don't get used. I don't know about this one. I could see a lovely classical music playing here. Or, um, you know, maybe we could do the pitting right here. Like, we could just give people buckets and you could stick your feet into uh, tar. But this is some lovely red uh, granite or something. Probably the tar wouldn't be good for it. But across the way here from Pit 9 is our last stop. It's Pit until I, you know, say good, good day to you. This is Project 23, and what is 23 stands for 23 giant wood boxes that you see around. Now, there's uh, not 23. It was started in, I think, 19, 2008 or 9. So back in the mighty aughts, they decided to build a parking lot over at the County Museum of Art. And, of course, they wanted to do it the right way. So they started digging, and when they found... Uh, uh, tar stuff with they surrounded it with they put it in wooden boxes and they unearthed it and put it in wooden boxes so it'd be safe and the fossils would be safe and the microfossils would be safe and you might say what in the way what in the way of uh, brooks walking shoes is uh, like a microfossil i'd say well a little bit bugs and little beetles little leaves and little shells and little ball, you know, little guy, like little guys, like mouse toes. That's one of the things they find. They say, well, this is a mouse toe. You know, little things that were lost in the shuffle that may hold great secrets. Uh, for Ice Age Park, you know, Jurassic Park 5, Ice Age Park. Don't, you know, bring a jacket because it's going to get cold. Yeah, so they they dug out all these wood boxes and put the asphalt in there and extract, you know, they excavated. They did their, I think they did their due diligence, I believe they did. And then they brought them over here and they set them up on this, this area here. So this is Project 23, very, you know, hush-hush, but not everybody knows about it. It sounds cool, it looks cool, and it is cool. You know, it, it's because it, it's the, the asphalt has cooled while sitting in these boxes. Same technique you'd use to get root systems from a tree. You dig around the root systems. You sur- I heard this on the tour. I didn't know it. No, you're right. And then you surround it in the box, and then you excavate it to keep it all, you know, together as one. So that's Project 23, and we'll just stroll here past some of the statues, the sloths, and uh, whatever those things. I think those are sloths. Sloth, if one there's two sloths, a sloth. I wonder what a group of sloths is, a sloth. And one last thing is the place to see in garden. You know, uh, uh, you, you, if you've seen an octopus's garden, you know, you're under the sea. Now, this is like time travel, for this is the closest thing you're going to get to place to scene garden. Really, these are place to scene air plants, I think, here in the garden. And you could walk, you know, in, in the, you can, t- you can't touch, oh, you can't touch the plants because I, like, I don't, I don't work here. But we could walk through it and, you know, 
I don't know. It's nice, isn't it, to say, wow, these plants are connected to the spirit of time. And just like when we walk, our feet are connected to the earth, and then they leave the connection to the earth, and then they return to the connection of the earth. And just as the bubbles from the lake pit come from below the surface of the water, and the asphalt comes from below the surface of the ground, and whatever is pushing it comes from the pressure from the sur- you know surface that we're standing on. It really lets you know that it's interconnected. And if I could you know remember anything that Christopher Plummer said during the movie, it'd say, hey, you know, maybe we could learn and maybe we could keep an open mind about these things and say, what are we doing? And by walking. I guess that is a way, but another way is just friendship and uh, being nice to one another. Whether we become friends or we just stay friends from all walking, you know, we know that we can be nice uh, when we when we seek it. You know, maybe not say, "What? Don't throw your wrapper into the lake." It's uh, like, uh, like you don't and like you like or teach kids that you. I think it is okay to poke stuff with sticks. I'm not positive about that, but I've seen a lot of stick poking, like, around those, like, little squares. And I think when I was, like, 22 years old, I poked some sticks in some holes here. And that felt really good. I said, well, I'm connected to the asphalt. And then we think about the kindness when we start our uh, tar business. What about Tartos? What do you think about that for a name? Captain Tartos. And where your feet get, get the, the, it's not quite the heat, uh, where your feet get complete, tar toes, soaking your feet in asphalt, uh, seven days a week, where sweet relief comes in the form of ancient tar. You know, cause they, a lot of times they say, oh, this is an ancient recipe. I mean, this is Earth, one of Earth's oldest recipes, and, you know, you could say pure di- you know, pure dinosaur guts are in here. Woolly mammoth, uh, you know, d- taken by the earth, reprocessed, repurposed, and now your toes soak in it. Also, to get everything off, we do have to use a lot of chemicals uh, and a pressure washer. So maybe that wouldn't work. And then there is the smell. I don't know what that would do. It probably, you say, well... How bad do your feet smell? It smells better than your feet. Asphalt smells better than your feet. It makes it complete. A smell so sweet, not as your feet. Asphalt, the, the, the glug that keeps on glugging. So I'm so glad you joined me. Why don't we just step over here to the lake pit and just stand next to one another against the fence here, looking at the bubbling cauldron-like motion being surprised as water bubbles up. Is it air? Is it asphalt? Is it hot air? You know, it's. I know in my case it is. Where we did a little walk and we took a little tour. We, did, you know, we didn't dance. Would you? Would you like to dance with me on the edge of the lake pit? No. Would you like to walk in place? Yeah, let's just walk in place here. As we watch the surface of the water, as we watch the motion of the water. And as I say good night, you know, this has been a wonderful walking tour. And I'm so glad to have you along with me. Thank you and good night. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, Scoots here. And as I said during the opening, I'm live here in Florida 
undisclosed location uh, on the edge of Pasco County. I'm not in Pasco County, but I am on the edge of Pasco County uh, inland from, I think Pasco County is uh, the the water. I guess I don't know anything about Florida uh, mapping, but I'm here. I'm behind my parents. Uh, I think I've just tried to describe. So I'm visiting my parents, a brief brief uh, couple-day visit here. Uh, somewhat of a surprise visit, and a, but a positive surprise visit. Or it wasn't a. It was more of a uh, like a. It was a surprise before I came. Oh, you're coming to visit us? Oh boy, really? Uh, like a but but not planned far in advance. A type surprise visit. And I'm here, and my parents live in. I don't know what you call these things. I don't know if you call them a condo or a split level. As far as I can tell, there's four. Like a, a little condos, I guess you call them, attached uh, into one building, and they're all like uh, just little places. And they they live in a little retirement community here, and it's a very affordable uh, place to live, and uh, they seem very happy. And behind where they live is a, like a I don't know if it's natural or it's a swamp. Uh, usually it's dry. The last time I was here. I can't remember if there was water or not. The, the other times I've been here, it's been dry. Now there's water. So it's kind of like a watershed and uh, swampy. And I'm on the edge of the swamp in the uh, grass. And I'll kind of give some background of why I chose that. Uh, well, yeah, let's just go straight into it. So it's so just about 7 p.m. And you know, I live in the Bay Area and we got a lot of light pollution. And here in Florida, I mean, this is a like a semi-rural area, but it's not totally rural. But already, you know, there's still, the sun is down. We missed the sunset, but it is dusk to post-dusk right now. And there's already like a lot of stars in the sky and it's not even dark yet, totally dark. But so um, out behind my parents' house, I've got like some trees between myself and the condominiums or whatever you call them. Because there's a couple issues. One is there's air conditioning. So and then the neighbors. So last night, so I took the red eye, and it got here yesterday morning. And then last night I tried to record an opening for the show, and there was a couple issues. Like I started recording it, and then the air conditioning units for each individual condo would go on, and then. I couldn't get a whole intro done while there was one on. If I could have got an intro done while there was one on, that would have been fine. And then I got about thirty. Actually, I got thirteen minutes done, and then one went off at like seven minutes. So I said, "Well, that'll be less disturbing because it went off instead of on, and it was like three doors down." But then at right around twelve minutes, one went on, and I was almost done with the intro. And then I waited about 30 minutes to see if it would go off. It didn't go off. And I said, okay, I got to go to bed. But I also had headed, and this was like uh, ignorance, what do you call it? Ignorance is bliss. Uh, or This is like sometimes I don't think uh, clearly. At first I said, well, I'll just go down and record by the woods, not thinking about my poor parents and neighbors. <laughs> Luckily, the authorities never came. But I was like, like there's like, I wouldn't call them woods, but a set of trees and bushes on the edge of the swamp that I have to climb through to get out here. And uh, those were there. Yeah, but I was recording on the edge. And they said, well, she's, and I had a hooded sweatshirt on. I was like, these neighbors are going to freak out. And I, understandably, like, be, you know, whatever. So um, 
because it was about 10, like this was after my parents went to bed. They go to bed at 10 o'clock in case anybody's monitoring. So that nicks last night's recording. So here I am back. I've recorded for about two hours. Just uh, I was trying to get some good bird sounds uh, while I was, uh, you know, catching up with my parents. And and now we're here recording. I think a single engine plane's passing overhead. Trying to think of anything else that would be um, topical here. We'll see how loud this plane goes. But this is kind of a calming sound, that put put puttering of that uh, single-engine plane. A lot of, a lot of um, sky activity. A lot of, like, and they seem like small planes. I can count one, two, three, uh, and another one's going to go over us here in another minute. I don't hear that one yet. But as you can hear, we're in a rich sound environment. I have my, like, uh, the wave. Oh, no, there's another plane. So that's four. I don't know. I lost count of the planes. Okay, So I have my new setup that I've been using. Um, it's actually nothing's new. It's just a new method. Uh, let's see. I used it for Skybridge Discovery Tour and the last trip to the Dickens Fair. Uh, and I found it incredibly useful, especially when I'm working with uh, Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful Studios. And just in case anybody has a podcast, I mean, there's a lot of ways to record on location audio, right? But uh, for a sleep podcast, it's always interesting trying to balance, uh, making sure you get clean audio for my voice that's lulling, soothing tones, and uh, then getting background noise, but that the background noise always isn't in your control. So, like, as I've made mistakes or learned from each recording op- opportunity I've had on location, I finally got into this uh, dual-track method that I accidentally stumbled upon a couple things. One was have a tripod, and then I record, in- like, I record the ambient, but it's also picking up my voice, uh... And this method I came up with, and it didn't work one time when I was, uh, like, at a bird sanctuary. And none of that audio ended up being releasable as an episode because uh, I didn't have the tripod. But so I have a tripod, and then I have an external recorder, the same one that I kind of use to record a lot of stuff um, on the tripod. And the external recorder is a condenser mics and it's recording the majority of the ambient audio and it's facing away from me, but then it's also, so it's also getting my voice. And then I have a dynamic mic plugged into the recorder that I'm speaking into. And the thing about the dynamic mic is if, if I was just using this dynamic mic, you would barely be able to hear the, uh, you'd know I was outside, but it'd be very, um, and if you're you're a patron or something, or even if you're curious, you could email me or you know get a hold of me. I can send you the like a, maybe a sample of the two different tracks just so you could hear. But so this is like my vocal track, and the recorder is controlling the ambient track. Now the ambient track isn't just an ambient track because it has my voice on there, so it's not like a clean ambient track. But then when we mix them in post. Uh, Posty, uh, we can kind of go, and we've gone back and forth and kind of discussed it, Posty and I, with the, some of the Dickens episodes. Is like you can control the volume of the ambient audio. I'm trying to record it very high um, to get like a lot of these sounds, but then we can, like, so you can hear my voice. If you say, okay, that sounds pretty good, like the mix. 
And also if there is some sort of, like my audio tracks getting recorded, but if there's something that like the ambient picks up that's like a, like not sleep inducing, we can cut that out too. So it's a nice thing. And it's nice having the tripod. Like I, I can't bump the control, the, the uh, recorder or anything. I know a lot of, um, like, like, like a great place to go for this is transom.org uh, if you're into audio or podcasting. And another thing you could use is a boom mic, like the kind of ones you see in a movie, uh, like are long, and they go by another term. Uh, and that might be another good way to pick up both, like, uh, that's a good way to pick up both vocals and ambient noise. But I really like the condenser mics on these, like the two different recorders I've used by two different companies uh, for picking up ambient. And I'm just a big fan. Like I do, I try to spread these ambient background noise episodes out because I know some people uh, love them and some people it, it doesn't work for. But it's also, it also takes a lot more work to make them. Uh, but I find it enjoyable because I get to share these experiences with you. And oh boy, so let's get down to the experience. So even as I've talked, uh, night has fallen a little bit thicker. A new to my left, uh, that new noise has started, that uh, buzz. But we have some very distinct noises. We have very distinct stars. I've, like when I was doing my setup, I saw some bunnies. Uh, so I don't know if we'll, like I had heard something, and I said, "Well, that sounds like a like some sort of forest friend." Uh, which kind? And then I like, and then I saw a bunny, and actually stopped and looked at me. I said, "Hey, what are you what are you up to?" I said, "Well, I'm recording." I said, "I'm the podcast of which you sleep." The bunny fell asleep. Uh, it no, it didn't. It did look at me, and then as it, like I moved, it said, "Well, I think I would move along. I don't know if I like you or not." But yeah, we're here. I mean, who knows? Well, maybe we'll see a shooting star by the time we're done with this night of fallen fully uh, above my head. We don't have full night sky. One of those beautiful skies where it's a gradient of colors. Uh, not much. I said it, it kind of was started a little bit late for the uh, sunset. Uh, so yeah, here I am in Florida. We're listening to these noises. I'm not sure. Should we start with the noises or should we start with the stars? Like, let me give you a basic star count. Uh, and maybe, like, I'll take a break at some point and pull out my star app. But we have, um, I don't see the Big Dipper, but I wouldn't even know where to look. I don't know north, south, east, west. We have, like, one very prominent um, star that I'd seen last night. Can't remember its name. I don't think it's Vega or Betelgeuse or uh, Polaris, but... Uh, and one of those might be the North Star, maybe Polaris, I don't know. Uh, but I see that one. That was the first star I saw. Like when I started, I, th- I think I saw it. Then I see another star, could be a planet above that one, a ways, almost above my head. That's a little bit smaller, but it's a burning of a, a, a orange instead of a cold white light. Oh, there's the Little Dipper. I just spotted the Little Dipper. I think that has another name, you know, somebody's belt or something. And we have some milky action. I don't know if that's clouds or mist, but I'm spotting some milky action up in there in front of the Little Dipper. What what could be the Little Dipper? We have, like, this triangle, uh, like an isosceles triangle. Actually, that was one of my favorite intros in the last couple of years. And I see an isosceles triangle of stars. I know I see that at home. Wow, look at listen to that background noise. Those things are really, they're joining in. They're like, hey, are you the guy that makes the podcast that puts you to sleep? We always hear your mom talking about you. We'd like to join. They're really joining in. 
And we have like, the, there's no bird noises. There were earlier ones, and we'll see what uh, what happens tomorrow if I can blast out another episode here. But uh, yeah, so we've got these two different. Um, I, I don't know if they're cicadians. Uh, hopefully, we we'll get some frog going soon. But anyway, back to the star scoot. So we haven't the isosceles triangle that's under the bright star sky. Yeah, then we got another thing. Looks like maybe I see this great uh, solar spatula. I don't know. It could be somebody's belt because it has those three things. That could be Orion's belt. But I'm noticing it does uh, have a spatula aspect to it. Um, Then I see two stars that look like... Last night I saw Leo or um, somebody, like the lion. And I could actually see it. And uh, looking back over my shoulder, and you know nothing, n- nothing of note. And then that's all in the pinnacle of the sky or the apex. And then as we you know go uh, lower, we're still waiting for stars to come out. As I said, this there's a lot of activity in the sky. Like uh, I think a ho- probably hobbyist. I don't know. There's a lot of uh, small planes in the sky and some commercial planes as well. So that's interesting, and uh, that's about it. Then we got these uh, these these bug noises. So we're really in a good spot here. Hopefully, we will get some shooting stars. I really would love that so much. Uh, okay, so I think maybe we should kick off with uh, like we'll do some analysis of the layers of sounds, which is always fun, and it's fun too because I'm monitoring my audio, so I'm hearing the micro well, like all the microphones audio. And, uh, wow, we get a really powerful star, I just noticed. That's probably a planet um, uh, not that far off the horizon. No idea, again, I'm usually good with my directions, but not here, uh, whether it's north, south, east, or west. My guess would be west, but I have no clue. So, yeah, let's go into layers of sounds. We'll see what the what these uh, these things are trying to communicate, and, uh, and then we'll take it from there. Oh, good. quick question. Yeah, before we, I get to answer some of these questions that people might be having, uh, where are my parents? Right, it's 7 p.m. and my parents are gone. They're at play practice. My dad is performing in the, his community's version of the producers, uh, so they have play practice. And my mom is uh, in, in, like uh, working as a seamstress, not performing as a seamstress. She's working on the dresses for some of the performers. So very cute. And I think, I don't know if they wanted me to go to play practice, uh, but I had high anxiety thinking about that. And I think they could see it on my face. And I, and I was trying to work up the courage to say, is it important? They said, do you want to go to play practice? And then I don't know if I answered it. I think I like, uh, yeah, I'm not good. And then I, I was taught, we were in the car, and I said, okay, Drew, maybe you should ask them, do you want me to go to play, play practice with you? You know, to like, uh, like, is it like a thing, you know, where he's, like, and again, this, we all returned to the days of school, at the schoolyard, you know, just like me, just like the song, me and Julio. But, you know, do you want your son to say, oh, my son's visiting me, and this is him, and uh, he's, he, he's the one that makes that strange podcast, uh, yeah, that would that's actually the best introduction because they say, well, that makes sense. You know, it actually gives me permission to be myself. 
but I could couldn't I couldn't work up, and it didn't seem like like we had spent the day together, and there was only like one or two moments where, um, we were, uh, you know, <laughs> where we're, we're, we're you know they got heated, or I got you know my patience began to wane, and family dynamics get you know, so it was mostly a great day. So I said, well. It, 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 there was no pressure. So maybe tomorrow uh, it could go to play practice. Uh, but he said, "I don't know what I what would I do there." Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I got, got stressed, and you know, it could be about my. Uh, I don't know. It could be. You know, it could be just me. You know, it's just me. It is just me. Um, and maybe one day. I mean, the one. You know, when I listen back to this, then I'll say, "Okay, next." Like, hopefully. I don't know. I'm here to visit them. <laughs> Who am I having this conversation with? I'm, and I'm happy to be here. We had lunch at dinner last night with Dave and Joanne, two of their friends. And then we had lunch today. We went to the beach and not, not the beach on the ocean. Um, well, they live close to the Gulf. Uh, and if there's, I mean, if there's, if you listen to this podcast a lot, maybe, maybe you don't know this. I love swimming. Uh, I love water. I'm de- I'm an Aquarius, and it is true. Like I am a water person. I love uh, the water, and I wish one day to have, uh, you know, the means to live near a body of water that I can swim in. I don't like. I like being near a body of water, like the Bay of San Francisco and the ocean. But my dream is to be someplace where I can swim on a regular basis, uh, preferably salt water. Fresh, fresh, fresh bodies of natural water would be second, and then uh, artificial bodies of water would be third. Like a stagnant, swampy water would be, yeah, fourth. Um, but this was a, uh, and I don't have any of the actual facts on this, but according to my parents, this was an old uh, quarry uh, for some sort of rock, decorative rock, and. Uh, at some point during a settlement um, from the Horizon settlement, the Pasco County got enough money to make this into like a lake. Of, I guess there's natural springs there. I did find that out. There's three natural springs, and they filled the quarry with water. They put a beach around it. Not that simple. It's it's pretty nice. It's called uh, I don't know what it's called. I forgot what it was called. And I did go swimming, um, a little shallow because of the, like, uh, and it's, it wasn't bad though. The water temperature was 72. It felt like about 64, but a nice 64. The air temperature was 80 and it was a holiday. So the beach was pretty busy. Everyone seemed very delightful. Uh, there was crabs in the water. I helped some, um, boys, probably 10 years old. They were catching crabs, uh, and they said, hey, mister, can you block a crab for us? And I said, can I block a crab for you? Like, of course I can block. He said, what is it? Yeah. And I, I successfully used my shadow to redirect a crab. And the boys caught the crab. And then he looked at it and then set it free. Um, so that was, And then we went to lunch. You know, they, My parents, they, they don't eat dinner. Like, like I don't know if this is a thing with retired people. Uh, but my parents, they only eat uh 1.5 meals a day, so they like to eat around 2 o'clock, uh, which is not my eating schedule. Um, but we did, we, I had a fresh grouper sandwich, and it was delicious, holy moly. And they said it was fresh from the Gulf of Mexico. And I didn't, like, uh, I didn't do any research to make sure the grouper, you know, but, but it was good. 
and uh, I think that's about it. I mean, that's when we got back. Then we, oh no, then I said, like I said, like I said, to Mom, Dad, it's great that we swam in the quarry, but I really got to get into the Gulf. I got to get into this Gulf of Mexico and get swimming. Like uh, they, so, we went to. I said, let's drive to this other beach I saw on a map, and, and that beach was more on like a canal, like a boating canal, than the Gulf of Mexico. So I was severely disappointed. Uh, like I just kept it to myself, but I said, "Well, yeah, I can't swim. Like I need to. Like, I want to swim in the, the the Gulf." I did when it right after my plane landed. Uh, I got my parents to drive to another. I said, "Let's let's hit." They don't have like coastal drives here, but I said I got to get to the coast. You know, I got to get get to the water. So I said, "Let's go to uh, Tarpon Springs." Because I knew they had rented a house there a couple of years ago, or before they moved to Florida, they rented a house in Florida, and they said, "Oh, okay." So then I found a beach in Tarpon Springs, and I had been up all night, you know, in this red eye, and I got my feet in the water and my face in the in the Gulf, uh, but I didn't have a swimsuit. And, oh no, no, I did have a swimsuit on. I didn't have a towel, so I didn't go in. So that's some other things. It, 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 crickets on this. Crickets on my story. I wish I had a joke. Then I could have crickets. So, yeah, so we're out here. We're behind their house. And uh, let's let's talk layers of sound now. So we got, let's see. So we got the one layer, which is the wind tra- wind or traffic layer. I'm guessing it's actually a traffic layer because it's been pretty consistent the whole time we've been recording. I don't know if you can hear it in there. You don't really need it. It's like a, you know, slight breezy sound at the bottom of the, I don't know if it's at the bottom of the audio spectrum, but, you know, like when I'm picturing it, I'm picturing it at the bottom of the audio spectrum down there. So we have that layer. And that's a nice layer. It gives us a nice consistent, you know, foundation. And uh, I don't know what it would be like without it, but it's there. And this is what I love about making the spec is it gives me really to appreciate because other than that, I'd say we only have two noises. And one is to my left mostly, and that is like the higher-pitched, consistent sound you're hearing uh, that sounds like almost like a, like a... It could be staccato. I bet if it was slowed down just a little bit, it would be a staccato sound. But there's not really a break in it, and you know I'm I'm seeing if I can passively aggressively cause a break in it. Whoever you know must be exhausting keeping that sound up. And then there's another sound which is more of like a uh, like a chirp. It's not a chirping. Oh no! And now I'm picking up a third chirping sound, like the traditional cricket sound. It comes in and out every once in a while. But then there's this more dominant noise. Uh, which I don't know how to describe it, really pushing my uh, vocabulary. It's uh, like a, oh, and there's that one, the slurp. I don't know if you heard that one. It, it sounded like some sort of insect said slurp. It wasn't a slurp noise. It just said slurp, and then it stopped. But this pajama noise of saying feather, 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 like that noise is out there. And that was the first noise to come up once the bird noise, oh, there's slurp again. So we have so we have more noises, and there's probably more bef- below this that I'm not picking up on. Um, okay, so I'm seeing something in the sky. I'm always looking. There was one time somebody said, "Hey, the um, space station's going overhead," 
uh, and I got to watch it go overhead, and I've never replicated that before. This is like a star, I think, that just appeared. I was projecting onto it. But Slurp just said something. So we have Slurp, which is, it sounds like an individual insect hanging. Probably, probably if I had, was going to pick, no offense to everybody else out there, but if I was going to pick a sidekick, it probably would be Slurp. Uh, I haven't got a look at Slurp, so I don't know. Then we have Trill. There's definitely this other one, the the non-stop. Oh, it just paused when I said Trill, so it said that's right. Oh, it's, it likes Trill. Did you hear that? Those little Trill. It stops when I say Trill. Look at that. A little bit of a delayed reaction. But this is live insect communication. Get your entomologist, get your entomologist, and have them work out which one I'm supposed to be talking to because uh, Trill here. I got Trill and Slurp in the house. And then I don't know what this other one, what we're going to call it. There's a lot of them, so it would be more of a communal mind. And they're all around at a distance. Slurp and trill, you know, let me know if you think anything. But then there's the noises you miss out on, you know, like, uh... Oh, yeah, there's, I'm sorry, cricket. There's the traditional lonely cricket that said, Once I was the most beautiful sound. The chirping, chirp, 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 chirp. Chirper. Now, chirpy, those are two. I don't like either one of those. Slurp and chirp, though. What if you two partner up? What do you think about that, chirp? Otherwise, you don't get a nickname. Slurp and chirp and trill. Trill, slurp, and chirp. I think those were, uh, I think that was like a group that tried to get in on uh, Belbiv DeVoe's, like, fame. Oh, Trill did not. Don't, don't worry, Trill. I'm not. I, this podcast, we never throw shade, even in the dark here. Holy cow! Everybody's so Trill and Slurp just went silent on me. But that gives us more to to think of. Trill just wants me to try to think of a name for these other ones. These and this is a nice sound. I like it. It it reminds me of the sound something would make, like falling. The sound maybe you would hear on another planet. Oh, Trill's switching up instruments. Did you just, are you playing a woodwind now? Did you, like, lick your reed? Is that what they say before you play the woodwind? Is that what you're doing, Trill? Yeah, so we got Trill, we got Chirp. I'm trying to buy time. Another plane's passing overhead. Very busy airspace here. Um, chit, chit, chit. Chirp and slurp. I haven't heard anything from slurp in a while. And let's be observant if I, if, I, if you can do it with me. Now, now don't worry about if we, if you don't, you know, if you hear something and I never hear it, you know, don't be too disappointed. But there's, let's see. I think Trill just, is that you, Trill? Because that is a nice, yeah, I think Trill picked up his, like his new, another woodwind, licked the reed, stuck it in there. You're really blasting on that horn. I like it, Trill. Very, it's very electric almost. Very, very good stuff. Oh boy, what a job you do! Good job, Trill. Look at this. This is live praise. Oh, what's the difference? I, I remember about ten years ago, I read an article. So before I had a child, but uh, the difference between encouragement and praise. I should be encouraging. I think encouragement is this the Gottman method. Anyone. Anyone, any insects into the Gottman method? It's not, oh, Slurp just said it's not the Gottman method. Thanks. 
But yeah, like so, encouragement and praise, like encouragement is. Wow, geez, Trill, could you come over here and tell me what it, what is that instrument you changed? How did you learn how to do that? Is that encouragement? I really enjoy that thing you are playing. What what do you call that instrument, and where did you learn? Or what? Can you tell me? I think that's along where praise is just. Oh, I love it when slurp and trill and chirp are uh, playing all together right now. Oh, how, like, see, they don't respond to praise. Oh, trill just shut right down. Wow, praise shut down. Oh, trill's back. Wow, trill, I really like how you started to compliment my speaking. I, How did you know how to start playing again, trill? Could you tell me how you knew? I'm just so impressed. And, and I'm actually, this is, oh. Oh boy, was that Slurp or somebody else? We might have a new person in the house. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. I think it was an Echo, so maybe part of your name would be Echo. Echo, How about Echo Bass? B-A-S-E, though. Like third, I was a big fan of third bass, uh... Echo, echo Bass. Don't, like, what do you think about that? Oh, you're Slurp. It's just, sorry, Slurp. I didn't, I, I didn't mean to make up a new nickname for you. I said it's Slurp. Sorry, sorry, that's embarrassing. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I know it's you, Slurp. I know. So, oh, yeah, sorry, Slurp. I, I think I got it. Have you heard from Chirp at all lately? Because I haven't heard from Chirp, but I could be, you know, it could be that I'm just not listening. I'm talking, but that kind of is part of the podcast. Don't worry, Trill. I, I have to work my encouragement around the planet Earth. I can't just hold it for you. I guess that's like uh, withholding. Did I just withhold praise? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Trill. Hey, who's it? Was that Slurp? Are you are you in two different places at once? Oh, get back to naming. I think Slurp wants me to get back to naming these other uh, friends. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Like, I think part of me is buying time till I get the right name. It would be great if it, if 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 that wasn't you, Slurp, and it was someone that I could call Echo Bass. You know, I know it's just you, Slurp. I can tell. What about Chirp? Uh, have not heard heard from Chirp in a while. What about what about Butterbirds? I know these creatures aren't birds, but butter, butter. Are they saying butter? No, I guess not. It's something close though. Slurp, you got anything for me? Trill, it sounds like you're jamming on the low. Did you? Are you applying for the nickname Echo Bass? Trill, how did you know? Oh, Trill, how did you know how to change up the, the tone of your instrument to get a new nickname? And why would you want another nickname other than Trill? Uh, oh, because it's too close to Shrill, and you think that I'm trying to make a point? Well, could be. No offense, but... Uh, it's not shrill. Trill is like one letter more at later. You're right because uh, it's not shrill. It's uh, it's it's at, it's post shrill. Like kind of like I'm post tip, uh, post cool. You're post uh, shrill, which is a good thing. It, like the other ones are like uh, debatable. Okay, holy moly! I just uh, happened to turn my head. What in the heck? We got something rising up from the earth here. I don't know if maybe that's the direction of the airport, but it looks like, uh, I guess it's a plane. I thought it was, uh, like a moving planet or something, like at a high speed. 
Okay, back to the naming of these uh, insects. Uh, so not but not not butter not yeah not whatever I said butterbirds, butterbirds butterbirds. You're right. It's more, but they are bird-like. Anybody agree? Slurp. Give me a slurp if you if you agree with me, or just do it to please me. <laughs> Thanks, slurp. You really are the best. Oh wait, I'm supposed to encourage. Am I supposed to encourage you to slurp? Oh, slurp. How did you know? How did you know to respond to my cue? It was just like you were listening to me. How, how'd you get so good at listening? Could you tell me three tips for listening that you use, slurp? Okay, one, slurping. Okay, that's good. What else? Because I got to tell you, I wish I could uh, listen like you do, slurp, and that's what I'm here to learn from you. Whenever you're ready to chime in with point number two, how do you listen like a slurp? We could, we could work on an ebook. Did you say slurp? Hey, hey, Trill and Slurp, could you tell all whatever, uh, any, like, I got most of my, oh, that was point three. Listen, oh. Sorry, I was talking, Slurp, so I almost missed point three, but I heard it. Any, can you tell anything that's landing on me not to do that? Because the only things exposed are my face and hands. Right. Um, yeah, everything else is covered. Okay, so don't have a name for these other bugs, and uh, like, uh, let me listen for a little while, see if we're, and then we'll get into some star action. What does everybody say about that? Uh, yes, Slurp. Oh boy, we have a bird. It's a bird. It's a brain. It's a bird brain. Bird brain in the house. You're not a bird. Well, you are to me. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I chirps taking. I'm sorry. Oh, I hear a croak. You're right. Is that was that? Uh, I think that was the cricket slurping chirp. I don't know. Is that like is that croaking sound? Uh, is that chirp or slurp? Yeah, I'm sorry. Your bird brain. Well, you stopped. Oh, I just heard something else. So yeah, I don't have any names for for all of you that are making the majority of the noise yet. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it, uh, anything with love, I don't. I can't name all of you uh, love tweeters. No, I can't. You did. You think I studied insects uh, like other people study real languages to just like you got to get a nickname. No, all of you can't be called Echo Bass. That's going to be Trill's performance name, DJ Echo Bass. By the way, that's I just did that publicly, so you can't use it. Slurp liked it. Did you just hear that? DJ Echo Bass with Slurp, featuring Slurp. You're right, Slurp. Of course, featuring Slurp. I don't know if that might have been the high point of the episode. I don't know if it, once you say DJ Echo Bass... Uh, you know, you can't really go on from that, but we will, we will, because this is a podcast to sleep to anyway. I'm so glad you're here to be here with me. I wish, uh, you could see what I'm seeing, because starlight, star bright, so many stars I see tonight. I wish you may, I wish you might, uh, slurp with my friends like slurp tonight. Oh, Slurp. Uh, Slurp, are you going to get in this hoodie with me in my pocket? Did you want to do like a human marsupial insect thing? Slurp, did you hear what I said? Because that was a pretty sweet offer, I think. Oh. 
I think Slurp just whispered to me that I'm not careful enough, which is probably correct. You're right, you're right on that, Slurp. Okay, so let's... Oh, well, let's see if we can hear any other animals. How about that, Slurp? It's not it's not the Slurp show. Oh, we get another uh, celestial body moving. That could be a uh, satellite. Uh, but there was a, something like a satellite. So I'll report, pause the recording in a minute before we get into the star stuff. Just want to keep you know keep getting distracted by my my friends, and I can't think of a name for these other. How about the star singers? That's it. There you go. The the rest of the insects are the star singers. Oh no, you're right. The fabulous star singers. Thank you for putting making that work. Kind of like the fabulous thunderbirds. Slurp likes it. Trill. Oh boy, I just heard another character come out. It was like kind of like a groggle sound. You're right. Okay, could you make that sound? Hey, trill, slurp, could you? Okay, just barely heard it. It was like a groggle. Um, yeah, what did we say? The fabulous star singers. I, how do you? What do you all think about that? They freaking love it. Holy great! Uh, so we got uh, trill, D, aka DJ Echo Bass, slurp and chirp, and the fabulous star singers. I think we could rent a room. Um, I don't think you could get a room better than the one I'm sitting in now, except for the stuff that uh, better be any, this better not be Skeeters right now. I got long pants on. Oh, Slurp just said they were. Thanks, Slurp. You should have got some off. Um, I'm pretty well covered. Um, but yeah, let's like it's hard because I have you know the podcast. I can't have these big gaps in my talking, so I got to keep talking. But I'm trying to find any spots where I can uh, slurp, slurp. I'm trying to get trying to piece some thoughts together, see if there's any other noises I'm missing. And I know I've handed out so much praise and encouragement tonight that uh, it's gonna be all downhill for you insects after I leave tonight, huh? Oh, you thought I was serious when I said... I never said we were going on tour, fabulous uh, star singers. No, I did not. I never said we were going on tour. Okay, I guess I uh, I, over-pro- I over-encouraged. Uh, I never said anything about that, Slurp. I never made any... Pro- I did promise you could be my marsupial insect. Maybe that could be the first song you work on. All, like, if you t- if you can all follow through... Like, work on something, my marsupial insect. You know, maybe like a little bit of uh, I don't know, you, you surprise me, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, you're going to have to, no, slurp, you're, you play one role, but you can't just slurp your way to success. <laughs> I mean, so, so uh, what, what I could use help with is just identifying any wonderful sounds I'm missing for this tour. So, yeah, I'm trying to see. I mean, like, I do hear the crickets a little bit on and off. I haven't heard Trill. Oh, I just, I didn't realize you switched instruments again, Trill. I can hear you now. Thank you. Yeah, I hear you. You just, you're just playing a little bit lighter. You're showing me your range. That's important. Show me your range. Okay, so maybe I'll just pay attention to all of you, but I'm going to pay attention to the stars, too. Uh... And no, I mean, like, uh, there's room for everyone uh, here. And the, uh, yeah, don't don't worry. Fabulous star singers are singing. Oh, you're singing a song to the stars, all of you together. Slurp just said it. No. 
well, let's just pretend because this is a work of uh, like historical fiction. You know, we'll we'll, we'll make it work, right? Slurp. Uh, do you need more encouragement or more praise? Tell me which one. And uh, how did you know I should be encouraging you more? Oh, just slurp. What a brilliant mind you have. Uh, yep, you're slurp, no doubt about it. One day, they'll stay scoots and slurp. Uh, and uh, that, that'll be when they're calling our order at Steak and Shake later, actually. Oh, you don't eat steak and shake. Well, that's uh, it's too bad. Okay, Slurp, I'm going to fire up the uh, the Sky, Sky, whatever, Sky Safari or whatever I have on my phone here. And I'm also going to stop the recording, you know, just in case the recording, you know, so we have uh, everything on here. Okay, so here we are. I guess Sky Safari uh, fired up, and uh, let's see. So let's see what we see. The big uh, star is uh, Sir- Sirius, uh, the, the the bright one I was talking about, and then uh, the one. Uh, I don't know if that's the one on the horizon because it's behind it. Oh no, I can see one. Uh, is that what I'm seeing? Uh, Can Canopus, Canopus. These are stars I'm not super familiar with. Definitely on the first. Betelgeuse is the orange one I was talking about earlier. Of course, uh, Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse. Oh, that's Betelgeuse. Oh, sorry about that. Oh wait, no, is that? Um. Okay, if I go, so right now I'm looking. I'm I'm facing southeast uh, where I'm sitting. And uh, Pro, Pro, Procyon is the close, closest star to me. And then we have Castor and Pollux. I can see them pretty clearly. Looking good, you two. I, I, I know Pollux, I'm, I'm familiar with your name. I don't know what you do or, you know, don't ask me. I, I, already, I already hired a bunch of insects to go on tour. So, I'm for, fortunately for all you stars... Yes, did you hear Slurp? Slurp is, just, I guess I'm Slurp's representative. <laughs> Slurp doesn't know who we hired, but, uh, and then as I did, I was correct when I identified that as Orion's Belt, uh, one of the first, uh, big star, uh, like assumptions I've ever made. Not that far away from that is Rigel, which does sound like something at Rigel 1. That sounds like, uh, a place we got to get the plans or something over to Rigel 1. And then uh, my phone just went off. Um, but what about this isosceles triangle? It's not really coming up uh, here. Let me do if I, let's see if I hit zoom. What happens? I'm not still not seeing uh, the great. Uh, oh, here we go. It's uh, Sahil Al Muif. Uh, is that it? Is that involved in there? According to this, it's not above the... Oh, no, here it is. Wezen, Adhara, and something else. Does that sound right? I look, that looks like my isosceles. And uh, let's see what else. Let's see if we can actually find a uh, actual constellation. Finding a constellation. This scooter story. The podcast, this is the podcast of what you see... And I did say I saw I was seeing some Milky Way action or something, some milk. 
uh, right around Betelgeist, and I still am seeing that. And uh, according to my map or the uh, animations on here, that looks like I was making a, a correct assumption. Uh, Gemini is over here, but that's at the peak of the sky to the right of Castor and Pollux. I don't know if Castor and uh, So those are the twins. Are those the heads of the twins? It must be. Castor and Pollux, how you doing? Are those the, are those your names? Have you been watching? Do you, would you want to underwrite this tour? I have the fabulous, uh, uh, what did I call them? Starbirds? Uh, fabulous star singers. Uh, Slurp. There was a new person just auditioning. I'm not sure I caught who they are. Uh, Trill, who you could hear. Trill, Trill really is good at uh, constantly making noise. Uh, oh, that's praise. Trill, how do you manage to, to uh, if you could talk to these two later about how do you manage to just keep playing, that would be great. You're kind of like Kenny G, able to play a note, you know, through your nose and all that. Uh, we did have, um, oh yeah, Trill also goes by uh, DJ Echo Bass, B-A-S-C. Oh wait, so it only took Dow to figure out, oh no, B-A-S-S, not B-A-S-E. I was, con- I was confused about the spelling of bass. Because uh, Rob Bass spells it B-A-S-E. Is it bass? Uh, Echo bass. That would be more of a, a fishing lure. So, uh, yeah, like I'd love to. Castor and Pollux, pleasure to meet you. I did already call Beetlegeist a few times. Uh, one of earlier movies I saw in a movie theater. So that's great. Those are the two heads of twins. I, I could have sworn if you could point me in the right direction, uh CNP, do you mind if I? What about CNP Music Factory? Nothing. Wait, are you you are you the heads of the twins? I just would. Oh, here's Leo now. I'm seeing Leo, just rising uh, on my sky. So Regulus, Regulus, Valor Regulus. How you doing? What's up with it? Uh, I like that. Uh, to the left of Valor Regulus, there's some of the stars for Leo. And I see two of them. Um, one is Regulus, and then uh, one is like the center of the back. Not quite dark enough, I don't think, to see all of Leo. But I can almost make out because Leo's more towards the horizon. We do have a celestial body moving, but I don't think I have whatever's turned on to see man-made objects. Let's see what else we got above me. Castor and Pollux. Uh, Capel... Ca- Capella is uh, way above me if I'm looking back, which isn't great for my, you know, the sound of the show, looking over my head. I don't see any moon. I don't know what the moon situation is. Castor Pollux, what's the moon sitch? You know, I, 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 did, did you hear when I spotted Orion's belt? Now, hopefully one day, hopefully it'll be in a you know, romantic situation, I'll say. Look at those up there. That's Castor and Pollux, the twins of Gemini. And when you see them across the sky from Orion's belt, it's time to kiss. Also, I represent uh, uh, DJ Echo Bass. Oh, you want to kiss DJ Echo Bass? Yeah, terrific. Uh, anyway, that was great. Uh, <laughs> they just killed Mood, even with the sleep podcast. Beetle Guys, who else is Rigel 1? You gotta get the plants from Rigel One over to uh, Canopus. Uh, Puppis, P U P P I S. That's a pretty good one. Is that a um, 
consolation or a star? Or are you happy to see me? What am I saying? Uh, Rigel one. Alintac and Aliniam. Bellatrix is by not that far from Betelgeuse. Oh, those are the stars in Orion's belt, I believe. Uh, yeah, I didn't know your names. I just knew you as Orion's belt. You know, because, you know, I'm always looking to represent. I'm not actually looking to represent anybody. Uh, I was just trying to give nicknames out. And then somehow these insects thought, I said, well, this, this seems like a budding business. Uh, but I don't think it is, to be honest. Uh, and if you hear, I may hear some croaking. I'm, my voice is a little croaky, right? Yeah, it seems to be a new moon or something. I don't see any moon anywhere. I was just looking around. Oh, Slurp moved. I don't know if any if you can tell where Slurp is, but Slurp's now, uh, to, Slurp's been to my back left uh, the whole time. Now Slurp's uh, close to behind my head. So I think Slurp's thinking about taking me up on the offer and getting in the pouch of my sweatshirt. You know, hanging. Slurp, I'll let you watch TV. You could just tell me which channel, because I'm guessing you wouldn't be able to change the channels. I didn't catch what channel you want to watch. You'd probably be better if you told me when we're inside. But yeah, so we got, uh, there's two planes in the sky right now, all stars. It really still not fully dark yet. Uh, still dusk, I would say, to d- dusk to dusk. Is there a poem in there? Uh, and really, I, I, I love, uh, I, I never can think, it's, I'm always like so stunned at the beauty of the night sky that it's really hard for me to describe it, uh, you know, because I feel like I'm doing it a disservice with my silliness and uh, my ability to take it in and the layers of it. And this is still early night. It's just, uh, it's mesmerizing. And, like, the the shape of it, uh, wow. I mean, really just, uh, like, soaking it in here. This expanse. I mean, right now I'm really feeling the expanse of the night sky. And as I said, like, I always, like, uh, felt like it's a dome. But lately I've been feeling like it's so much more. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just a lovely, lovely evening here. Probably in the 60s is first temperature, but I have a sweatshirt on, so that's good to know. And hoping for a shooting star. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers. This was one of my favorite songs back in the day, uh, Waiting for a Star to Fall. You know, it was a one-hit wonder, I think. Hadn't thought of it in a long time, but uh, uh, I am sitting here waiting. You know, if anybody can take a hint up there in the celestial bodies. Uh, and I've never seen one like yours, you know what I'm saying? Uh if you could, you know, send us a shooting star, falling star. Tra- how about a traveling star? How, how about a, uh, um, you know, a meteorite? Send me a sign. Uh, also, uh, if if you have any agents out there that could represent a, uh, I'm not even sure if these are insects, to be honest, stars. Pollux, can you hear me? Uh, Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse. Hey, what's up? Oh, oh no, that was a plane. I thought it was a shooting star. I thought it could have been, maybe it was, I was hoping it was Beetlegeist riding some sort of uh, really cool, you know, like, uh, I don't know what Beetlegeist would do, like a flying seahorse? Well, Beetlegeist, what would you fly in on from uh, outer space and beyond? It's, are they still working on a, a Beetlegeist too with uh, 
I mean, talk about a great cast. You got uh, Michael Keaton, Alec Baldwin, uh, Gina Davis. Uh, oh, God. Uh, like some of the other great character actors in there whose names from SCTV. Please come to me. Not coming to me, but some really, 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 really. Uh, so I don't know if they're working on that um, or not. What would that would be like? That would be a real challenge. Slurp, what do you think? Have you seen Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice uh, before? No answer. Uh, Slurp, do you see any other new planets that I should be checking out? Uh, any planet, planet, planetary bodies? Uh, I think you're right, Slurp. I did. Slurp didn't say anything. Slurp could already, maybe Slurp's already snuggled in with my phone. Let's see if I'm hearing Trill at all. Still hearing, don't worry, uh, what are we, fabulous star singers, I can still hear all of you singing your tale of the song. I mean, I, I don't want to be a star critic, but, uh, or star singer critic, but uh, a bit repetitive. Very, I guess very good to sleep to. You're right, For you really know how to pick up on tone. Perfect for a sleep podcast. Brilliant, you are, you're hired. Yeah, just stay here, and I'll be out with the contract in a couple of days. Also, I don't know if you know about, uh, like, uh, but yeah, I think you're, you're, there's two more planes in the sky. I don't think I've, I mean, I guess the last time I did a star episode was on Lake Ontario. And so they probably have less plane. I don't know. There was a much less uh, plane activity here. I guess a lot of planes fly over uh, central Florida. Or I don't even know. Like, uh, I don't know where we are technically. Um our north okay we got oh no it's another high flying plane that's another high flying we got a lot the planes fly really high i don't know if that's 30,000 like what's the highest a plane can fly how about that for a song star singers uh something with a heart what's it not as high as my heart we'll put that in parentheses what's the highest a plane could fly parentheses not as high as my heart star singers fabulous star singers Featuring DJ Echo Bass and Slurp. Slurp did say something on that one, so that's good. So yeah, we're out here. We're 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 live on location. We're we're chilling, you know, chilling. I got actually. I'm sorry. I got to apologize once again to the uh, beauty of Mother Nature, because I'm sitting here in a, a old school uh, lawn chair. And to my right is some sort of lovely plant. Uh, what's your name? Oh, plants don't speak. And it's on a stalk. Is that what you call that, a stalk? And like a wheat-like plant, like a wheat, I didn't say weed. No, I said a wheat-like plant. And in the uh, dark evening sky, you look much different than probably during the day. But it looks like you've got some budding going and um, you're pre-flowery. And you're just kind of uh, moving in the breeze uh, very seductively. If I if I have kissed, I, I would like if I had if it, if it, if I was a normal person, I'd probably say I've never kissed a plant before. But I have a romant. Yes, I have kissed a plant romantically. It was during a time of extreme loneliness. No, 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 no closed mouth. It was a plant. Uh, I had two plants when I was in college. Uh, one was um, groggily. And the other one was uh, something, it had a three name, kind of like DJ, I haven't changed, you know, like uh, 
something snapdog. I can't remember. That was the names of my planets. Groggly and something snapdog. And I don't remember which planet it was that I kissed. But one night after I'd had a few drinks, for some reason I was walking around carrying houseplants. And I kissed my plants. In a romantic fashion, I did. I said, uh, I've kissed a plant. I think I've shared it on the podcast before. You know, Katy Perry and other singers have kissed girls, and <laughs> I've kissed I've kissed plants. Uh, story of my life. Uh, that's why I make a sleep podcast. The podcast that puts you to sleep it doesn't keep you up. Uh, but I, I don't know if I'd kiss you just because. No offense. Uh, as seductive as your movements are, uh, well, one because it's dark, and I don't really know. Plus, like, it kind of feels like a ragweed-type situation. Like, I don't know if I'm, like, um, you know. But how about if I, like, like here, here, I'll, I'm going to kiss my hand. And this will be live. The audience will be able to experience this. I'm kissing a plant. Uh, plutonic, that's a plutonic kiss. Is it, like, a, a, what do you call that? Passing a kiss? When you kiss your hand and, and then touch, pass it. I just passed you a kiss. I did hear that new, that was a croaker. That was a croaker. Thanks, Plants. And this Plants has been watching over the whole podcast. Uh, doing a great job, by the way. I hope my chair isn't on you. Um, if it is, let me know. Uh, I guess you can't. Um, great. This would be a great place for someone like, uh, you know what, this is interesting uh, to bring up here this so late in the show. It, like, all these insects are out here. I never see them. Uh and I'd love to get in touch. Like, I don't know if anybody's listening this late that is uh, expert on this stuff. And, like, uh, or can point me to, like, one of those creative YouTube channels about stuff like this. But I would love to know what all these lovely characters look like now that we're all working, now that we're in business together. So that if um, Slurp landed by me, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I could I could have my expectations set so I couldn't be, like... Oh boy, that's what slurp looks like. Uh, you might not get in my sweatshirts. Instead, say, you know, I could use some encouragement and praise and say, slurp, holy moly, did you, how do you get your wings like? Oh, just slurp. That's how you do it. You slurp your wings. Okay. Uh, so that's, sl- oh boy. Trill, is that you? Trill's just breaking out. Trill's closing out the night with uh, some serious jams. Wow. I'm going to have to make an assumption that is Trill. Really blasting it. Beautiful. That's praise, I think. I should have been encouraging and Trill stopped. Was that DJ... Like, that was such a creative... uh, Help me out here, audience. I'm I'm, I'm on the right track. That was such a creative... um, uh, Whatever you're doing. What do you call this? Because it's just so creative, I don't even know what to call it, Trill. Or do you prefer I refer to you as uh, DJ Echo Bass? Because, wow. Now, are you using, like, your abdomen for any of this? Could you explain to me uh, what your method is? What are your big... Can you... Hey, Trill. Uh, could you tell me some of your biggest influences and, and why? Is this is this encouragement or praise? Or just a <laughs> futile... T- thanks. That's my brain, actually. A futile attempt to 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 to, to praise. Well, it's an attempt nonetheless. How about that? Uh, so yeah, here we are. It's uh, still I would I can't call it full night um, because at the edge of the sky we still have some brightness. 
uh, you know, in another yet another plane going over. And one thing I'll say about these planes, they're doing a great job of not being irritating. They're either flying at such a high uh, altitude uh, that they're really not bothering the podcast. And then when you have someone whose who's ability to make noise, I just can't even understand. Oh, Slurp. Yeah, Slurp, I was talking about you and uh, DJ Echo Bass. How do you do it? And also, like, what do you, what, what do you, do you, do you, like, I know you don't have access to Gatorade or caffeine. I had to drink, there was no uh, sugared soda in my pan. I had to drink two, I drank one Diet Pepsi and one Diet Coke because I was feeling lethargic before I started recording. Oh, but 40 minutes before I started recording, I started drinking those. They didn't want to have coffee because they didn't want to totally mess up my sleep schedule. Oh, boy, that is some great uh, playing. Holy, I know that's praise, but I don't know any other way. I, I, and, I, and, I, and I tell you from a, from hanging out with my mom, who's now a grandmother, uh, I don't know if I know any other way, Trill, other than to praise you. And the, the, the fabulous uh, sky singers and the sky, actual stars in the sky. It'd be great if you shot me a shooting star to wish on. This plant, uh, this plant here that I thought about kissing, Trill, uh, DJ Echo Bass, Slurp. How about a Slurp? Haven't heard from your buddy uh, Chirp in a while, or any of the other characters we were thinking about naming. Uh, but when you have Slurp and DJ Echo Bass and then the uh, fabulous Star Singers, I don't know if you really, I mean, no offense to the other, fab, uh, you know, the one that just flew in my face, the insects that don't make noises, uh, and this lovely plant, uh, you can't really go wrong. And then you have uh, Pollux, Beetlegeist, and then the other stars whose names I forget. <laughs> oh, boy. Good thing I'm not in the star business. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm two more planes way, way high in the sky here. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm blown away. I mean, maybe the um, flights from Tampa and Orlando and Miami. I mean, I guess those are all flying areas. And this is the Monday of a long weekend, so I'm sure a lot of people are flying home. So that does make sense. You're, you're right. Uh, you're right, and I'm wrong. Let's agree to disagree. Stars. Okay, there's something moving that I don't think is a plane. Um, slowly moving, or is it the? Is it giving me the illusion of movement? I think I may be under the influence of uh, illusionary movement here. Let's see what the. Uh, I don't know. You, you got to reset this compass or something here. Okay, so I don't know if I hit the wrong button, but I, I wasn't able to find out what that celestial body was. I don't think it's moving, and now I can't even remember where in the sky I was looking. Once you start looking on this app, for some reason there's like an arrow now on this app, and uh, can't get it off the screen. But there's Beetlegeist, uh, Sirius, I want to thank you. I want to thank Rigel for making an appearance tonight, and Canopus, uh, Wesson, I'm not sure if I see you. Oh, yeah, you're one of the, uh, the Isosceles Triangle Trio, Wesson, Adahara, and the other uh, star whose name I don't have on me. Who else do I want to thank tonight? I want to thank Pro, Pro, Pro Scion, and, uh, which was the one that sounded like we'd go for, oh, Rigel, did I already say you? I thought there was another one over there who uh, sounded like a Star Wars planets uh 
Beetlegeist, uh, never forget you. Don't you forget about me. Regulus, like regulate. And then uh, Orion's Belt, of course. Can never give enough credit to uh, Orion's Belt and the stars in that one, whatever they're called. The twins, uh, Pollux and Castor. The, possibly the, I don't know if you're the heads of the twins or the, uh, but you're, you know, you're right by me. Yeah, the other stars in the sky, the ones I didn't get a chance to appreciate because, uh, you know, because of this beautiful, I mean, how, how, how can I appreciate when I can't sing with my legs or whatever these, my friends are doing, you know, it's just, it's just a pleasure to be here in your company. And to be honest, I don't have the vocabulary I don't have the, uh, well, there's some, a couple of cool ones appearing on the horizon. But, yeah, I guess I just want to say my big thanks. I want to thank uh, Trill, uh, DJ Echo Bass, who's still rocking it. I don't know how Trill, DJ, DJ Echo Bass does it, uh, uh, but I'm always impressed. I've never been more impressed, and if I could get some of my questions, Slurp, uh, Somewhere around here is a uh, little friend called Slurp, and uh, while one word does that sound justice, it doesn't do with the joy that uh, you brought to me tonight. How did you bring me so much joy tonight, Slurp? Just by being you, that's how, and that's all you have to do. I think that's uh, that's like the, is that where where you try to get with encouragement? Maybe I'll just cut ahead and... uh, uh, Chirp, who we haven't heard from in a while, but Chirp was really, you know, really did, did a good job to start us off tonight. And below everything, not just the sound of the traffic uh, out on State Route, whatever, uh, but the uh, fabulous, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to work in some encouragement, the spectacular, like how they come together to all sing at once, to sing the praises of the stars, the fabulous star singers, everybody. And we're here, we're out here somewhere uh, in the northern hemisphere, southern part of the northern, something like that, uh, you know, down in the Florida way. And, uh, you know, not not that far from the Gulf. I got a stomach full of grouper, and I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world unless I... uh, Heard one more thing from Slurp because, uh, you know, that, that that's always nice uh, to hear from Slurp and to close us out. Uh, and I'm sure if I find the right combination of encouragement and praise for Trill. Like, now, what would you do? Let's try this. Uh, let's see if this one works. Uh, Trill, DJ Echo Bass, if you wanted to hear from Slurp, because, uh, uh, like, how would, like, how do you get, like, how do you manage to have such healthy relationships with, uh, with, with people like Slurp? Never heard of Slurp. Oh, boy. I guess somebody's uh, gotten too much, I guess I gave too much encouragement. Oh, no, too much praise. You're right. Uh, and this isn't what is it, what is this is I don't know if I, I may be giving out fragmentary praise, but not conditional. Or are you supposed to give out conditional praise? No idea. No, I don't know either. I'm uh, just trying to get. Uh, okay, so I definitely am seeing. I must be looking in the direction of the Tampa Bay Airport um, as I'm noticing these planes now, because now I'm seeing them head up into the sky. A beautiful place, a place that's the apple of my eye, the apple of my ear, DJ Echo Bass and Slurp and the fabulous uh, 
Fabulous uh, star singers. Uh, they may, they may, you know what? You make the uh, fabulous Thunderbirds seem dull. No offense to them. I don't even know if they still get together. Um, and I couldn't, I, unfortunately, I probably couldn't name. I could, I can tell you, is one of them, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know them. I, I sh- they seem like very nice guys, though. Uh, but I don't know any of their songs. Uh, I, I think I did a, I did a, 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 a yeah, maybe, maybe I just move on. I'm, I'm trying to buy time until I hear from Slurp one more time. But it's just been a pleasure being in all your presence and, and letting my audience in in your world. Uh, how, how'd you do such a good job of uh, letting my audience hear you and letting them be a part of your evening? I feel like it, it, uh, I, I can't believe I get to lie my head back and look back at the sky, at these stars... Uh, you know, they've been looked on, wow, you've been, it's just mind-boggling. The beauty of sound, the beauty of sight, uh, so much to be grateful for. And grateful to be here trying to uh, observe and soak in some of this loveliness so that people can non-observe and sink in. But either way, I can be here with you, you can be here with me. We can be here with DJ Echo Bass, a.k.a. Trill, featuring, starring, and collaborating with the uh, fabulous star singers, performing live under a starry sky. Frickin' get they got, get them over here, or whoever, you know, Van Gogh too. You know, get them both, get them out here, get them set up. They're probably, actually, they're probably up there, right? You know, we didn't get Beetlegeist to ride in on a uh, a star-based uh, seahorse, but that would have been sweet. Uh, would have been nice. And, uh, you know, it would be nice if I got a goodbye kiss or something from my buddy Trill. I mean, uh, uh, Slurp. But I know, you know, times change, seasons change. This beautiful plant that I did plant to kiss on. It was a, it was a plutonic kiss, but maybe tonight uh, in my dreams will be intertwined in some mind-bogglingly strange way. Uh, but it's been an honor. It's been an honor to be with all of you. Thanks for joining me here. I really love uh, uh, to be here. Uh, and thanks for stopping by. And I'll play you out with a little, little uh, maybe we'll get a little dose of slurp uh, a little extra performance uh, of uh, DJ Echo Bass and the fabulous Star Singers. I can help you. All right, so we were starting the episode out here, and I'm here uh, live on the shore of uh, one of the Great Lakes, uh, the greatest lake, uh, the greatest of the Great Lakes, in my opinion. Uh, uh, lake Ontario. I got mixed up there. Uh, because, uh, I don't know, I think I was thinking about all this sea breeze. And, uh, yeah, I'm here on uh, fam- with family stuff. I got a bunch of family functions. And tonight was my parents' 45th anniversary. And to celebrate it, we went out to dinner, the three of us. And, no, I'm not joking. Uh, and sat in a booth at a restaurant. And my parents were on one side. I was on the other side. And I talked to, I talked to them about the birds and the bees, and uh, also you know legal pride. You know I said, well, Dad, this is where you're going to live uh, when, when I get fully control of you. you no, know, we had that argument earlier in the day. I gave my parents may be listening to this, 
but yeah, we had a wonderful dinner uh, at a place uh, specializes in smoke, smoke and stuff, and uh, they really smoked the smoke. I don't know. I don't know how good they did. I, it, it was. Uh, I didn't choose the restaurant, but I was very happy with my uh, smoked meat that I had. Neither of my parents finished more than twelve percent of their entrees. They both had different kinds of pasta, and I was a little bit. And I said, "Hmm, I don't know." Uh, like, but I didn't want to ask him. Geez, was it not? Neither one of them. They had different dishes, but I was happy with my dish on their for their anniversary dinner. Uh, but we had a nice dinner, and then uh, my mother and I went and got ice cream. Uh, we we. we uh, we had two cars, uh, and uh, we, we we had the day today together, the three of us, and uh, my, they they exchanged cards in front of me, and uh, it was a nice day, and then they went to bed, and I said, well, just in, you know, so I said I'll go outside and uh, I cleared my throat a few times. Remember that talk at dinner? I'm going to go outside and record a podcast, and I'll do about down by that lake that is so loud. It drowns out all noises, you know. I'll try to record a podcast down there. Uh, uh, Throat clear, throat clear. Giggle, giggle, giggle. I don't know. I didn't actually do that uh, because they were... I I don't know. Something was said, uh, and uh, they were bantering anyway. And I said, well, let me get... Oh, and then my dad started locking things up. And I said, well, I still got to go out. It's only 10 o'clock. I got to go outside and record a podcast, or at least attempt to record a podcast. Uh, ABR, Dad, always be recording, even when you're on the road, especially on a night like uh, tonight when uh, the wind and the waves are blasting. You know, it's a guaranteed home run. I think a plane's going by right now. So that's the location I'm in. And I was thinking today, I managed to get in the lake twice. It's very, um, it's very churny. Now, for those of you that uh, haven't been to a great lake, actually, I've only, I don't know. I mean, I know, like, all you're going to say, well, Superior's the best. You know, look at, you know, look it up. And I'd say, okay, like, uh, never, I've never swam in Lake Superior. I swam in Lake Erie before. And I don't. This isn't meant to sound harsh. Don't really remember much about it, uh, but I love this lake, uh, Lady Lake Lay Lady Lay Lady Lady Lake is what I say when I'm here. I love Lake Ontario. I do have a spiritual connection with this lake. I have an emotional connection with this lake, and as often as I possibly can, uh, though it's tough living pretty far away. Uh, I like to have a physical connection with this lake. And I'm not kidding. Like, I love uh, this lake. And I'm looking at it now. And I don't know if it's temperamental. Maybe it's... And I was thinking when I was in it earlier. So I went twice. And my parents were very concerned because, uh, like, uh, there were some some waves. But I'm... I love swimming. I know my limits. And I know my... I know this lake. Uh... And I know this lake is not to be trifled with. It's she's meant to be respected, and you know not you know. So I was aware. I was okay. Let's retake that. So I was aware, and uh, you know, it it looked you know from a parent's perspective, it probably looked pretty rough. But once you got in there, it was just a matter of awareness. Uh, 
But yeah, you do have white caps that you can hear, and the waves were crashing. Uh, water temperature, I don't know what it was, but it, it was, uh, it felt fantastic. I mean, like, I mean, to be, like, uh, I guess depending on how you, def- I mean, depending on how you defend, depending on how you define lovers, it was like I was in the embrace of a long lost lover, and much like all most of my other, it, was, it involved the same. Uh, it was a, I guess, because I don't feel like I have a plutonic relationship with this lake, uh, though, you know, our intimacy is not. Uh, I don't know, it's lover level. It just doesn't involve any loving. That's that's like all my lovers. Uh, but like, uh, so I love this lake. And I was hoping to have a placid, I mean, I guess this is, you know, lover material, too. I was like, uh, maybe I'll, I'll sit down by the lake and it'll be calm. And I could talk about our relationship and the times we've shared. And, uh, but, you know, a little t- temperamental tonight. It's, things are temperamental. I also, uh, I guess this is going to sound weird with what I just said, but, and so maybe, and maybe it did, this is a better way to describe it, too, is like, uh, it did feel like a pet, like a, like I felt like with the waves and my feeling, like that the wave was greeting me like a dog, you know, after you'd been a while, after I'd been away for a while, or a pet. I could feel the water uh, smiling, and uh, the first time I went in, it was, uh, it wasn't quite as rough. There wasn't like um, the. Uh, like a current, uh, like there's a current going parallel to the shore the second time I got in, which is a little bit tiring. So it was t- you know, I had to concentrate more on the current in my swimming. So it was a little bit harder to, uh, you know, think about uh, think about how much I love the lake. Now I got to change subjects here because I'm I'm looking out at the lake, and then I'm also looking at the sky. And as I said, it's like it's right pushing 11 p.m. here uh but there's still it's still pretty clear out i don't i think it's a full moon but i don't see a moon uh the moon might break over the hill while we're talking uh but, but uh i don't know sun probably went down an hour or two ago but i can still see some clouds and so it's really beautiful like down by the uh horizon it's like a a grayish a bluish uh, sky almost like a transparency there's a few wispy clouds that look like uh, black smoke there's a plane or some sort of uh, object uh, crossing the sky slowly and blinking and then as you go up uh, into the sky it really looks like Bob I mean I, I don't know if uh, Bob Ross's I don't know if Bob Ross's spirit is here with me but there's uh, some really nice gray puffy clouds and they have the nice layers of gray like the bottoms are dark dark gray almost black and then the fronts and the puffy tops are white to gray you know like the gray hair of someone with so much wisdom I guess all of the tones of a wise a gray person and the one cloud that I'm looking at, almost like I'm making eye contact with it because it looks a little bit like uh, the um, signature cave in the movie Goonies, and it's looking right back at me, but like with a little bit more de- defined 
kind of like the look I have on my face, like a furrowed brow and a little bit grouchier. Like, I don't know how many people, like, were kids in the 90s, but I remember this, uh, I remember these TV commercials, I remember my siblings having this. There was a time they decided to come out with balls, like baseball-sized balls, and they had faces on them. I, I don't know what they're called. I, I recently saw an ad in a, a comic book, uh, like in one of the Archie comics, and I forget what they were called, like choppers or something. And they were like little baseballs, but they were soft foam balls you could play catch with. But they had faces on them. And, you know, some of the faces were silly, but a lot of them looked kind of grouchy, which I never got. I said, why would you want to just throw you against something? I guess if it's a ball, uh, if you're playing baseball or something with it. Uh, but so I got those clouds I'm looking at. And to the left of it, uh, a couple of clouds over, there's a cloud that looks a bit like an F. A really stylized F, uh, like actually almost like a, well, it almost looks like, yeah, like it's a cartoon F, like with a mouth, and maybe I'm just personifying or whatever, personalizing these clouds with a nose and then a, a, a brow or a head of hair. Uh, so the first part of the F is between the head of hair and the nose. I guess it would be an F with one extra. Um, what do you call those cross hatches or whatever the heck you call them on an F? Most stylist styling F uh, I've ever seen, or it could be uh, like a goatee. Like it, it looks like it has a goatee. First F with a goatee. And actually, as I'm talking about it, the clouds are drifting and uh, the nose is becoming more rounded and less prominent. So that's nice. And as you go up in the sky, it becomes more and more black and less and less blue and then yeah i happen to be in a, a great sitting position right under the big dipper or the little dipper you know who knows uh uh let's see let's see it's got its ladle its ladle's arm has three stars that i can see and then four stars in the pot thing so three stars in the handle and four stars in the uh Whatever, the scoop. Uh, so I don't know if that's a big dipper or the little dipper. Like I said, I'm the big dip. But it, 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 I, don't, I don't know. Like, uh, there's it, probably more stars yet to come out there. You know, maybe it's cause, because of the blue, uh, full moon. I don't know if it'll be a blue moon. You know, they always say to me, uh, yeah, I'll go, out. I'll, go, I'll go out with you in a blue moon. Uh Actually, no one's ever said that to me because uh, I think they stopped using that phrase in the in the fifties. But what is a blue moon? And also, I'm trying to hint to the moon to get its uh, get its you know M O O N A S over here, so I can look at it or get the moon's moon, uh, so I can take a look at it. But I guess I could talk more about my history and my love of Lake Ontario. I, don't, I can't even pander to the lake because it's so loud. I don't even know if you can hear me and hear me say, Lake Ontario, I love you. Lake Ontario, I love you. I mean, it's just not, why, why do I have to say more? And when I was swimming in you, I, I had about 8,000 memories of uh, my feelings for you. I said, well, I could probably feel like an hour and a half uh, talking about you. And now... 
Um, well, actually, now the lake is calling my attention on a uh, olfactory level. I'm just going to take a couple breaths here. It must be kicking up some of its bottom because, it, and it's not a bad smell, but a, like a swampy, wet, uh, gritty, earthy smell, uh, like you would smell at the bottom of a lake. Uh, and the lake's really coming up. I mean, she must be like thinking she's getting it, like uh, that we're sharing a room because she's coming right up to my uh, feet, nearly. Uh, so yeah, what, what, what were we talking about, uh, Lake Ontario? Can I call you Terry? Like, how would you feel about that? Has anyone ever called you Terry? Oh, the, I, the lake just answered me. And the uh, last guy that called Lake Ontario, Terry. What about Terry? Eh, what if I do it anyway, Terry? Um, if you don't like it, I, I don't have to, but, uh. So Lake Ontario and I have a pretty long history, and, you know, not all good times. Uh, I was very resistant to Lake Ontario. I went through, I guess, three stages. Uh, But actually, let me go back to these clouds, because now the sky is getting darker. And while I can't see the moon, you know, like a light for a movie, uh, the moonlight is hitting the clouds. And then the back sky... But the, still, the sun's coming up from the horizon, so they're barely backlighting the clouds. Really, really spectacular. And uh, really, really an honor. Honor to be here tonight, uh, here in Terry's house, uh, you know, talking Terry. Because uh, uh, we've got a long history. I don't know... Actually, I probably could piece out um, the first time I swam in Lake Ontario. Uh, I'd have to say... There's a 50-50 chance. Uh, my dad had a friend. His name was Norm. And Norm and my dad, uh, they, they seemed like they were good friends. And Norm lived on Lake Ontario. Or I don't know if he had a camp. It was more of a, like, a, they call them camps here. There's two things. There's summer houses and there's camps. And I, I guess, like, some people would call them cabins. Like, a summer house is like a house... Uh, that you live in in the summer, but it's like, uh, like, uh, that means it's really, like, it means it's pretty nice, and usually it has heat, so I guess if, even if it's a summer house, you could live in it in the winter, and, like, it also, I guess, like, and, and this is gonna sound, I think this is true, though, like, a summer house seems like it was built with architectural plans, and, uh, built at one time by one contractor or builder. Camps and cabins uh, seem like uh, like uh, they were kind of uh, put together on, on like the best. Uh, I don't know, like like uh, they they're not usually livable in the winter, and usually you know I don't know what the foundation situation is. But the floor, you know, it's not perfectly in balance. And, uh, you know, it's been upgraded in different ways in different times. And maybe there's, like, strange additions. And my parents have a camp. Uh, that's where I am right now. But Norm, my dad's friend Norm, he kind of had uh, something between a camp and a summer house. 
he also had uh, one of his daughters would become my babysitter. Another one of his daughters was one of my first uh, super crushes because uh, she was like uh, quite a few years older than me. I mean, not not a ton, maybe four to six years older than me. And uh, oh boy, did I like uh, just loved looking at her. Uh, and her older sister was my babysitter for a while. And uh, I don't know how I, now I'm trying to uh, get out of this one. But I remember we visited my dad's friend, Norm. This was before his daughters were babysitting. So I was young. They were probably pretty young. They probably weren't around or they were too cool. Um, but I can remember going with my dad to visit his friend, Norm, at his house on the lake and going swimming. And that would have been in Lake Ontario. And I can't really remember that not that much about it. I remember Norm was really cool. He was a nice, really nice guy. You know, I'd remember it later on because I had a crush on his daughter. And his daughter that babysat us was also uh, incredibly kind and wonderful babysitter. It was just that, I, like, I, I would have had a crush on her, too, just in case nobody's listening for posterity's sake. Uh, but I already had a crush on her sister, so... Uh, so that was one trip to Lake, but then uh, we're going to deep deep into my uh, my past here, my family history. And my mom uh, comes from a very large family. She has a lot of siblings, a lot of brothers and sisters, and her father and mother were very uh, traditional, almost stereotypical Irish Catholic family, and. So my mom's dad even has a big family. Uh, like uh, We just had a really big family growing up, uh, an extended family. And not even, like, so my grandfather's, like, siblings, my mom's family was so big, we rarely encountered my grandfather's siblings' families, uh, which I don't know if that's your second cousins and aunts and uncles. And I don't know if it was every year or just uh, every other year, but at some point in my childhood, and I'm not sure if it was my childhood memory or my actual childhood, my entire extended family would have a family reunion. And I guess for the younger, like this was when I was a little kid, so whatever age you become sentient, I guess somewhere like starting at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, I begin remembering this, uh, probably in the, the younger side of that. But at some time as a kid, we started having this family reunion in the summertime on the shores of Lake Ontario. It would be like in the summer, and it was centered around, for the adults, a golf tournament at a public golf course. Uh, so not super fancy, uh, but I was never involved. I had never played golf, and I, I actually tried a couple times, and it's not for me. But so where all the adults would go to this, uh, like, uh like i don't know public golf course and they would play golf and then after they came back from golf there'd be a big barbecue and there'd be tons and tons of kids i mean we're talking a giant family reunion uh and there would be awards and there'd be a lot of uh for the kids there was a lot of drinking uh for the kids it was uh they would have a soda fountain like a i could i i don't know if they had this every year but this is what i look forward to the most uh, you know, foreshadowing my future is uh, they had like a soda taps, which I've never, I couldn't, even as a kid, I, I don't know, maybe one of my uh, second aunts and uncles or whatever worked at a, 
soda distributor or something, but they have, would have like uh, Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, orange soda, maybe root beer. Like I remember, it was four taps, and we. I mean, I guess this doesn't happen anymore. Like, there's probably like 30, 40 kids like just subsisting on soda and hot dogs and potato salad. And I mean, I remember drinking like, uh, and then I'd start, you know, after a while, after I'd had a bunch of Cokes and I got nice and hopped up, then we'd start mixing like orange soda and then maybe even mix in some Diet Coke and start, you know, making our own soda cocktails. And we would swim in Lake Ontario, so that's like a big part of it. Uh, let's see, other big parts about this uh, family event were uh, one of my aunts, so one of my like second uncles, like so my my grandpa's one of my grandpa's siblings, maybe his sister or his brother, uh, one of their children, or maybe his, like one of their children was married to a woman who was one of the doctors in the movie E.T. So that was a pretty big deal. And then there was another aunt that I had a crush on there, but she was like a second or third aunt-in-law. You know, she was married to one of my second uncles. So I remember I had a big crush on her for a while. So most of my life is, you know, based on these things. And so we would drink a lot of soda. We would play volleyball. I'm not even sure, like, of the family tree accounting uh, like of of everyone. I mean, I know my current, uh, just my mom's side of the family. I don't know if we're up to. I don't even know what we're up to now. Like, I, I have a feeling I have around fifty or sixty cousins. Uh, so very very large family, and this would be like, this would be the big thing. And I'm sure for the adult, the young adults, maybe the older adults. It seemed like a lot of my aunts and uncles, uh, that were college age and like in their 20s like it just seemed like a roaring party and i was like i can't wait until i grow up and i'm uh of age where you know they just seem like they're i didn't even i don't even think i realized what alcohol was at this time i mean i remember seeing a bunch of kegs and and you know bottles and stuff but uh i never ever remember anybody acting nuts so it just seemed like like a very uh like in my mind even my memories are of uh, very idyllic memories, uh, not quite super cherished, I guess, because it was kind of infrequent and very event-based. But I do remember like the all-day party uh, for this family reunion every year, and I remember the golf awards and not even knowing. I remember my aunt Helen, who uh, passed last year. She was she most of the time won. Uh, either with the, the handicap or she was like one of the better golfers and then maybe one or two of my uncles but I remember you know there was like uh, other awards for like closest to the pin and longest drive and then at some point I got to the age where I could caddy there wasn't really anybody caddying uh, but it, I think I was like uh, probably 13 and maybe me and one of my one or two of my other siblings you know, some of our cool college-age uncles let us uh, caddy for them, which mostly involved me, like, being like, you mean I can drive this golf cart? So it probably wasn't the best thing to have us caddying. And I think after nine holes, they were like, okay, why don't you guys, uh, why don't we call it quits with you caddying? Because even then I was like, if I'm not driving this golf cart, this golf thing is incredibly dull. 
how boring can it get? Uh, like you're just hitting these balls and walking after them. But I remember it feeling pretty cool caddying just because you're driving the golf cart. That was a one-time thing. So I don't know. And then one year, I think uh, me and my brother and my cousin tried to play in it, maybe when we were in high school, and I'd never really golfed before, and I quit after nine holes. I was like, I hate golf. I guess I learned I hate golf. I mean, I'm just I'm left-handed, and I'm one of those people, once I start overthinking, you know, forget about it. So... Uh, but I do remember the vo- I wasn't very good at volleyball, but I remember uh, some of my mom's brothers being very encouraging, and you know they playing on different teams, so being very competitive, and it kind of just being fun. I remember there was a hammock, so there would be a lot of hammock swing, like you know someone pushing all the little kids. We'd all climb in the hammock and try to hang on, and someone would try to push the hammock. I remember swimming a lot. Um, I remember I think there was only one bathroom, so I remember uh, always being, you know, maybe I just probably went in the lake or having to wait in line for the bathroom. Maybe there was more than one, but there was only one that I knew about. Uh, But that was on the shores of Lake Ontario. Then at some point, uh, my parents decided with uh, one of my mom's uh, siblings to go in on a camp together. And... uh, like, in the past, we had rented a camp, I think, I, like I talked about on uh, another lake, uh, Lake on Oneida Lake, uh, I guess, which I again found confusing. How come it's Oneida Lake, but it's Lake Ontario? There's Lake George, but then there's Skinny Atlas Lake, uh, Atisco Lake. Uh, never quite, I think somebody maybe tried to explain it to me. I mean, you know, I, I prefer to call this Lake Terry. When I kiss her tomorrow, when I dive right into her arms, and hopefully she's calmer. But so that was like a, another, and so I don't know which came first, so those family reunions or our visit to Norm's. But then at some parent, point, my parents uh, went in on this, this small camp uh, with, uh, like, together. And uh, I remember we would go up there, and my, my family had six kids. And my aunt and uncle's family, they had three kids. And uh, one of my cousins was my age. So for a little while, I, I was right at that cusp of uh, awkwardness. So it was like, uh, you know, like I think there was like one year when maybe I was like uh, pre-middle school. Like before, once the angst set in with me, whatever age you get angsty, prepubescent angst, it really became like an unpleasant uh, youth to be around. I don't know if anybody... Like a little bit like a little Miss Sunshine, maybe, if you've seen that movie. But so pre-angst, uh, it was me, my cousin, and my brother, and we would play. Maybe we had a couple summers where we'd play a lot um, and swim, and, and uh, it was uh, it was still pretty nice. But uh, there was a lot of us uh, crammed into this uh, uh, camp. Uh, let's see, my sister and my cousin. Uh were the same age as my brother so they were all so there was like uh you know two like five of us pretty close in age and then a bunch of younger siblings and then you know the siblings kind of stuck in the middle so a bit like, like a lot like my maybe now that i'm talking about it more memories will come up i don't have a ton of memories other than swimming and eating hot dogs and having orange popsicles you know stain my face and my shirt 
uh, my unrequited crush on Norm's daughter because she would be there, and she always had boyfriends that had motorcycles. So that made me think. Uh, I guess I was you know pre-emasculated before I became became a man. I was already emasculated by that. They would have jet skis, and you know I'd be like, well, you know, that, that's not me. I don't think I'll ever uh, have a motorcycle or jet ski. Then I'd tell my mom, and she'd say, no, 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 you nev- you'll never have a motorcycle. Uh, she made me promise I would never ri- ride a motorcycle, and she still makes me renew that promise. So, so you know, I remember pining after my, my love, and, and maybe even, I, f- I think maybe finding some other, like I said, I had a crush on my aunt, and not a blood aunt, by the way. But so then, uh, after a while, like, my angst set in. I don't know what age that was, like, uh, 12, 13, 14. And then I became very brooding, and I wanted to work. And in New York State, at least at that time, you could work at a pretty young age. I don't know if it was 14 or 15. So I got a job at a grocery store so I could, like, stay home uh, in Syracuse and not be up here. And then I also developed this allergy to dust. And I don't know, like, honestly, oh, boy, I just saw a shooting star right above me. And it was a quick, brief one, but ultra bright. Uh, so I'm making a wish on that star tonight that you all rest well. But so, yeah, so um, so when I, the angsty stage, like, and then I got this allergy to where, yeah, I guess it was a real allergy, but again, I don't know if it was caused... It was caused by something else, uh, but it was like, and I guess it became like a, like it became like a feeding thing because like a, I was allergic to the dust here, and I guess because probably inside maybe it was when we were sleeping. Like, if you have all these kids crammed in, let's see, oh whatever, there was a lot of kids and we were like sleeping in triple bunk beds and you know, I mean all our sandy feet and stuff. But I would get incredibly sneezy and runny noses or maybe it was like something in the water I mean I think it was the dust but who knows like and it would be really like a like a well actually like when me and my parents talk about it I had like a runny nose like as soon as I think it became with like like being a late bloomer and uh, I might as well have never bloomed because uh, as soon as I puberty hit me my nose started running pretty much uh from like seventh grade i didn't have puberty in seventh grade but you know my nose started running first i guess and it ran right until uh you know prom night like and i was so i was like uh i was just one of those kids with uh constant runny nose and sneezing and my parents still joke now about like how i was addicted to sudafed they're like geez maybe that was something with your behavioral issues like because you were taking four sudafed a day you know, like, do you think that had any like uh, speed effect on you? I said, I don't know. I just know I took Sudafed. I don't think it ever did anything for me. Uh, and I mean, these might sound like uh, exaggerations, but I think I took Sudafed again from seventh grade till probably junior and year in high school every day, and it never did anything. And I actually never even discovered uh, what's the stuff that actually works. Benadryl. I don't even know if it was when I was an adult or when I was in college that actually does work, but I mean it knocks you out and makes you totally like uh, useless. That it could actually stop my nose from constantly running and constantly sneezing. Uh, 
What does that have to do with what does Sudafed and Lake Ontario have in common? Oh, because I was sneezing so much, I didn't want to be here. Plus, like I was in that like high school jerk phase or pre high school. Once I got to high school, yeah, I was like, I do not want to be here. I want to be home. I want to be with my friends, just like a teen girl in a movie. That's what. I, that's exactly what I was like. I'm not joking. I was a little brat and uh, complained and pouted. And also, like, you had the the masculine side of that, where, where I was just, like, a jerk and brooding and stuff like that, too. So those years, I don't, like, uh, I actually, like, fell out of love with Lake Ontario. I had, uh, like, a great um, anger, anger towards it uh, because they said, listen, I don't want to be here. And I guess it wasn't the lake's fault, just the area's fault. And I said, what am I, like, there's nothing to do except for swim and eat hot dogs and, you know, play with other children and, you know, have joy. Uh, but I guess, like, what was weird was when my hormones hit, you know, they didn't hit they hit my, you know, bad attitude first. So, I don't know. So I guess I have some amends to make. To, I mean, I know I do with the people in my life. Uh, but even this lake, uh, I guess, and what's interesting is that kind of uh, angst... And dislike kind of uh, carried over into adulthood. Like, uh, I kind of never got over that. Uh, I guess because after high school, um, I worked a lot. And so in the summers, I was always working. So when I was in college, I, uh, you know, was always working. I didn't spend a lot of time at the lake and uh, swimming and stuff. And then after I got to college, I moved to California. After I got out of college, I moved to California and then uh, I was in a relationship with a teacher, so she, uh, and no, 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 I, I was trying to strike out on my own kind of thing. I was still angsty, and, you know, I said, oh, geez, I don't want to go back to that nostalgia. Like, you know, that was like, that's, you know, like I, like I had grown into my own adult, or so I thought. And it wasn't until my daughter was born, um, and at some point... Um, when, when uh, like, I, I reached the stage of co-parenting where uh, I was like, huh, wonder what it would be like to go back there. I think one time uh, when I was still married, we went we went back because uh, my brother was, uh, one of my brothers got married. And I remember we had a nice trip. And I think then um, maybe it was the next year, I don't know, that... that uh, uh, I was separated, and, and I said, well, maybe it'd be nice for me and my daughter to go there. Uh, my ex was like, oh, yeah, that's fine, like, uh, if you want to do that. And so then my daughter and I started, like, a, a regular trip here, and it really has changed uh, being able to go, uh, I guess, just do those same simple things with my daughter, swim, eat hot dogs, uh, go to soft serve ice cream. That's big uh, chocolate and vanilla twist, and that's really it. That's re- like I mean, I guess for me, the greatest thing about coming here is that I can take my shirt off when I get here, and I don't have to put it back on. So whether I'm here for like five days or two weeks, like uh, and probably like uh, wear a swimsuit, and that's it. Uh, in a perfect world for most of the time I'm here and then also that most of the time I can spend it in the sweet embrace of Lady Lake uh, 
you know, my Terry. And some days she's splashing like she is tonight and crashing. And if she's crashing and splashing in the right way, it makes for good body surfing, uh, depending on where the waves are breaking, really good body surfing. Uh, and then other times she's as, uh, she never gets glass-like. Some mornings she'll be glass-like. But in the past few years I've been coming here, that's been pretty rare. Like, uh, and, you know, then, but if she's glass-like or just lapping the shore, uh, it's beautiful and you can see in the water and the water's clear and it's good for, uh, playing, um, you know, Mother May I. And it's really kind of like off in the middle of nowhere. There's, uh, not much around here. There's just other like camps. There's some summer houses, but for the most part, it's camps, uh, or people tearing down camps and building summer houses. But my parents are very, uh, camp oriented, uh, you know, a lot of shell based arts and lighthouse based arts and, uh, like, uh, you know, you know, handmade and driftwood based art. Yeah. You th- thank you. Uh, uh, vacation brain. Uh, though there's not a lot of shells up here. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's weird to return to something that I have kind of this mixed nostalgia about. And then to be here with my daughter and to be able to just swim in the lake, eat hot dogs for lunch, uh, maybe have some salt potatoes, eat hot dogs or Italian sausage for dinner, and then do it all again the next day. And the time seems to fly by. And then usually, like in the past, we haven't been able to pull this off this year or last year we didn't even make it here, but um, we usually time it with a visit to the Great New York State Fair. But this year, we miss out on that. Um, but yeah, like uh, I'm really thankful for you, Terry, and the memories you're giving me a chance to make now. And the fact that uh, I can return to this place in my childhood, I guess I haven't had the chance to make things right. I mean, I try to be here, and I try to uh, be kind, and, and uh, but you know, it's from around my family, and uh, I'm trying to grow, and I'm trying to enjoy myself, and enjoy. Usually, my siblings are here with their families, so enjoy the times with them together. And I guess, like, it's a rare thing, so I'm really appreciative and lucky. And, you know, lucky, I, like, uh, to love the lake. Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I was kind of, like, it might have been sounding like I was joking before. There's just something about, like, I guess, like, like the difference with this lake is that it has a personality. Like, tonight it is a stormy personality, and it's weird because it is really, uh, those waves are pounding, and the sky is clear. So there's no storm here, but uh, either because of the winds or because there's a storm someplace else or uh, the pull of the moon, I don't know. Like, uh, it, it, it's really rough out there, and it's a nice rough to sleep to. I mean, I know last night I had two fans on, and I could still hear the crash of the surf, and it was so wonderful. And I mean, you can hear it here, and, and now... As I'm talking about it, the olfactory smells are kicking up. And I think the... I don't know if you can hear it, but it does sound like when the waves crash, it is saying, call me Terry. Listen. Call me Terry. I'm hearing that. 
and just drifting in and saying, call me Terry. And now it's it's still, I guess because of the full moon, it hasn't made an appearance, but it'll make an appearance in one of these episodes while I'm here. Uh, it, it's still pretty light out, even though it's got to be pushing past 11. And the white, white, almost blue color of the foaming waves because of the way the moon is, it's hypnotic uh, as they, you know, it gets that sea bubbles as they come up towards my feet. And as you look out in the distance, there's white caps. And on the horizon, there's a line of black, of black water, uh, you know, where, where the sun and the moon aren't hitting anymore. But then the skies, that's still that kind of, I don't know, is it a steely blue-gray? I'm not even sure how to describe it. And watching the waves and the spray kick up in the air. And just, the, like, I guess, like, something that I try to do with this podcast. Like, I, I know, like, the, the mic I'm using, it's meant to be so you could hear my voice and, you know... It, like, if I was using another mic, all you'd be able to hear would, would be the water. Um, so that it's really loud, but, you know, you're only hearing, like, uh, the background fuzz of it. But just, like, how encompassing it is. And it's consistent but inconsistent at the same time. And, and that's one of the things I love about uh, water sounds and, and wave sounds. And, the, and what I love about Terry is that... You know, I can appreciate her lapping and then her splashing or those gentle waves that roll with a long shush. And then this more chaotic wave crashing she has going now. And it is chaotic tonight. Like, you can watch, I'm watching them and some are breaking twice or they're breaking, you know, 10, 20 feet out and foaming all the way in. And then the wave is washing out, and it's crashing and making another wave break. And now there's just a little white cap, and no waves are breaking. And then a little one just crashed close to the shore. A lot of premature waking, uh, uh, Terry. Uh, not, that's not a comment on you. Not a lot of rolling waves either, like left to right, like uh, waves are crashing in different ways, like... So I don't know if it's quite a roiling sea. I would I would say it's. Uh, I mean I would definitely, and I'm a pretty confident swimmer. But it, I mean, if it wasn't dark, I, I could get in and, and swim without a uh, without a worry at all. I mean, as long as you're paying attention. So not like uh, super stormy. I mean, and that's what's wonderful about Lake Ontario. Uh, Terry is. Uh, I mean. If it gets really stormy here, then you get the real crashing surf. And uh, and then in the wintertime, the lake doesn't freeze over, but these giant uh, ice dunes form. I mean, it's, I haven't been up here in the winter in a long, long time, but these giant, like, pyramid-like, they look like giant snowdrifts, but they're actually from the crashing of the waves, the splashing up and freezing. Uh, and the whole shore is covered with these dunes and... We were never allowed to walk out on them. People do, but uh, you know, my mom banned us from it. Probably smart, smart of her to do so. What would happen with us in the winter, or even the fall or the spring, when Terry was really cold, uh, is we'd come up here because we'd still come up here a lot, uh, and 
we would uh, there's two things about the uh, off season. One is that we, when it was always too cold to go in the water, we would lose a ball in the water. So I think we'd probably come to the beach to play, uh, and then what would happen is we'd lose the ball in the water, and it'd be too f- cold. We were trying to get it with a ball with a stick and chasing it down uh, along the beach, and then we'd have gone too far, and we'd lose the ball normally. Sometimes it would wash back up, but... Uh, I can remember a lot of balls being carried out to sea. And another thing about the off season is it's like a big fishing area for salmon. And the one I don't, I don't. That, that's not important. But like, uh, so even when it's cold, I don't think there's ice fishing. But like, I think in the fall and the spring when it would be cold, because Syracuse, you know, in in this area has a pretty extreme weather. Uh, there would be a hut to sell stuff to fishermen, like coffee and stuff, and they always had YooHoo, and it was the only place I ever consumed YooHoo. I can always like remember, and, and I can taste it now. Looking forward to it, and going to the hut and it being cold, and it's, it would go to the state park. Uh, I don't know if anybody ever listened to uh, the Moss-based Woman episode. I don't know what that was called with Kiwi Shavers. Uh, this is an episode where I sang, and uh, that's when I probably the last episode I ever sang. There was a, a, a character, a beloved Sleep With Me character, who probably will be a Patreon episode, but uh, he only talks in singing. He's uh, His name's Kiwi Shavers. He's from either Australia or New Zealand, and he's a really great guy. We, we, he, he was helping me two years ago when I was here, uh, run in the woods and record. But uh, what was my point? Oh, so we'd go to the state park and we drink. I would drink YooHoo. And it just felt like a god, and I'm not kidding. Like uh, weird memories that bring you joy at the time and in the past, and, and even in the past. Like looking back at it, the feel of that YooHoo, the cold, be freezing cold YooHoo. It was freezing cold outside. There's something about that syrupy, watery chocolate taste. Uh, that was magical and uh, kind of like the sweet magical embrace of Terry Lake Ontario a lake I love and uh, you know, I guess I just wanted to share with you a little bit I, I actually wanted and maybe I'll come down to the beach again you know and we'll leak these uh, on location episodes out over months so I don't know if this will be the first one you're hearing or like if this will be in the fall or the winter like I could set the temperature right now. I have a sweatshirt on and I, and it's breezy uh, and jeans, but it's a you know it's a like a summer day. It didn't get really hot today, uh, but it's pleasant out and there's a there's a wind, more of a wind than a breeze. And I'm here on the on the uh, the edge of uh, you know my favorite lake of lakes, uh, my lady, Lady Lake Ontario. I'd like to call her Terry, but I'll see what she says about it tomorrow. And I hope, like, you could just uh, sit here and maybe I'll carry you off with uh, watching the waves come in and splash and swish and rush and thunder, you know, kind of a thunder. Listen to that, a thunder coming in, coming in. Rushing and sushing and swooshing, going back out over 
and over again, consistently coming up and coming in, over and over again. And I, I'll carry it out with uh, just some... Uh, oh, no, I can't do that because if people are listening to back-to-back episodes, uh, if I like just leave in some lake noise, it'll wake people up. So I like to, I got to keep all the listeners in mind here. Uh, but I just want to thank you for listening to this episode and, you know, thank you, like, like Terry, and uh, and thanks for listening because it really, uh, you know, I'm a, like a cynical person and it's going to get to relive some memories with you uh, makes me really full of gratitude uh, for the kind of memories that I push to the side and, you know, and I don't, don't give myself the chance to savor those. I prefer savor the brooding uh angst-ridden ones instead of saying, hey, remember when I drank uh, 50 sodas uh, and uh, ran around like a lunatic? That was, those were good times. Uh, had a crush on my aunt. Kind of had a crush on my aunt. I, I think I did. just had a huge crush on this one aunt. So the aunt from E.T. I did have a crush on her, but it was superseded by this other aunt. And then, you know, my crush on my babysitter's sister. She may have babysat us a few times, but I probably... Uh, so, yeah, good night. Uh, but, the, you know, on the shores of the woman I have the biggest crush on, uh, Terry. Good night. All right, hey, everybody, it's Scoots here. And you may hear some creaking. That's my uh, Santa Cruz, My actually my mom's, or my dad's, a Santa, C-R-U-Z-E, Cruz, bright red, uh, Neki uh, kayak. I believe it's a kayak. I don't know. They, now they're changing around these. I was thinking this uh, earlier when I was kayaking over here. Where the heck did they, like, uh, boat train, like, a uh, recreational boat train? I guess this isn't recreational, but, uh, like, when did it get so complicated? They're, like, uh, oh, did you, did you just hear that frog? I don't know if you heard that, but there used to be, so there was originally canoes. And I'm just talking about when I've been alive, not the history of uh, watercraft here, because, you know, the, I barely know the history of my history of watercraft. But there were canoes, and I think one of the canoes, like, issues with canoes is they tip over. And the only time I used a canoe was with my friend Bo. The one time I went to summer camp, and uh, I guess maybe we'll go right into the personal stories here. Holy cow, we're not like... Uh, but my friend Bo and I and my brother, I think my brother and my sister, Carl and Sheila, we all went to this summer camp. Uh, and recently I found out how much the summer camp costs. And I said, no, like, like, I mean, this is in upstate New York. Uh, and the price I was quoted was my like a relative. So it may have been wrong, but it was so unbelievably cheap. I was like, uh, you know, I, I love my daughter, but I was like, holy cow, it's such an unbelievable value. Like I would, no wonder people send like send their kids to summer camp for the summer. But this summer camp was called Lourdes Camp, and I believe I was in fifth grade. Maybe I was in sixth. No, I was in fifth grade. I've talked about it before, maybe, or maybe that was in therapy. I talked about it a lot in therapy. Uh, but we don't n- n- nothing serious, you know, just just like mild therapy stuff. Uh, time not time filler, real like. Uh, but my friend Bo and I, we. Uh, I think it was like the first or the second day you had to have passed a swimming test. You could take out a canoe. 
And, you know, I don't, I don't know if you listen to this podcast at all, but, you know, Scoots doesn't like I don't do well with authority figures. I don't do well with asking questions. And I'd rather just skip over everything. So we tried to go to the canoe and they said, have you used a canoe before? I said, don't worry, Mo. We do like we're fine. No, we don't like uh, thanks, uh, counselor. We'll uh, take this canoe out. We know what we're doing. And they said, okay, you got it. And I said, yeah, I'm told, I'm a total, my middle name's Canoe. Like, uh, I know exactly what we're doing. Uh, so we took this canoe out and like, turns out we didn't know, like, turns out I've never been in a canoe. Bo's never been in a canoe. And wherever the, uh, like kindergarten age kids were, uh, like, uh, swimming, we lost total control of the canoe. We were working at cross purposes. And then we headed right towards, like, the kindergarten swim zone. And then the, the lifeguards and the counselors. Uh, that was the end of my days with the canoe at that summer camp. And they, so that was uh, that was my first uh, canoe experience. So those were canoes. And then at some point they came out with something called a flat-bottom canoe. And I remember my Uncle Eddie, he had a flat-bottom canoe in Old Town. And I, I've seen these Old Town canoes across the, across, across, across the country. And usually they come in a gray and a, not a gray, a green or a red. And I heard flat-bottom canoe. Okay, that doesn't, it doesn't tip over as hard. Uh, but, you know, a canoe, you're kind of sitting up high. Sometimes there's somebody sitting in the middle. They're down low. So those are canoes. So you have the flat-bottom canoe and the regular canoe. At some point, I think this was even in the 70s, there was a kayak uh, that you would only see. I don't know when the kayak in the Olympics started, but, you know, at some point, this was before YouTube videos, but there was still television that could be like YouTube videos. And the only thing you would see is a kayak is somebody rolling over and then rolling back again in, like, the white water. And it just looked like, okay, that's, like, a good way to um, get water up your nose. Uh, and so those were kayaks, and it just seemed like for adventuring only. And it just seemed like, even for me, I love swimming and stuff, but it seemed like, man, that would be annoying, being wet in a boat. Like, why the heck would you want to do that? So, like, uh, so those were kayaks. Then at some point they came out with these sea kayaks, I believe. Uh, and I think that's what I'm in. Even though I'm in a river, I'm in a sea kayak. And I, I guess what a sea kayak is, is like, uh, it's not waterproof. So if you tip it over, uh, you got to get back, like, you can't flip it back because then the water would come in, I guess, uh. And they're light. It seems like there's some sort of injected molded plastic or something. So they're probably, uh, they're very watertight. And they're probably affordable compared to like fiberglass type stuff. Uh, and they're very light on the water. I was surprised, uh, like today I said, like, this thing is really moving. Two years ago is the last time I was in one of these kayaks. And I did try to record some stuff on a um, lavalier mic on an Android phone. And I don't know... What happened to those recordings? That was, I think, before the Patreon. So I don't know. Those recordings may have been lost uh, or they were un, un, uh, unusable or they're on, maybe they're on my old iPhone 4S that died. Uh, but they were, like, really noisy with the wind and stuff. Like, so right now, oh, but wait, let me, let me get, keep on this uh, water trend. Because then, okay, so then you had uh, windsurfing. Then you have kite surfing, which those look uh, pretty cool. But then at some point, this stand-up paddle boarding became a thing. Uh, 
And that does seem like a, like a little Sado or, or ma- like one of those things. Cause it's like, okay, you're going to stand up on a board. Uh, and I tried to do that once and it was on a very windy day. It wasn't pleasant, but I could see, uh, I could see if you were somewhere where you could just get off and swim it being pleasant. And I know like, uh, uh, some 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 people that like do it and they do like uh, you know instead of fun runs they do paddleboard races. But uh, you know I'm whatever whatever I'm in a kayak here. Okay, little update. Change the subject. I got a, a dragonfly sitting on a branch. Um, its back is to me, so it's like a tail thing. It just it lowered two of its uh, four wings. Its right side wings. It's just sitting there. It's back to me. It's got like a. It's got a little blue iridescent. Now it's off. Uh, it's off to another uh, like a twig or, uh, or branch, uh, not that far from me. So I guess that's the end of my. So I'm in a sea kayak, a red one, and it's not exactly the most comfortable thing to sit in for a couple hours while you record a podcast, but. Um, you know, this uh, like you can hear it creaking. I'm, 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 I do try to change my position every once in a while. Uh, it does seem fairly stable. Uh, maybe not stable that the equipment that I can't really afford to lose uh, uh, is in here with me. But I've, I do have like a bag. Uh, so like once I get back on the road again, in quotes, you know, on the river, uh, I'll wrap everything back up and hopefully it'll stay dry. And I'm parked here. So I'm in the uh, I'm outside Port Ontario, New York. I'm uh, I'm in, I'm on the Salmon River. I think there's many salmon rivers, uh, and this is one of them. And I've, I took it a little while, and I was going to head towards uh, like, like I, I was heading on an adventure, and I saw this uh, side side thing, and I said, "Well, it's kind of hot, even though it's like four o'clock." I said, "Let me get in the shade because if I'm gonna." Usually it takes for an hour podcast somewhere around an hour and 45 minutes to rec- for me to record it. I said, well, I don't want to be in the sun the whole time. And then I saw these bright, like these downed trees uh, near the riverbanks. I'm, I'm still about eight, nine, ten feet off the riverbank. And so I got up, I tested a couple, and I found this one, a gray. I'm not very good at identifying trees, Uh would you call? I guess it's a deceased tree. I don't. I really shouldn't be interviewing it. But uh, what kind of tree? What kind of tree were you? Okay, no answer. Uh, I, I said my brain said dogwood, but I don't know if that's true. But it's like kind of a grayish uh, tree, and uh, that's all I got. It's all. It's been in here a while, but not so. It still has its bark, but its bark's starting to peel. And it's covered in the same thing you would expect a penny or Lady Liberty, like some sort of um, algae or moss that's like that light mint green, or maybe mint's the wrong term, but, uh, you know, that you see on copper. And then there is some moss down here, the bright green, lovely, lovely, you know, you you were lovely moss. Uh, it's uh, it's got some of that green moss on its underside. Yeah, on your undersides, you got moss on your underside. And it, it, you know, one thing is like there's a couple different styles of moss here. Like we have the the uh, like uh, there's a neon green moss on one of its really dead branches that uh, 
is really exposed. It's like a neon, almost a green-yellow. And then you have that more rich green uh, that uh, you identify with the floor, forest floors uh, on the underside of this tree here. Then I'm holding with one arm, my right arm. My left arm is holding the mic. Right now my knees are up, so I'm leaning the, my mic arm on one of my knees. Uh, so I'll probably change position. And, uh, yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm up against this tree. Directly in front of me is the rest of the tree. There's a frog. I don't see it, but I just heard it. And uh, another smaller tree. This is not a giant tree. No offense, tree. But you're not like a medium-sized tree. Like its diameter, I may be able to fit my hands around its diameter, if not pretty close. So I don't know if you put that like a 10-inch, 12-inch diameter tree. Then there's another tree, I guess about the same diameter. And then in front of all that is tall river river reeds. The kind of river reeds you associate with cattails, but I don't see any cattails. I think that's what you call them. The mar- you know, that you'd say, well, is, it, is this a river, a swamp, or a marsh? And I said, oh, boy. Uh, there's a great question. I think if I saw some cattails, uh, like a... Uh, and what is a cattail? You may be asking, like those of you that uh, don't, you know, don't hang in marshes. Uh, cattail is like you find these reeds. These reeds are about 10 feet tall uh, from the river bottom, from the surface of the water. So probably the bottom of the river, maybe even, I mean, it's pretty shallow here. But uh, cattails, they look like a uh, if, if you overcooked a hot dog or you had a hot dog that was brown, on a stick, uh, that's a cattail. Like if you're cooking a brown hot dog on a stick, it looks exact same shape as a hot dog. Now at some point they, uh, I think, I don't know if they're seed pods or something, but they go fluffy. I don't know why they're called cattails. I guess because they get kind of look like cattails. I'd call them brown hot dogs, but I don't name, uh, you know, I wasn't around in whatever the 1920s or the 1850s when kids started calling them those. But so that's what's directly in front of me. Then to my right is another very large down tree. And it looks like it's been down for a while, too, though it still has leaves, the dried leaves hanging from its branches. And they, they've had a lot of uh, flooding here this year. So I don't know. But I, I would say this tree's been here a while. And I'm like back in this back pocket, uh, hidden. And part of the reason I'm here is because of the shade and, uh, Another part of the reason is I say, hey, let's go down there and see what's what. So, like, a podcast to put me to sleep, uh, you know, let's see how it goes. So that so that's, like, on two sides of me. Now, to my left is an open expanse, almost. like uh, So to my direct left, to my closest, is swamp water. And you could call it river water. And we'll get into examining the water when we get a chance. Uh, and that goes probably 30, 40 maybe a hundred yards of, uh, you know, different swamp, uh, muck. I mean, muck and, uh, tiny lily pads, big little, micro lily pads or algae, uh, flowers just poking up by themselves and big lily pads with beautiful, like water flowers on them. And then there's a patch with a little bit less, uh, after about a hundred yards, there's a, like a more open patch, uh, 
but still a lot of grass and stuff growing in it. Then another like a thick expanse of uh, the bigger lily pads, and then the the main uh, deep part of the river, which uh, is just a like a running. It's rippling in the wind. It, that's about uh, maybe three hundred yards from me, pretty far, but I can see it. Uh, Beyond that is, uh, like, swamp, uh, like, uh, I don't know what you call them, like an island of grass. Uh, like, I don't know if that's from silt, probably, deposits. We're not that far from the mouth of the river. That goes straight into Lake Ontario. And then beyond the, the island, or whatever you want to call it, it's not an island that you could build anything on, but I'm sure there's waterfowl and, and, and you know, bugs and other lovely friends there. And lots of green stuff grows. And beyond that is the other riverbank. And there's a lot of houses there and uh, trees. And uh, there's a couple, uh, there's a couple like sheds. Uh, there's one that I can see that's a beautiful winter green. I mean, I, I can't t- to call it any other color but winter green shed. And to the right of that is like a house that seems like it's under construction. It's got that Tyvek stuff on it. What the heck is that Tyvek stuff? Uh, you remember, like, is that some kind of insulation? Because remember, there used to be the pink stuff that Pink Panther used to sell. I think that was made from Pink Panther fur. But you weren't supposed to touch it because every time I tried to touch it... Uh, or you know, make it like a like a like a place to jump out of stuff onto. You know, say don't touch that stuff. It's made from glass. But now you see all these houses covered in this Tyvek stuff, and it looks like it, it just looks like garbage bags. Uh, I mean, I know it's like uh, more expensive uh, than garbage bags, but uh, is that or is that waterproofing? I don't know. But that house is covered in Tyvek. Uh, and then to the right of that is another well-painted structure. I can't tell if it's a shed. Oh, it is a shed. That frog, I don't know if you can hear the frogs on the mic, but a frog just said shed. Um, and it has a white, uh, like white uh, framing around the windows. If it is, it may, so it may be a tumult, tall, small, small cabin. And then a beautiful red highlights, uh, bright, like barn red uh, around the base. Uh, A lot of the other structures on the riverbank are uh, various shades of white and beige. uh, And the sun's kind of hitting it beige. The frog likes the beige. so and then above that is I mean I know I know you people in Montana you got the, the the thing on Big Sky Country, but I got a lot of sky on one half. I guess I couldn't call it Big Sky because there's so many trees here. But uh, to my left, I got a lot of sky, a lot of blue blue sky with some wispy clouds. There were puffy clouds, and on the horizon, there's a few puffy clouds. Uh, I know I've talked about it before. I failed all my cloud tests uh, in grammar school. I don't know if that was fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. I think we just had to—I should have made flashcards. I think that's what the sister told me. I think—I don't remember which sister that was. Maybe it was even in second grade. Maybe it was Sister Caroline. But it was one of the ones I didn't get along with. So I think it was an act of silent rebellion, not learning. Holy cow, we got a woodpecker. Okay, breaking news. Uh Wow, how majestic. So to my left, uh, it just took off uh, on a uh, branch that was sticking out from a really dead tree. It was a woodpecker. 
and it, it landed on the branch, and it had the puffy hair, a bit like my hair, a fur, and then the woodpecker beak. It definitely had a woodpecker profile, and I don't know bird profiles, but this one did. It was nice looking. It looked right at us. I didn't see any red on it, but it had some either very dark blue and white uh, fur, or no, they, they have feathers, don't they? Oh, it's back. It came back, or another one did. Uh, or maybe this is a different one because it doesn't have a puffy head. But yeah, the birds are coming over, and I have seen a, three great blue herons. So maybe, or it may have been the same great blue heron three times. Uh, so hopefully we'll see that again. But that bird, uh, ooh, it, I think it's eating some insects because it just flew over the lily pads and then flew off. Uh, and I don't know, you may be able to hear some bird song. At some point, I'll try to capture some ambient uh, noise uh, in in the woods here. There's a state park behind me that I uh, recorded the Great Kiwi Shavers episode. Uh, he's been banned from the podcast since then. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode with Kiwi one day. Wow, the birds, I didn't know birds were such hams. I guess I did, but another bird has landed on that branch, a smaller one. And it's a ways away, and holy cow, while that was doing it, uh, a bird dove into the water, and it didn't come out, it, was, it didn't come out with a fish, but it dove right into the water, uh, so that's pretty cool. So we're here, I'm looking at that tree, other, other than that, on that tree, um, it's, a you know, one of those starker trees, that one's been in the water a long time, it's bleached. But it's been raining, so some parts uh, seem like they're uh, some parts of it uh, are are soaked, so they're a little bit darker. Okay, one of the birds is back, and it's pecking the wood, but I don't know if it's a woodpecker. You know, it just might be a bird that pecks. And this one's a little bit, it's a littler. It's against the blue sky, so it's just a, a black uh, profile for me. What are, the, what are those pictures called that you do uh, when you do the profile and you cut it out? Uh, I'll think of that. Maybe I could do that for birds. Uh, what are those called? They're called, They're not called cutouts. Uh, it'll come to me. Uh, it, it, like uh, I always get that in brooches mixed up for some reason because they have the same kind of thing. Like a lot of brooches have somebody's head in white against a black background. I know my, my, my daughter gets hers done at Disneyland. It's like the cheapest thing you could get done at Disneyland for a kid. It's fast, and it's a great—I I think it's a great bargain. Uh, at least uh, my, my, uh, my, my ex tells me that. Uh, she loves getting them for my daughter. I may be seeing a hummingbird. I don't think my eyes are that good. And you may be hearing frogs. I haven't spotted any frogs or— um, or what are those other things called? Turtles, uh, yet. Uh, I got a lot of birds. I, can't, I don't want to call them waterfowl, though, because uh, I'm not positive they're all waterfowl. I mean, they're all wa- near waterfowl. And then we'll get into some, let's get into some delicate, more delicate uh, creatures. So there's a, there was about a billion dragonflies till I decided to uh, turn my attention to the dragonflies. And then there should be some water striders. Of course, uh, they must know, okay, there's something like a water strider. It's a little bit smaller. A lot of the surface of the water is rippling, and I can't quite see what's rippling. Oh, boy, now we got some striders. Oh, boy. I wonder how many species of water striders there are. 
And, you know, they're probably not all called water striders. So I have a couple, and I don't, maybe they're babies and maybe one's a parent. Uh, I don't know how insects deal with their offspring, to be honest with you. I think it's a cold, cruel world for insects. Uh, and I even see some microscopic water. Holy cow. Talk about the joy of observation and then not being able to communicate it to the audience. But anyway, they're going to be going to sleep anyway. So we have your typical water strider, which is about, uh, I'd say, the size of your thumbnail when you count its legs. It takes up about that space, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. And that thing is striding around. And then there was some smaller ones that were maybe the the overall uh, area of uh, my pinky nail. But then I have some, I'm watching, I got about 16 of them uh, that I'm watching. They almost look like uh, they could be digital, like, uh, what do you call those things, periods, moving on the surface of the water. So those are some other, like, near microscopic, well, I guess they're not microscopic, but very tiny. They're just striding on the surface of the water, too, or moving on it. And then we do have a very still surface of the water, uh... It's reflecting a little bit of the sky, just to give it a little bit of mood. I mean, if I look off uh, away from me, we have full reflections. So the trees that are behind me are being reflected in the water and the blue sky and the clouds mixed in with the greens. Of the, oh, boy, and dragonflies have come over. Well, I did not realize that swamp creatures or near, you know, bend in the river creatures were so... You know, they're, uh, what do you call it, attention hogs. So I got about uh, 35 dragonflies. I don't know if it's mating season. Oh, and, and it looks like the, the also the water striders a little bit on the distance are chasing each other. But, yeah, a lot of dragonflies. Now, these ones are a little bit different, um, and I don't know how to say this without disappointing them. But these are the, uh, is there a lesser dragonfly? Okay, no dragonflies. Can, can Don't cry. But these ones are a little bit of a rusty color, and their bo- their bodies are a little bit smaller. Like they're very thin. Now, now you, you get those blue, big blue dragonflies. I mean, uh, and I don't want to be hurtful, but those are very impressive. Like these dragonflies are, uh, they're just lessy. It's just harder to view you. I'm not. There's one just sitting on a. a Lily pad listening to this, but I don't know how else to talk about you other than be honest. Maybe I should just move on to talking about the muck. Uh, but yeah, so so there's a, there's the dragonflies and they're chasing each other. Beautiful, oh so beautiful. He's still it's this dragonfly still sitting here. The podcast to put dragonflies to sleep. We do it with a dragonfly description. Still sitting here, looking at me. In all its until I appreciate it. I guess you're a stubborn dragon, the stubborn dragonfly, Gingerbread Press, twenty thirty five, the story of the dragonfly that refused to go anywhere. Oh, it just raised its wings in uh, in agreement. But it's sitting here. It does have nice wings. Uh, trying, I'm honestly placated. The, the man who placated dragonflies, uh, Gingerbread Press, twenty twenty nine. Maybe I guess I'd have to placate the man who placated the uh, the dragonfly cycle. Uh, what was the third one going to be called? Uh, 
I don't know how to placate a dragonfly. That was a movie that didn't work out for me. Uh, figured I'd get in on that How You Train Your Dragon uh, mojo, but, it, you know, how to placate your dragonfly. Just keep talking, and uh, they don't they don't understand English, it turns out, so you just got to use the same tones you would use to compliment a blue dragonfly, an iridescent one. But I'm sure you're doing the best you can out here. I'm glad you came by. Otherwise, what would I talk about? All this uh, green stuff in the water here. So that's a little bit about what I'm seeing. And I guess, yeah, let's move Let's move on to talking about the water itself or the uh, plants. Okay, before we could talk about the water thing, you got to get say hit this one issue that uh, I guess because it's 30 minutes in the podcast, I could share with you. The last time I d- did this uh, and I was recording, now I was recording, it was more of an experimental recording. So I was recording while it wasn't, it couldn't be used for a sleep podcast because I was using it while I was rowing and with a lavalier. So there's a lot of wind. But then at some point, uh, like na- nature called. And now there's, I don't know what I'm going to do in this situation. I probably could crawl up on this tree, but I, like I say, really can't afford to sync uh, the recording equipment because I have my good headphones and my good recorder here. The mic, I guess I could afford to lose because I always bring a second mic when I travel and then uh, I loaned a mic to one of my brothers that I could get, but... um. So I don't know, like I'm not at that point now, but I'm at the point where I'm thinking about it. I brought two uh, sparkling waters and one Dr. Pepper, uh, cherry Dr. Pepper, and I'm saving that for if I need it. I don't think there's going to be a lull in this episode because of, uh, probably because of those beautiful dragonflies, right? Uh, my rights, people? Uh, but uh, the last time what I tried to do is I, I found one of these reed islands and I rode into it thinking I could uh, beach the, uh, well, first I tried to do it out in the river and it was like, okay, Scoots, you're going to, you, you can't, uh, you can't do that because the river is like a weird, uh, it's not exactly deep enough. Where you would go to pee wouldn't be deep enough. Uh, you wouldn't want to flip it. Even without recording equipment, it'd be terribly inconvenient. Uh, so I don't know what I'll do. I won't do that on mic, obviously, because I'll seal everything. So, but that's on my mind. Like, you know, that's it's part of reality. So let's talk about the water here. Holy moly. And I don't know if it's the luck of the Irish. And I know there's a lot of invasive issues that I'm not like really uh, polished up on. So we'll just get down to my observations because uh, we got a lot of, uh, I mean, I don't, like, I don't know if, if you're a biome, holy moly, uh, yeah, pleased to meet you. So right just around my parked uh, kayak, yeah, we have, uh, well, we have dead leaves from um, uh, maybe even dead uh, or dried. Yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to call you dead. Uh can you hear those birds? They're really they're saying, "Hey, we get it. Can you get us on mic?" And I'm saying, "I'm I'm doing that. I'm doing that." But so we have uh, so so some dried leaves. Then we have when I said luck of the Irish, it's because these really small lily pads are le- water-based leaves. Uh, 
and they're they're very small, and they do look like a clover-shaped. Uh, and when you say very, very small scoots, what would you uh, compare it to for size? And I'd say, great, well, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, 25% of my pinky, I'd say. Maybe the biggest ones would be smaller than my toe toenail, my pinky toenail. So 50% of a pinky toenail uh, is each leaf of these uh, water clovers. And they're like a yellowish green. Um, some of them are a little bit light green. Some of them are a yellowish green. Some of them have some rust cre- creeping in. I don't know if that's from age. No offense. I'm just, Or experience. Yes, wisdom and experience. Uh, and some more intense yellowing. And that is right where I'm parked at the predominant um, plant life. Uh, there's a lot of it around me. So if it did decide that it, it didn't appreciate the way I was talking about those dragonflies earlier, and that's why I'm measuring my tones about all plant life, uh, I could be in for it. But uh, I don't know if that's because of the shade or the way the sunlight hits, because most of the sunlight getting into this area I mean, maybe during the mornings, but for most of the day, I think it's probably pretty filtered by the trees behind me. So that's the majority, but not by by all means the whole story. Because then we have uh, what I would call mini lily pads or something. And those are lily pads like about the size of my thumbnail and bigger. And those are in, those are mixed in with the clovers or on the borders of the clovers. They're in patches. It looks like little groups of uh, six, four, twelve uh, growing together. Some you know outside of these like clover lilies, and uh, some within. And they are also like that, uh, like a heart shape without the butt, like. Uh, so kind of like a frog profile, if you, uh, you know, with like, you know, some people draw a frog's head, like a heart without a pointy bottom, like kind of like a flat bottomed heart, you know, like, uh, like, uh, so those are around. Then we have, uh, what we could only call, I mean, what I can only call muck, uh, and I don't know if it's algae or uh, what it is, that's below the surface of the water, but just below it, like right up, and some of it is breaking the surface. And this is where we really get into the impressive territories about uh, this uh, sweet, sweet Mother Nature. I mean, this stuff is like uh, mucky. It's muck, but it's full of uh, bubbles. Uh, and I don't know if that's CO2 or O2 or O, whatever, O, you know, O, o. C2O, you know, uh, what is that, carbon dioxide or oxygen or something else? I mean, for it could be methane, but uh, it's a dark, uh, a rich, rich green color, a deep, uh, I don't even know what green to call it, uh, like a brownish, but brown isn't the right color. I mean, if I could, t- I'll tell you the color of the water because of the bottom, is a bone broth. I mean, the color of the water straight up is the color you would expect of, uh, you know, the same color when you have uh, uh, beef ramen. I mean, that's what the color of this river is, beef ramen, uh, beef, beef beef broth. Uh, and I love it because it's, it may, it, and I'm not kidding, this is like one of those things where they talk about how, you know, your brainstem level stuff, uh, 
there is something comforting about being in a, a river of broth. Uh, I mean, Willy Wonka was on to something. And I'm sure if he had an adult facility, he like uh, that, you know, he didn't just special. He had to say, you know, maybe uh, Billy Wonka was somewhere else in the world doing a save a factory of savory stuff. He probably had brought broth river. You're right. It doesn't, I mean, it, like, I don't know why, why I was assuming all the Wonkas would be males. That's foolhardy of me. But whatever, whichever Wonka is, is running the savory factory, how come I, uh, how come I can't get a contract to do that? Uh, I guess because who would care? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, like, uh, let's, let's see. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing John August's version of that. Uh, I mean, I love John. I love his imagination. I love his writing. You know, get Tim and John back on that and uh, do, uh, I don't know. I don't think Sally Wonka's not quite doing it for me. Wilmina Wonka. I don't know. But like uh, the savory, the savory version. I don't know where you'd set that. Uh, But I mean, Yorkshire, I think, because they have that Yorkshire pudding and that's the savory pudding, right? But what I'm telling you is that I'm on a river, brothy river. And I mean, the, the, like, uh, there's nothing better than Brothy River. It's not actual broth, but it's a broth-like river. So I guess that's a simile. Or it could be, it, it's not metaphorical, I, I don't think. Uh, it's a direct describe. What, what is it? But the river's brothy. I don't think I've tasted the river just because, see, that, you know, that doesn't seem like the greatest idea. Not that it looks, uh, but, you know, just, okay, we're getting some good insect noises here. And these are the late afternoon insects. I don't know if you can hear that. But those long trills, like our friend Trill, uh, light and loose. Uh, so, okay, back to the river. You're right, water striders. They're coming up right to the side of my boat. You know who loves me? Babies and water striders. Uh, dragonflies, not so much. Uh, but so this muck is full of bubbles, uh, pr- probably because of some natural process, I can only assume. And I don't know for the life of me if it's algae or just a regular plant life. Uh, what is that called? I don't know if it's photosynthesis or, or what. Uh, I mean, photogenic, yes. All of you are photogenic, uh, without a doubt. But that's what you'd call muck. Because uh, when it comes up, when you're muck battling, you know, move down from muck raking. It's not doing us any, well, no, uh, tr- truth raking is doing good. But when you when you have that, like, uh, so that's one thing. I don't, I don't know. So that's another uh, thing. Then then I can see through the water, even though it's broth-like. I can't quite see the bottom because right on the sides of my boat are so much uh, clover lily or whatever, baby little baby clover lily, that I can't see through it. But if I look off a few feet, there's an empty patch. And I don't know if this is the invasive plant everybody's talking about, but it's like a, a fern-like, uh, pine-like uh, water plant. And they did talk about something that's gotten out of people's aquariums and is, is messing stuff up. So I don't know if it's this one, but it kind of looks like an underwater fern, pine fern. I mean, that's what I'd call it. Uh, underwater pine fern is exactly what it looks like. So it's... Uh, I don't, yeah, I think I just, I want to over describe it for some reason. But if you took a pine tree, crossed it with ferns, uh, and then stuck it up, miniaturized it and stuck it under the water, that's what it looks like. I mean, I guess it doesn't have a giant main trunk. Uh, 
it has more of like a thin reedy trunk. Uh, but yeah, like uh, underwater pine fern. I mean, t- t- is that nomenclature? Am I am I redefining? Am I ruining nomenclature? So that's uh, that's uh, what we have under the water here. And actually, we're getting into a situation here where the sun is falling uh, more and more as I've been out here for a while now. And we had that nice buzzing insect. Uh, we've been low on the insect sounds this year and a lot higher on the frog sounds, which I guess kind of makes sense. You know, one's flourishing and the frogs are, and then I don't know if that's, you know, psycho life. Uh, water striders are still, they're still big fans of mine. They're coming to see what I'm talking about. You know, let's give them something to talk about. Water striders, you know, that's what I'm saying. And there's still no signs of the great blue heron. I will talk one more personal story, and then maybe we'll uh, I'll pause it and paddle out a little. But so on this river, uh, back when I was a child and uh, a foolhardy one at that, so I, my, so I had my cousin John, my cousin Betsy, my brother Carl, my sister Sheila, my brother Ted. We were all in the general age range, and we would have something we called boat wars. Because John and Betsy's father had the flat-bottom Old Town canoe. And then my family, we had a rowboat, uh, like an aluminum rowboat. And what we we would do is uh, go out in the river. And I don't know how we divvied it up quite. And I don't think any adults, I don't know how we got this by the adults. This I don't think it like a... I would not be able to handle any kids doing this uh, that I was in charge of. Uh, so if any kids are listening, don't do boat wars. Uh, but so we would take the canoe out, and some of us would take the uh, rowboat out, and we would attempt to soak each other. So I think some of the kids would ha- in the rowboat would have, like, uh, small buckets or old milk bottles, and then one, two, one person would be on each oar, and we would attempt to splash everybody in the canoe. And then the canoe, which was more maneuverable than a rowboat, would do, attempt to do the same thing uh, with dirt paddles. And you just attempt to soak everybody. And sooner or later, somebody would end up in the river. And, you know, we I think we I think we did have, maybe we didn't, maybe the littler kids had, uh, what are those things called? Safety, safety guards, uh, life preservers, uh, but we just pull the person out uh, and back into the boat. Uh, so those were boat wars, fun times. Uh, it, you know, brothy. To me, that's another reason why my brain stem loves this brothy river. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take a break and uh, I'm gonna paddle a canoe. I'm, I'm not gonna have the be able to hold on to the mic, but uh, I don't even know what it'll sound like. So you know, I'll be I'll be right back. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm back here, and I just paddled about uh, 15 feet away. I was going to attempt to do an entire 180, so I'd be facing the trees. But I think with the uh, the amount of uh, with the rudder on this thing, I don't I can't fully turn around because uh, because all the muck we're in. But so I'm out in the deep, some deeper lily pads. I thought I'd do a little deeper lily pad. Uh, Thing. I don't know if you, there's a nice frog sound. I'd like to see a turtle, but I don't see any. I'm looking at all the branches. There's a lot of trees down. 
And the one thing I did want to stop for that's uh, tough, I guess, when you when you do a sleep podcast, it's tough to get everything into words. Is that uh, so? I'm here. The riverbank is now thirty feet, thirty yards away, probably, and it's thick with trees, and the sun is like filtering through all the trees, and this is where visual, uh, emotional, memory. Like the physical feeling, it's like 80 degrees, uh, there's very little breeze. It all ties together uh, like in a momentary experience. I don't know if it's describable, uh, the way the summer sun comes through the leaves of like 12 trees, the way it hits the water, and the feelings it stirs up, probably even somatic feelings of like... uh, Supper time's not that far off. Uh, the physical, uh, you know, the day, the day is good. The rhythm of the day has gone on. So your body's saying, wow, what a, what a day today. The, the, there's just a barely a tiny breeze every once in a while. And that, you know, there was one thing like when the sun is coming through and then there's just a bare breeze, uh, the sunlight does become much more tactile because uh, it actually has like a slight strobe effect as the sun's slowly moving down and my angle the sun is changing and the position of all those leaves are changing. You know, the sunlight's rippling too, not just the water. You know, it's like the water gets all the ripples, but uh, right now there's rippling sunlight hitting me. And it's nice, man. Holy cow, am I lucky. And I'm one of those people that really, like, you might hear this podcast, you might think, uh, you know, holy cow, I don't know if I got a turtle or a duck coming. I'm watching some or some sort of swimming bird. I'm sorry to change the subject, but uh, there's a, it might be a family or um, some sort of segmented thing. It's too far off for me to see. But there's something moving in the water. It's moving slowly. I think it's got to be a turtle. Uh, or what in the heck is that? It's too far away for me to totally see. It's, it is coming my way. But it, I think it's a be- it is a beaver. Holy cow, we are so lucky. I see a beaver with a piece of grass in its mouth. And uh, there's a tree blocking me, but it's going to come into view again. And man, am I lucky to be here with you. It's a beaver. I think it's swimming on its back, too. And it's really moving smoothly. It almost looks like a moving uh, cattail. And it's really got speed, too. It's heading right towards a tree. It, uh... I don't know where it's going. It might be turning towards my voice. I think uh, maybe that's a beaver dam under there. I might be seeing its den at a distance here. And it just dived under. So I think there is a beaver dam um, or beaver dam or beaver den not that far off. What a, Right when I was saying how much I love you, Mother Nature, you took me to another level. And what I was going to say about you is that sometimes I forget how lucky I am to experience you most of the time, to be honest. Uh, 
And this podcast really gives me the opportunity to get out here and spend more time than I normally would. You know, like this would get like, I mean, even though this podcast is supposed to bore you to sleep, uh, it's a lot less boring for me in these situations. But it is like it would be too boring for me to just sit here for two hours. But because I'm working and working on the show, it kind of gives me permission. And now I guess I have a moral, ethical consideration. Should I go closer to where I last saw the beaver? Or should I wait and kind of see, wait the beaver out? I mean, I can I can sense there's two possibilities of where the beaver may live. Uh, yeah, I should probably leave the beaver alone. Leave it to be, leave the beaver. Don't leave it to beaver. Leave the beaver. So, so that is a lucky thing. And it, as we were talking, uh, and as the beaver went by, the sun now is behind the, um, uh, what do you call that? The uh, trunk of a tree. So things have really changed, uh, just since I've been talking to you. And I'm really sitting here and, you know, closer to the bank, uh, the water's clear, so like I was saying, there's really a powerful reflective effect, uh, and you got some nice bird sounds, and the water striders are breaking the glass-like uh, reflections. You know, I'll try to do is uh, pause a recording and take a picture, but even um, the trees, I'm seeing a couple red flowers, a couple yellow flowers, I've seen a bird landing where I last saw the beaver. So they may be best friends, the beaver and the bird. Was did the beaver have a friend named the bird? Remember, there was a there was a kid named the beaver. Leave it to Beaver. Now I don't really remember. Uh, to, like that was before my time, but the repeats were on a lot. But there was Wally, and he had a jerky friend. And then I think there was. Uh, I don't know if this was the same same show. But the guy that would play Gilligan, he played like a beatnik on one of those shows. Uh, and uh, I don't know why that all flashed in my mind at one time, but, uh, you know, that's how my brain works. See, I'm just sitting here and, and enjoying the moment with you. I hope you're enjoying it with me like we're in the shade. But it's warm. It feel, it, I mean, this really does feel like a safe place, a broth-like river. And I didn't get a chance to tell you about the giant, you know, the, well, I guess they're not giant, regular size, big lily pads, uh, and literally just inches away from my right, uh, shoulder is a lily, lily pad flower. And it is lovely. It's yellow and it's inside. It looks like, a. I don't know. There's a there's a, some sort of bug hanging out in there. It has like marigold like colors. I would say like with a reddish, maroonish, uh, brownish color on the inside. And then like uh, it's uh, it's private parts or whatever you want to call it. I don't I don't you know. I don't want to embarrass the plants. You know what's embarrassing about private parts? It's uh, it's like a a two-layer, uh, I don't want to say, like, uh, it's like a, uh, like a, what do you call that, a hose, um, I don't know, it looks good, though, uh, maybe I'll take that picture, too, because since I can't describe it, uh, but yeah, let me, let, let me, uh, pause the recording, and then what I'll do is I'll go a few feet, 
maybe we're far enough away from the beaver beaver facility that I don't feel like we'll be prying at this distance. There's like one uh, log sticking out where maybe we'll have a shot to see a fro- uh, frog or a, a turtle. No offense, frogs, but uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm gonna take a couple pictures. Hey, and then I'll then I'll be right back. I mean, you you you'll hear me momentarily. Okay, hey everybody, I'm back here. I'm in full brass now. I'm in a clear spot of the river. Or the the tributary, the side, like the swampy area. And, to, you know, a lot of times I don't, like, uh, say, Scoots, you were right. When you're right, you're right. But I was right. Like, I'm looking at this water right now. And with uh, this is a total beef broth, uh, total beef broth situation. And then we also have a couple bonuses. We got a couple birds uh, come by. I think, I don't think that's a, uh, there's one to my right I was coming to look at some of these. I couldn't spot the uh, beaver, so that was one thing. But I do see, like, some logs up on the uh, shore arranged, so I could take a guess that's where the beaver was. Uh, But so, what was I going to say? So, oh, a couple bonus things. So I do see some cattails, uh, and I see them in various uh, stages. So I have some that have fuzzified and drifted away. And then I have some that are full, like they do, I do prefer, kind of like a burnt corn dog. I guess it's exactly what it looks like. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, who would buy a dark brown corn dog? I mean, no, but uh, that's why they're golden brown. But uh, if it was a brownish brown, that's what it looks like, a cattail. And again, kind of a mystery of Mother Nature. It's like, what's the, uh, that, what, how come? That, that's really, like you're in this, all this green grass. And, you know, some of the grass has, you know, passed away, so it's uh, whitish, the color of like a papyrus. Then you have yellowish ones. But mostly you got these green stalks, and then you got these uh, burnt corn dogs on a stick. Uh, You say, wow, you really know what you're doing. And uh, River Bone Broth, I got the front of my kayak here caught on a, like, uh, old stump that I said, uh, if if turtles were going to be anywhere, they would be out here, and they're not, uh, so no turtles. But then I do have a superior view of a couple things. Uh, one is a water tower, and now now they live in California, and I don't know if the like I I I, I like uh, one has ninety nine percent invisible done anything about water towers. I I got to really learn. Uh, I got to really get some spare time. Uh, because I love water towers, and I'm looking at one right now. It's an unlabeled one. It's nearly whitish blue, so I don't know if it's made to, to almost disappear in the sky. I know where it is on the road because I passed it before. It's a circular-shaped uh, water tower, really high in the sky, um, almost onion-like. Uh, I guess if you painted a face on it, it'd be like a Pez dispenser. You could It could go past as Jack in the Box. So the picture the head of Jack in the box, that round styrofoam ball shape with a stick or like a most boring white lollipop you'd ever see in your life. Uh, and that's just creeping up uh, like at a distance uh, through a lot of the trees. And then we have a lot of clouds. Uh, and again, I didn't pass my cloud test, uh, but we have the ones that kind of uh, the, the mesmerizing shaped ones 
you know, running like just above the horizon, just above the trees, the really puffy ones, the rolling puffy clouds. So I want you to do like uh, spend a few more seconds with me drifting off as I look uh, above the treetops at the puffy, puffy clouds, cotton-like clouds, so soft, uh, so soothing. So gentle, I can see them reflected in the broth around me. They're like the, I guess clouds really are sky broth. Uh, though no one's really, no one's sensible's called them that, but, uh, waters and broth, uh, waters and clouds, uh, they may have you on a technicality that, that clouds are sky broth. But I'm trying to see what shapes I see. The first, and it, you know what's more, even more lovely, and I didn't mean to ode you there, but I did, is uh, as the clouds go from left to right or right to left, uh, to my left, uh, they go out uh, over the lake, and uh, while I can't see the lake, the clouds trail off and become less and less substantive and smaller and more blue, and as we head towards the right, they become puffier and puffier, and more complex in their colors, blue, gray at the base, but cotton white with gray, uh, like a highlight. I mean, that's another wondrous thing about these puffy clouds is the uh, shadows enable us to see so many things on them. And they rise and they rise. Really, I mean, you could be lying there sinking in to these clouds and one all the way to the right. It looks like either a, a mountain or like one of those triangular cartoon video game characters, either uh, a starfish person or a person made of a pillow. It's got a little bit of a nose that looks like a scoop of mashed potatoes in a fuzz, fluffy, fluffy brow, and then a nightcap, uh, and it's leaning back, sleeping on a cloud. A cloud is sleeping on a, a cloud that passed out on a cloud. And its legs are lying, its arms are at its side. And I can see why it's so restful, just staring at the blue of the sky, so hypnotic uh, as other clouds drift by. If you keep going to the right, then we have a dual layer of puffy clouds. And that's where there's the least amount of trees, so I can see clouds trailing off, trailing off uh, miles and miles away. And then the right sky to the top of the sky has like a higher altitude, more wispy cloud. You know, more vapory. That's why I don't I don't call that type of cloud the broth of the sky. That's more of the mist of the sky. But yeah, the clouds are there. And even the blues of the sky, we all know. But at times like this, we get reminded how many different blues there are in the sky. But this is still weirdly, I, I wanted to say, is it just limited to blue scoots? Come on, don't limit it. Don't put your... You know, don't put, put, put the sky in a box because that's a, you know, that's a story waiting to be written. The sky, that got put in a box, but, uh, it really is flavors of blue right now. I mean, when, if, when, and when that sun falls, it'll be, uh, 
a lot of different flavors uh, as the as the sun sets and then as the night crawls in. But right now it is blue. I mean, you could, you know, technically as you look at the apex of the sky, find some purples. Uh, and as you drift towards the clouds on the horizon and just the mist on the horizon, you could, uh, you know, just speak in grays and whites. Or you could just uh, find, uh, you know, different colors of blue to describe it. Uh, if you weren't in a river and you had a color guide uh, to go by. But, I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, every shade is a shade of magic. And uh, you can't tell me, but, I mean, it's rare that while I'm recording it, I'm treasuring the moment. Uh, but I'll be lucky to even look back on this episode and... And say, wow, there was a moment uh, that I was really there for. I mean, I guess I'll say, you know, when my therapist says, well, you you know, are you sure you're not, why can't you just, and I said, well, you know, is, is it cheating to be there with my listeners? To be in the broth? I mean, we saw a effing beaver go by. And I was going to be a little bit let down because I didn't quite, you know, with a blue heron I saw... And it was great. I mean, now I know why they call it Great Blue Heron, but that beaver was pretty sweet. I mean, the beaver had a branch in its teeth, a green branch. It was going somewhere. It was moving. Didn't see its teeth. Uh, but those are the things. And so as I leave you, I'm, I'm, my uh, craft, my watercraft is drifting away from the log. It's pointing out towards the open river where I can see the water moving. What's interesting is the light breeze is going upstream, so the river ripples are flowing in the opposite direction of the river. And on the edge of the, the part of the river that's really moving is uh, hundreds and hundreds of yellow flowers breaking through the broth on top of those big uh, green uh, what are those things? Lily pads. Uh, so I guess those are lilies, water lilies. And yeah, so I'm lucky to be here. I'm glad to, to, to be here. And, uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, thanks for so much for coming along with me. I really wouldn't have been able to, to, to be here and do this without you. Good night. Uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, welcome to the podcaster who's in a swamp with frogs and lightning bugs, uh, or whatever the correct term for like a light, light generating bugs is, and frogs, and they're already correcting me. It's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep, uh, and uh, tonight's episode is an on-location episode brought to you by uh, frogs. So that's correct. Uh, well, uh, technically not brought to you by frogs. Uh, brought to you by all our patrons that support the show over at Sleep With Me Podcast.com slash patron. Voluntary subscribers uh, that say things like recently, that say, geez, like, uh, I look at all the money I spent on all... Other insomnia cures, a listener, a patron just emailed me. I don't know if that bug was on the mic or in my ears, but if it is, uh, that's pretty cool. 
they said I look at it like all how much I spent on all other insomnia cure, cures and solutions. So that ten support and sleep with me ten dollars a month is a no brainer. People that give value out of the show, and also I try to get this message across to you is just like a one percent of the audience that's listening right now. You, they say, yeah, I really do give value out of the show. Uh, I really do get twenty, thirty, forty dollars of value. I just ask you know, think about it. like a lot of hard work goes in this podcast, and the best way to support it is to become a patron at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron. You'll speak not only like uh, with your hard-earned money, yeah, but when you support the podcast for yourself, you support your own uh, restfulness and, and good night's sleep. Uh, you're supporting it for over a thousand downloads every single month for other people. Uh, so I greatly appreciate that. And uh, so you can do that at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron. I uh, want to thank uh, everyone who uh, listens to the show, uh, works on the show. Uh, Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful Studios, Carl W., The Legend, Scotty and Jennifer Honor, Honor, Honor Artwork. I'm at Dear Scooter on Twitter. And uh, what else? Uh, oh, uh, listeners have their own Facebook group. I want to thank the moderators over there. Stacy, Lauren, Keith, uh, Julian, Jennifer, Summer, and Sarah. And if you haven't figured this out already, this is an on-location episode uh, in a swamp, uh, or on, I guess on the edge of a swamp. Actually, like I'm sitting in the, the prow of a rowboat. The rowboat itself is in the uh, swamp, but the prow or the head of it isn't. And let me start the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts feelings, emotions, frogs, uh, flying friends, lightning bugs, light bugs, uh, uh, glowing, whatever's keeping you awake, uh, whether it's uh, a couple of those things, life events, uh, things you're dealing with, whatever's keeping you up, I'd like to take your mind off that. What I'm going to do is try to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. and I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. In this case, through the deep, dark night, because I'm recording outdoors at night. And, uh, like, take your mind off. So usually these intros are a little bit longer. If you're new, uh, it's kind of tough to, like, the intros, I'm used to doing them in the studio. But here's the structure of the show. First six minutes are to support the show, your credits, uh, how we pay the bills, how we keep our giant archives free. Then we have an intro. This is like our intro. Usually the intro itself is like about uh, 12 to 15 minutes. This one will be a little bit shorter. Uh, but the whole idea of the intro is to get you comfortable. Maybe if you want to do your bedtime prep, you can do that. Uh, some listeners, uh, some frog. I didn't, I didn't know of any frogs that listen to the podcast till tonight, but uh, maybe you could put some frogs to sleep. What happens when a fr- do frogs croak when they're asleep? Uh, frogs? Uh, they do according to those two frogs. Uh, but whatever's keeping awake, it, this fact is meant to take your mind off stuff. Usually, So usually there's a long intro, then there's an episode. This is kind of a combo thing. And we'll have uh, plenty of on-location on noises from our forest, fr- our swamp friends. You're, you're right, frogs. And uh, 
I wish you could see. At some point, I'll be counting lightning bugs. Uh, so don't worry, lightning bugs. You will get your due. And, uh, you know, it's a podcast to take your mind off stuff to keep you company in the deep, dark night and to put you at ease. Uh, we just do these uh, on-location episodes occasionally. So let me just get straight into the episode portion here. Uh, I'm, at a, I'm, in, I'm in a swamp. Uh, I guess like I'm on the edge of uh, I'm on a thin piece of uh, uh, soil, I'd say, a grassy I guess it's a grassy, I don't know if this is an isthmus, I guess it's just a peninsula, a path, a, a woody, woodsy path. Uh, and I guess this path itself and the, the uh, ground I'm standing on separates a pretty large swamp from kind of like a more murky part of a river. And it was about two years ago that I recorded Bugs of Smooth Night, uh, who happened to have lights. And I guess in my mind's eye, this was one of my favorite spots to record. Uh, I remember the episode feeling magical and listening back to it and being surrounded by lightning bugs. What I don't rem- didn't remember is uh, that I would be wearing, and I think I did last time, two jeans and a hooded sweatshirt and it's hot and muggy. And, like, uh, even though I'm covered with enough deets to, uh, like, uh, de, de- uh, I'm surprised there's the leaves on these trees. That's how much deet I've sprayed on myself, and it still feels like it's not, uh, fully effective. But that could be, you know, just my mind, you know, my mind playing tricks on me. But so I'm down this path, uh, in a wooded path, or, like, a bushy path. I guess you could, could say either one. And I've come down here. Now, there's very interesting... Now, again, I'm not a... Um, whatever a bug... Like a bug expert's called. I want to call them bugologists, but I don't want to... I know they have, like they have a name, and I really don't know who specializes in frogs. Amphibious... Uh, oh, did you say Bill? Okay, so I guess someone named Bill uh, specializes in frogs. Or at least did these frogs. Now, two years ago... It was a month, like it was August, and this is July that I'm recording this. And I can remember there was a lot less frog noise and a lot more bug noise. And so that I find very interesting. And I don't remember getting as harassed by our flying friends as I was uh, last time. So we'll see, you know, maybe this will be a half episode, I don't know, uh... Like, I get, my vision is even, I say, what does it say, a flock of mosquitoes? But I'm down this path, and it's about, I'd say it's about 11 p.m. We've got a full moon. It's behind some lovely pine trees. Uh, so the sky is light. There are stars in the sky. Uh, I've got a lot of trees around me as well. And then, uh, like, uh, up until the point I started recording, there was about 10,000 lightning bugs. Like, it literally looked like lanterns. And this was last, the last time I recorded, I was speaking exclusively of lightning bugs. I didn't think we had quite as much frog action. Yeah, I, mi- I miss you. I miss you, too. I do, I do miss you. I don't know if any of these frogs know, DJ, have heard of the music of uh, Trill and DJ Echo Bass and uh, Slurp. Uh, those were my mu- musical uh, forest friends in Florida, but now I'm here in New York State, and uh, yeah, there's a like there's a good amount of uh, lightning bugs, 
and uh, there's probably some winged creatures flying right in front of the mic every once in a while, which is, uh, I don't know how conducive to sleep that'll be. I may have to cut those out, uh, but it really a lot of lightning bugs, and they're blinking and they're floating. But last time I had found them, they were even on the ground, and I didn't know if they were attempting to mate and I was big into odes back then, so I think I wrote an ode. Uh, Bugs of smooth light who happen to have night. I called in the, uh, you know, the spirits of the great bards, and when they didn't arrive, I just did my best on my own. But yeah, we're down here. We're at the end of this path. Uh, I, like there is an eighty percent chance when I return on this path, it, it was flooded in one area. And I had to climb against a bush uh, to get around. Uh, Hopefully I won't fall right into the swamp uh, because that wouldn't be good for the equipment. For me, it would be, you know, par for the course. But, yeah, let me tell you about this uh, night. You can hear my frog friends uh, chanting in here. And that's a nice, nice sound. Very, I I guess, uh, I've been learning, like I talked about with DJ Echo Bass and Trill, the difference between encouragement and praise, and I've been testing that out on, like, because I'm not really good with interpersonal stuff, but uh, interspecies communication is uh, something I'm, I'm very interested in. And interspecies, incur- you know, talk about, uh, like, uh, what do they call, like, an ambassador for a human, like, uh, insect, amphibian, and uh, lightning bug relations, and also... You know, any creatures at night that make noise, the good kinds of noise, not the annoying kinds, uh, I could be the ambassador for that. I guess like an unofficial ambassador because I don't think that pays uh, anything. And uh, But, like, uh, I've been trying so in, in, in light of my imaginary ambassadorship uh, to nighttime friends, I've been working on encouraging our nighttime friends instead of praising them. And praise would be, uh, wow. Light, 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 you light me up when you light that light lightning bug. Man, I feel great when you light up those lights, lightning bug. I think that's praise. I, I mean, that's like a false praise. I mean, not a, that I don't like it's just I'm trying to make something up uh, instead of. Jeez, uh, like, well, I guess I don't know if this, I don't think this is either encouragement or praise. Can, can you do praise and encouragement by ignorance? Like, wow. I really appreciate that you can light up, even though I didn't pay attention in science class, so I have no idea how you do it. Uh, Also, wow, you're flying around lighting up, and I don't even understand uh, if you're an insect. I think you are. I think I remember, you you know, we'd try to catch you and put you in a jar, and, you know, then we'd miss when we were trying to catch you, and some of your friends would go to the big farm to light things up there. It doesn't really seem like encouragement or praise either. Uh, but I guess like maybe I'm more of the appreciation camp tonight because uh, I see them blinking, and then I finally hear froggy friends. Uh, and there's like that that one we hear that's kind of like a. Did you would you mind if I called you like said you were like at a viola like tone? No, I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about somebody else. You're more of a twang. Like, you're more of like a banjo-like twang, is what I was thinking when I heard you. Like like a twi- twang in a banjo. How, how do you feel about me saying that about you? Great, great, because uh, finally someone I can, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, 
Did you say no or yes? I, I guess I wasn't sure about that. Well, I'm here live at the swamp uh, with Twang, the uh, lead. Oh, in, in tw- okay. Oh, there's like four, tw- four. Twang, you're Twang. Okay, who else do I have here? I'd like to introduce everybody. Oh boy, that was too many people to introduce. Okay, yeah. Uh, Hiccup, okay, Hiccup, great to meet you. And so we have Twang and we have Hiccup. Who else do we have present here tonight? It's Twang. Twang, I, I got you. You're a bit like, uh, do you do you know Trill? And uh, I think Slurp was like that, like kind of a joke. Oh, sorry, I was talking over some other. Okay, so let me try this again. What other wonderful friends do we have? How do you all make those wonderful? Okay, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch your name. Twang, yeah, no, I know you're here, Twang. I was wondering if there was anyone else here who I could name in between talking on cue. Who gets cues? You know, which other frogs know their cues? No, wow, cue. How about I call you cue? That's like, uh, no, you're Twang, Barry. Okay, and there's Viola. Viola. Well, Viola, that's your name. Uh, because you you know you need to participate to get credit here. Yes, Twang, you're getting you're going to get an A if we're grading this. Ooh, Sue, with a long yeah a long Sue. I like that Sue. Sue, I, great to meet you, Sue. You're you're not that far from Viola. And I was just trying to figure out. Uh, don't everyone answer at once. Wait till I actually uh, actually ask the question. But I was sitting here trying to. No, no, okay, well. Uh, it's a bit like pre-K. Uh, I was just trying to sit here and think about one. Yeah, how about how about what do you? Here's a proposal. I'll run it by you. Well, I got to say the proposal. Twang, twang. You already like my idea, great. Because I was saying, can't, I'm not sure what your diet is. But what would you frogs think about? And again, I'm not sure if you're frogs, uh, but I'm just going to go with that. Uh, what would you think about not ever eating lightning bugs? Because I'm not sure if you do, but eating lots more mosquitoes. Uh, how would you feel about it? Like, uh, could you increase your mosquito consumption tenfold, like, right this moment? Okay, you're thinking, oh, are you having a quorum? Okay, go ahead. You have a quorum. I mean, I'd love to chime in. And, uh, like, okay, Frogs, how about this? How about we share some ideas, some brainstorming here? Anybody that has an idea? Okay, I can see you're excited, Twang. Is uh, ideas for naming, I see, do, do lightning bugs travel in pairs? Because tonight it looks like they are. Uh, and I can't sing on this podcast, but, like, seeing lightning bugs travel in pairs kind of makes me want. Oh, thanks, Viola. You sing to those lightning bug pairs. Oh, Viola, that was lovely. And it's so good to be here tonight. Actually, I'm looking up in the sky now, and uh, I think I had a couple questions for the frogs that I forgot. Uh, Oh, how about naming lightning bugs? Sushi. Like sushi and the the banshees, right? Is that what you said, Twang? Sushi. Okay, I guess that was... Oh, sushi. Like sushi. Okay, oh, we could use it twice. Sushi and sushi. Great. Okay, we got two names down. 
I was going to say, frogs, I'm looking up in the sky and I'm seeing something, a star that's kind of reddish. I'm not sure if it's a red uh, uh, sushi. I know I, I did hear you, Twang, when you said that the first uh, two times. But I'm looking up in the sky. I'm seeing a reddish-type uh, planet. Uh, really looks cool. Um, yeah, cool. Oh, wow. Are we having an exchange of dialects here? Cool. Can you say that after me? Cool. It means, okay, sushi and cool are two different things. I was saying cool. I kind of feel like I'm uh, that kid trying to teach the T2 or whatever, uh, Eddie Furlong. You, how do you frogs feel about Eddie Snowden? Do you think Eddie Snowden and I have the same hair? Mm, cricket. There's not even crickets. Uh, that's, uh, it have, that have, does happen to me a lot. Thanks, uh, Sue. Twang, what did you say? You were just laughing. Do you do you know Eddie Snowden? How about this? Do you talk to frogs in Canada? How, how, do, like, do you do you observe national boundaries or just local boundaries, or you just live your frog? Oh, you just said twang. Hmm. Did you say sushi again? Here's another question for the frogs, since the lightning bugs really don't talk. Is uh, what's the what's the height limit on lightning bugs? The top of the trees? Because uh, like to tell you what, they make my sore. Uh, my heart soar higher and higher, and you're really a lot of you are drifting by. Are you going somewhere? You think, hey frogs, you think the lightning bugs are going somewhere? Did you say, Viola? Did you just say, hmm? I like that. Hmm. So wise, wisest of the croakers here. Uh, live. I'm live on location, just in case anybody's just tuned in. I'm in a swamp. Uh. I'm covered in DT, ineffective tonight. I'm covered in clothing and DT, and uh, can't tell if it's my thoughts, but I'm pretty sure I'll be uh, covered in calamine soon. Sweet pink hues on my bed sheets. Uh, so I'm here, I'm in the swamp, I'm here with a bunch of frogs, uh, some named, some un- unnamed uh, lightning bugs. We're uh, all patiently awaiting the arrival of the moon. My butt has fallen asleep. I'm sitting on the front of a rowboat, uh, deep down a forest-like uh, path, uh, on the edge of a forest, a small forest, uh, maybe not even. I think it's called a forest, or it's a state park. And, um, rec- you know, I'm recording... Uh, yeah, I usually like to come out here. I like to look at the stars. In the past, I've listened to bugs, and I remember two years ago, these lovely frogs weren't here to comment on things. Uh, it was more listening to bug noises. And this year, more bu- like uh, you'd think uh, more frogs, less bugs. I guess that makes sense, except for the skeeters. Uh, but the frogs are having a quorum. Any any results on that vote, uh, frogs? Uh, you know, we're here. We could be collecting live re- results on the frog quorum uh, to begin consuming mass amounts of mosquitoes, which would be good for everybody, I think. And I wasn't totally listening, so I didn't hear what the, I think a frog said something, but I wasn't paying attention. You're still thinking about it. Okay. You know, what could I say to convince you? Viola, were you saying be patient? Well, I, you know, I, I try, but I... Uh, I think if I, like, I'm trying to be patient to, to get another uh, 30 or so minutes of recording in here, Viola. Now, Viola, what, 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 why don't you tell us about it? Where, where are you from originally? She's from Memphis. Uh, wow. Thanks to everybody who uh, 
uh, keeps us apprised of Viola. Now, Viola, if you were a color, what color would you be? Milk. The color of mi- is that is that a color or? I guess I can, I can accept that as an answer, a very artistic answer. Maybe deep, maybe not. I, I did hear you twang. Or twi- what did I call you, twang? When you said that earlier. Sorry, I forgot your name. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a boring podcaster. I can't, you know, and no, and I'm just kidding. This is just a, just a joke. Uh, not funny. I know. I know I'm not funny. You know, I wouldn't be here getting, uh, you know, meeting my friends, uh, if, if I didn't care, I really would love to uh, uh, learn how to give you more encouragement and praise. But, you know, the best way for us to do that would be if you could get rid of all these mosquitoes. Because, uh, oh boy, yeah, I'm going to be in for it. Uh, oh, thanks, Viola. Hmm. Viola said, uh, I, I actually didn't even ask you a question, Viola. Well, yeah, so I'm here, and I, I guess uh, the frogs really aren't... Uh, I don't know if my praise engine's not working or if my you know, my frog relation meter's off. Uh, they just seem to uh, chime in when they feel like it. And uh, Actually, it's weird. The lightning bugs have uh, they've moved. You're right, Twank. Thank you. You're right on cue. You took my cue and you ran with it. What? Uh, How did you know uh, right when to chime in? Thank you. Was that you, Sue? Thank you. That was a great description of uh, how Twang knew when to join right in. Wow, you frogs learn fast. Okay, let me change that because that sounded a little bit like praise. Uh, How have you frogs just been observing me, and is that the process by which you've been learning so quickly? Because that's really impressed. I'd love to know more about how you learn so quickly. A lightning bug's pretty close to me. I don't know if any lightning bugs have landed on me. Uh, that would be pretty cool, like, to, uh, if you had some sort of lightning bug pheromone and you could get them landing on you and then walking around. Uh, children's parties, I do it all. I talk to frogs, I wear lightning, I have a lightning bug suit. Uh, you, you, the frog, the, so I could do frog birthday parties, you're saying. What other things do are at frog birthday parties other than uh, imaginary humans in lightning bug suits? Casseroles? I think, did you say casseroles? Like a grub casserole? That's what I'm picturing. That's what I would bring. Good? It sounds good? Thanks, Sue. You'd love to have me, Viola? Well, thanks. Down in Memphis or somewhere more local? Viola, by the way, how did you get from Memphis to... Uh, uh, whatever county we're in, Jefferson County or uh, Swigo County, uh, Viola, what brought you from Memphis uh, all the way here? Stuffed it. Thanks, Twang. Stuff. That's what that's what drives us all. I guess I didn't know that we, uh, we had so many things in common, humans and frogs. Uh, but we ha- that's weird. We have stuff in common, and we know that means more than what it just means. Right, Twang? Milk. No, no, that was an earlier answer. You're right. I haven't met you. You're t- t- behind me. Milk. No. Is that what you said? Did you say milk? Serp. Uh, like syrup? Because uh, you're you're throwing me off, frogs. Uh, I don't know. How, is can you do use praise in the negative or encouragement in the negative? I don't know what you're doing, but you're really confusing me. How are you confusing me so much? 
with stuff. Stuff's confusing you. It confuses me. It clutters our lives, and uh, it also sets us free. I just needed to rhyme there. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, stuff, yeah. No, no, I heard you when you said stuff. Uh, I guess we're, we're, we're in a little bit of a, like a logic loop here with the frogs. Uh, it, tell me more about, the, like, what is it like to be here? What's it like to bring it through your skin? How's that feel? That's not either encouragement or praise. That's just curiosity. Feels great. Anyone else have a comment about that? Really feels well, I think Viola said. And then Twang said, sweet. Uh, so those are different ways it feels to breathe through your skin. No, again, I, I, I have never paid attention. Uh, uh, do you breathe through your skin all the time? All the time? Is that what you said? I really think that five years from now... Uh, uh, Suni Oswego, there'll probably be a study coming out. Uh, sentient frogs communicate. Uh, this is where it all started, folks. Don't forget that. Uh, and frogs, when you do that, please subscribe to Sleep With Me podcast, a podcast that puts you to sleep. Sleep with me. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, again, I didn't catch your name. Uh, that's Gene. Oh, Gene. I love that name. Oh boy, I just heard a splash. I don't know if anybody's jumping in the water. Maybe maybe Gene was jumping for joy. Gene was jump Gene jumps for joy. Uh did you know Joy if you frogs ever heard about Joy Joy Germ Joy Germ Joan? Uh Joy Germ Joan. Could I tell you a little bit about Joy Germ Joan? I may. Well I don't really know much, uh I believe, let me piece it together, this is a story from my childhood. Uh, Joy Jern Joan was a friend of my father's. Uh, are you? Am I putting you to sleep? Is that what you just said, Viola? Yeah, maybe. Well, Joy Jern Joan, uh, don't everybody talk at once. I'll know you're ready when, when you're not making frog noises for my story. Uh, but uh, Joy Jern Joan, I believe she was a friend of my father's. And she... Uh, she had a non-profit, I believe, or some sort of, it may, may have been a for-profit business. I don't think it was called, it was called, uh, I think it was called the Joy Germ Society. And I, th- I think I've talked about it before, but never with frogs and lightning bugs. Lightning bugs gather around me and, uh, you know, give me some of your pheromones, because uh, I'd like to work at frog birthday parties when I bring the grub casserole. Joy Germ, you're right. Thanks, Twang. Joy Germ. Yeah, so Joy Germ Joan worked with my father, uh, and, or knew him, and she had a nonprofit I think called the Joy Germ Foundation. I would have to Google all of this. Uh, some of you know, my whole life I wonder if I was in a fugue state, and it was I think a precursor to the um, the you know uh, what's that thing called when you hug people? Free hugs movement. Joy Germ Joan. I don't know if there was any hugging. But I think she was all about, you know, she would go on uh, local uh, television affiliate shows and talk about joy and spreading joy around and getting the joy germ and the infectious infectious nature of joy. And, uh, I mean, I love my father, but, like, and myself, I think, as his son, I cannot think of two people uh, further removed from the term joy. Though now I do work trying to understand joy and... uh, Bring joy to frog birthday parties with my suit of uh, lightning bugs or light up bugs, whatever. Fro- what do you call them, frogs? But so at some point, this is when I was in grammar school. I became aware my father 
He and Joy Germ Joan were, were in cahoots of some sort, so I don't know if my father was working with her or volunteering for her. But one day, we were in a parade on a Joy Germ float. Uh, who would have known Little Scoots, uh, uh, the man who would, ne- like, who would, I, sw- I, I, don't, I never remember swearing off Joy, uh, but I certainly did. And uh, But at some point, I was on a Joy Germ float. And I think we were dressed as joy germs, uh, which I don't exactly, I think it involved a sandwich board and markers and maybe face paint. And I don't remember what parade it was because Syracuse, New York, uh, where I grew up, it had a uh, a St. Patrick's Day parade. But I get get to, maybe this was just a joy germ parade because I get a feeling it wasn't a St. Patrick's Day parade. You're not sure either, Viola. In Memphis, you have Joy Germs. So, oh, geez. So, maybe this was a movement Joy Germ Joan was a, a part of. I think I had a card of hers that said, you know, jo- Joy Joan, Joy Germ Joan. That's what she went by. And I, I guess that's one thing to think about if you're, you're, you're listening to me now and you're, uh, you're kind of like listening to the frogs and thinking about the lightning bugs and then thinking about local television affiliates and the, the kind of, uh, you know, the quirky people that go on, used to go on those. I guess this was before the days of uh, cable television. I don't know why that would change it, but uh, it did seem like they had a lot more quirky local segments, and they would always have wacky people in there. You know, like the uh, gadget guy and the fruit, fruit lady. Usually, like, someone that wore a lot of hats and, you know, Joy Germ Joan. They probably, once a year, they probably had Joy Germ Joan on, and... Uh, Joy Germ Jones there to talk about the big Joy Germ parade. And then they, you know, maybe this was likely before the Internet because they said, what was that kid frowning on the Joy Germ float, Joan? Who, who was that boy with the, he, he had a pre-furrowed brow. We've never seen that before. And we just watched that over and over again. He was, was he pouting up there? And Joan would say, well, he just needs a little more joy. We just, we just got to spread the joy around. Praise and encouragement, uh, Maybe get him a lightning bug outfit. Uh, it, one day he'll be working at Frog Birthday Parties, you know, 40, 30, 40 years from now. He'll be bringing joy to frogs everywhere. Uh, what do you think about that, frogs? What do you think about that story? Could have been tighter. I know, but in my memory, it's like a Swiss cheese. Uh, yeah, Swiss cheese. No, it is. Uh, my, like I, I had uh, the days of uh, chemical joy, chemical searches for joy. Uh, that's what I want to keep you frogs from. I want to keep you lightning bugs from those days uh, by being able to uh, dress up in a lightning bug suit, make a vegan uh, grub cocktail, or no, you know, no grubs allowed. Uh, you don't like that? You, you don't, you want pure, we, we, we'll, well, let's get this, I think you'll all be full from the mosquitoes. Mosquitoes seem to be the only ones that know I'm not joking uh, about them, but, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have their day tomorrow when they're laughing at me with their full bellies and I'm uh, uh, crying, you know, like, uh, but anyway, like, it's great to be here, great to be here with all my podcast listeners, my sleep with me friends, we're here. With a bunch of frogs and, uh, oh boy, the lightning bugs are all gone. I'm not sure if it's like I'm going to give it a few seconds. Oh, no, okay, there's a couple in the distance. Maybe the lightning bugs are settling down to go to sleep. I don't know. what Frogs, what time are your bedtimes? 
12. Uh, okay, we got 112. That was from Sue. Who? I'm sorry, I missed that. Who, who else has a bedtime out there? 12. 11. It's past 11. Tw- twang. 12.15 or 12.30? 12.30? All of you. Oh, I think we have a quorum result on that. 12.30 is when frogs go to bed. Oh, no, you're saying you're nocturnal? Oh, boy. You sure about that? Because I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that that's a fact. Huh. You sound, you sound a little bit under the weather, uh, my uh, dear Viola. Yeah, I'm out here. The moon, I'm looking over at the moon now. It's just poking through the trees. It must be, uh, like, uh, not going to the apex of the sky. Yeah, the moon. That's what I was talking about. You're right, everybody. The moon. The moon. The moon. Right. You're right, Twang. The moon. You could just call it moon. That's fine. Uh, moon. Good night, moon. Uh, hello, moon. It's a full moon tonight. Or pretty, pretty close. Uh, yeah, full moon. Moon. Okay. So these fro- these frogs are learning words here. Moon. Full moon. Some of you are saying, "Did you just learn that full moon from when I just said it? How did you manage to pull that off?" Full moon. You're right. You good. Great job. Good. Very good job. Now I'm I'm out here with all these frogs and. Uh, you know, trying to communicate with them, and I thought of something we could do together, and then I just forgot it. I went to sit up straight. Uh, no, 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 we're not just going to keep saying full moon over and over again, frogs. Uh, we're out here together. Uh, you know, I'm going to stick this out, uh, this recording out, as much as I want to get out of here and uh, uh, start putting the calamine. Do you frogs know what calamine lotion is? Calamine lotion, yeah. What do you frogs think about uh, fireworks? Because you must, like, uh, don't, fireworks, no, no, no. Don't just repeat, I'm asking actually questions. Do you, do you have any opinions on those? Uh, do frogs, Viola, do you, do you have any favorite stars? And I, I'm talking about stars in the sky. Well, they got, I, I talked over it. So, did you say Polaris, Viola? Viola. Okay, she didn't. She she did say something. I don't know if I, maybe I should rewind the recorder. I think she said Polaris, Polaris. I guess I'm a bit like a frog. Frogs have creaky dulcets. Uh, Viola has creaky dulcets. Uh, frogs, I'm here. I think Viola, are you, are you saying you'd like to date me because of my voice? I talk like a frog. Hey, frogs, I'm so glad to be here to talk to you. We do it with a frog bedtime story. All the frogs need to do is get in bed. The lights are already out, uh, except for the lightning bugs, and uh, you don't need to... Yeah, press play. You're already ahead of me. These frogs have gone sentient. I may not... uh... Well, yeah, you frogs uh, all ready for a bedtime story? Because I have one right here for you, a special frog bedtime story. Yeah, it's called, uh, it's it's an interesting story. It's a fictional one, but it might sound familiar. It's called uh, Viola and the Memphis Two-Step. Uh, it took way back in Memphis, uh, Tennessee, or Georgia, or whatever state Memphis is in. Memphis, Tennessee, that was, a, that was kind of a joke, not really. 
And I think that's where Graceland is. And uh, out behind Graceland, there's a thing called the Back 40, which is behind a lot of places. And that's like the Back 40 yards of uh, the grass and stuff. And after the hills of the grass and the Back 40 is a little uh, gully. Down that gully is a retention basin. You're correct. and uh, But I'm going to be telling you it's time to go to sleep now, frogs, and uh, retention basin, right? Down that basin is a, uh, you know, family of frogs had lived there for a long time. And some of those frogs had known uh, Elvis Presley, and some of them had known uh, Priscilla Presley, and some of them had known uh, uh, Paul, Paul Pressler, I think, uh that was a Disney executive, actually. I don't know if they, they visited there one time, and uh, the frog jumped in front of him and went by. And they, they were for a long time out there in uh, Memphis, the frogs lived. And, they, yeah, they lived in Memphis, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, just outside in Graceland, the back of Graceland. And uh, there was the glitz of Graceland. Yeah, the glitz of Graceland, you're right. And... Uh, you know the, the 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 bright lights and the cars and the tourists and uh, you know the days before the tourists with uh, peanut butter and banana sandwiches and yeah Graceland you're right you're right it's called Graceland and uh, out behind there was a young frog her name was Viola and uh, she was an amphibian yeah. that is you Viola it's a fictional version of you. Uh, and she lived out there, and she loved to sing, and she sang, and she sang for the joy, uh, the joy, joy deep down in her heart, just like she had heard. Yeah, she well, she yeah followed her bliss. You're right, you're right, Twang. Like because uh, she had heard a visitor one time at Graceland. Joy Germ Joan was her name, and Joy Germ Joan had come to uh, pay her respects to Elvis the King. And, you know, all the joy that Elvis had brought Joy Germ Joan and the people of the world and all the different Elvises and, uh, you know, all the different styles and the, the different, you know, the different stages and the different, you know, the so much joy. Uh, and when people say, oh, well, there's other, well, but, but Elvis brought a lot of joy. And Joy Germ Joan was there, uh, and she was talking to everybody about joy and joy germs and the infectiousness of joy. Yeah, you're right, joy germ. And she was there talking about joy, talking about uh, happiness and all those things. And, oh, boy. Yeah, joy germ. Yeah, she was there, joy germ. And and, uh, Viola was listening the whole time to this and said, wow, joy, yeah. You know, brings me joy is singing, singing in my croaky, creaky, dulcet tones about uh, the moon and other frogs and learning, you know, learning the English language uh, so I could communicate with humans and hire them for frog birthday parties. And Viola loved uh, to sing. But then as she got older and she headed off to frog school, of course, a little bit of that changed because uh, she met jo- frogs that didn't believe in joy germs and that thought she was hot stuff because she lived on Graceland property. And they told Viola she didn't sing like they did. She sang with a creakier dulcet tones and uh, croakier dulcet tones. And she sounded like a bullfrog. 
and that her singing was a bunch of bull. And, of course, that didn't make her happy. It made her feel a little bit sad. Yeah, it made her sad. And uh, so for a time, she stopped singing. And then she thought, was that all a dream? Uh, but she had remembered that she had taken uh, Joy Germ Jones' card when someone, she had Joy Germ Jones was trying to explain joy to people, and they would take her card out of politeness and then cast it aside. Well, Viola had taken one of those cards, uh, and it said Joy Germ Jones, the Joy Germ Society, Syracuse, New York, 13215. And Viola said to herself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drop out of uh, school since uh, frogs can't really get degrees anyway. I'm going to head north. Uh, I'm going to head north. I'm going to meet Joy Germ Joan. And I'm going to discover the joy within me. And I'm going to catch these joy germs and I'll be able to sing again. And Viola set off on a journey from uh, Memphis uh, to Syracuse. Uh, she did, yes, she, yes, she did. No doubt about it, Viola. She did. And she set off and, you know, she boarded boxcar trains and hopped on and hopped off. And because she was a frog, it took years because, uh, you know, she didn't really know where she was going. And, you know, communicating with frogs isn't easy, uh and the really the only ways for frogs to travel are boxcars and barges. And so there's, a, you know, a lot of uh, doubling back. Well, did she make it? That's a good question, everyone. I'm glad you're so interested in this story. She persisted. Uh, and even when she was going the wrong way, she would, uh, you know, she would get back and she would, you know, she would ask other, you know, people and, and, and creatures if she could find the right way to Syracuse. And people would say there, and then she ended up in New York City. And that was like a whole movie, you know, Viola, like uh, she didn't have the money to find her way to the train to Syracuse, so she fell in with the wrong crowd, and they said, what can you do? And she said, I could, you know, I can talk in this deep frog-like voice. And so then uh, they said, oh, you're hired. So then she worked there, and then she had to get out of New York, uh, because that's what not what she really wanted, and finally she boarded a train uh, headed uh, to straight to Binghamton, not that far from Syracuse. And then she spent a few days in Binghamton, and then she m- managed to get on the back of a truck full of hay bales, uh, bound for a hayride in Syracuse, New York. And then Viola, you know, she kept that card uh, right, you know, in that the thing that inflates. Uh, so that's why she couldn't sing either, because she had a business card in there. Her frog bubble, or I don't know what you call it. Viola, what do you call that thing? Frog bubble. You do call it that. That's great. Uh, glad I was right about something today. And she traveled north, and uh, she looked, and she found the address, 111... Joy Germ Lane, Joy Germ Joan. But Joy Germ Joan wasn't there anymore. And, you know, she was gone. And Viola said to herself, I've traveled all this way all these years. Uh, and I just wanted to meet Joy Germ Joan. I just wanted to find the joy deep, deep, deep down in my frog bubble. And now Joy Germ, jo- Joy Germ Joan's Industries and the Joy Germ Foundation... 
111 Joy Germ Lane was still there because uh, it was a sign somebody tacked up. On. Yeah, it was there, though. You're right, Viola. And Viola cried uh, just like that. She cried tears of uh, sadness. Yeah, she was sad. Joy Germ, you're right. She was looking for Joy Germ Joan. And she was down and down and out. Uh, and she didn't know what to do. Uh, yeah, Joy Germ. You're right, Joy Germ. And uh, then she met somebody, and they said, What are you doing, Frog? What's with that frowny face? Uh, you're at 111 Joy Germ Lane. Uh, that's what this alley is. Uh, and Viola sang. And the person said, Wow, that reminds me of this swamp uh, uh, just outside of uh, you know Lake Ontario somewhere. About an hour from here. Why don't you hop in my car and we'll, we'll take you there. And so they headed north. Uh, and they actually had like water for uh, Viola to drink. And uh, Viola found her way to the swamp. Uh, just like this one. Almost identical to this one. Uh, and she got in that swamp and she started... Yeah, Joy Germ... Uh, Yep, that was a part that in the story that was Joy Germ. You're right. Uh, that was a while ago, though. And Viola, yep, Joy Germ. You're right, Frogs. Uh, but Viola found her way to a swamp, and she found her place there. And Yeah, Joy Germ. You're right. And then she found out... Uh, oh, boy. I don't know who's singing now, but uh, Viola found that her song was different than a lot of the other frog songs. Yes, Joy Germ. Yeah, Joy Germ. Uh, yep, and then she found that she could sing and that the other frogs would enjoy it. Yeah, Joy Germ. And she found her joy again. And that's the end of that story. Uh, that's a sto- it was a bedtime story. Thanks. I, I realize it wasn't perfect because it was a story to put your frogs to sleep because it's past your bedtimes. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Phil. I, I, I did enjoy telling your story. It was made up, I know. And uh, thank you, all you frogs, for uh, putting, putting up with me tonight, all the lightning bugs that were here. And I, I hope you'll take that quorum a little more seriously and think about eating all the mosquitoes. Uh, I guess plenty will be... Uh, you could share DNA with me, I guess, if you like, because... Uh, I, I, uh, they, they took a lot from me tonight, and, uh, but I'm glad I got to spend the night with you, Frogs. I missed you. Two years ago, I came here, and none of you were around, uh, so I'm glad that I came here this time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, thanks for having me. No, don't, don't go. Well, I, I do, unless you can eat all these mosquitoes. I really gotta go, uh. But, uh, yeah, I'll be at that party. Let me know when the next frog party is. I'll uh, talk to these lightning bugs, uh, see about a lightning bug suit, and, uh, yeah, I'll be dancing. Oh, and uh, Viola will be singing. Yeah, I'll be doing the Mickey Mickey Mouse or whatever the dances frogs like. Oh, why was it called the Sue Two-Step? I'm sorry, I didn't tie the story together, huh? Yeah, that's a part of the story I missed, uh, but all the time... Uh, like the way Viola paid her bills was doing this dance called the two-step where she would get up on two feet and dance. And actually, uh, the TV station, the WB, like, got a frog to copy it. And uh, Viola actually got a lawyer, Joy Germ Jones' lawyer, and uh, 
Uh, she got a bunch of money from that, and uh, that's uh, how she lived happily ever after. She purchased a swamp, actually, and she was the first frog to own a swamp, uh, so that was good news, and uh, that's why it was called the uh, Memphis Two-Step. Uh, it's a great question. I'm not sure who asked it, but I'm glad you did. And yeah, so I guess all you frogs, so I guess I guess you'll put yourselves to bed, because I, I tried, and I, I did want to comfort all of you. So thank you so much for having me here in your swamp viola with all your friends. Thanks all my listeners for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. The sweet sounds, the breeze, the frogs, viola. Yeah, I know our voices are so... I never knew how much I sounded like a frog till I recorded with you, viola. I don't know how to feel about it exactly, but... Uh, Good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining me here uh, on the edge of a swamp uh, with my forest friends. Uh, hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this special episode of Sleep With Me podcast uh, presented by Spoke. I'm here uh, and I've arrived by bicycle, traveling by Spoke. And as the wheels uh, spin around Stowe Lake here in San Francisco, I'll try spinning you off into dreamland. A circular lake around a circular aisle. Like I said, it's a somewhat ovular, ovular lake. Uh, thanks for correcting me, geometry brain. Welcome. I'm going to carry you on a little bit of a dreamy, meandering journey. Uh, Stowe Lake is here. Uh, in the heart of uh, Golden Gate Park, uh, it's a uh, it's a manufactured lake, uh, but it really is. Uh, you know, you hear the term uh, "urban oasis" or a "jewel within the city" thrown a lot around a lot, but here you wouldn't know you're in the heart of San Francisco. You wouldn't even know really you're in uh, Golden Gate Park. Like Stowe Lake is uh, literally like a park within a park. And it's an ovular lake, uh, and at the center of it is Strawberry Hill. We'll take a walk up Strawberry Hill. We'll visit with the ducks and birds. Maybe we'll see some turtles. We'll see couples rowing in rowboats and paddling in paddle boats. Water rippling. Uh, breezes uh, flowing in the wind. I have a duck here at my feet uh, listening in wagging its tail, saying, hey, uh, right around the corner, there's another, uh, what are, are ducks a gaggle? There's just geese traveling gaggles. Uh, I think a duck blind is what you use, uh, but there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six sleeping ducks. So all you really need to do if you've ever never listened to an episode of Sleep With Me before is just uh, climb in bed, uh, curl up on the covers, and... Uh, I won't be recording while I'm on my bike, but I'll be traversing the lake and the uh, island at the center of the lake. I'll go over a few bridges, and this will be a journey that you can kind of listen to. But, you know, there won't be any, like, riveting things like, oh, here's some historical facts you won't be able to forget. Uh, This should be an enjoyable but forgettable journey, Uh, engaging but not overwhelming uh, calming and sleep with me, <laughs> calming and, and, uh, I don't know what I was going to say because the ducks, they just, uh, 
they said, hey, you woke us up with your chattering, uh, put us back to sleep. Uh, but like a, a, a calming journey with uh, superfluous details. And it should be enjoyable and calming and soothing. And I'm glad you're here. Uh, and I really hope and I really yearn to uh, give you an enjoyable journey. You can hear the ducks uh, uh, ducking away. Duck, they say, we're ducking out of here. Whether you need this uh, to keep you company while you can't sleep, uh, to, to lull and soothe you while you fall asleep, to distract you from whatever it is that's keeping you awake, or you know, just to be a, keep you company if you're watching paint dry or reading through lines of code, or you're stressed and you just need a little uh, escape. Uh, that's really what this park is here, with the glimmering water... The reflection of the blue sky in the green shallows, uh, even in, in even though the lake itself is misty, I can see little fish uh, swimming by, bird feathers uh, flowing on the wind. So I'm really glad you're here, and I really hope I can either help you fall asleep or keep you company. Uh, thanks for coming by, and uh, I'm going to hype hop on my bike here and uh, head up to... Uh, a bend in this uh, this lake that is also a little bit like a river since it uh, uh, goes around this uh, island in the center. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Hey, everybody, here's our first stop here at Stowe Lake Boathouse where you can rent a boat, park your bike, uh, get refreshments. I had a BLT here. It was delicious to sustain me through this uh, journey. And restrooms, which are always uh, in a park, uh, a huge benefit. Plenty of friendly workers, postcards, T-shirts, smiles are free. And really a beautiful building uh, to set the mood on your journey around uh, Stowe Lake. Uh, enjoy. And here we are on another stop on our Stowe Lake bicycle tour. And I'm at a nice overhanging of pine boughs here at the corner of a lake. At a shady spot in a, in a it, it's like a duck pond within a lake. Uh, there's ducks swimming in the, uh, the water. There's tails shaking. There's bills dipping. I don't know if they're drinking or um, tasting the water. Wow, a duck is really just uh, shaking their tail feathers. Like you've uh, heard that song before, uh, something, something, shake your tail feather. Yeah, but this uh, duck is actually changing, cha- not changing, shaking its tail feather. And uh, there's a goose here in the midst of it, one Canadian goose, a lone, uh, chill Canadian geese, a goose. Uh, probably the commonest Canadian goose uh, I've ever seen. Canada geese, actually. It's not Canadian. It's a Canada goose, I think, uh, I believe, is the correct terminology. And we have some, I have a couple of the the ducks with the green heads. I don't know if they're mallards, but, but did you just hear that water splashing? They're doing a little chasey-poo, saying, uh, can't catch me. Whatever the equivalent of the candy man is, I'm that, or the gingerbread man. And we have ducks dipping, we have dogs walking, people enjoying this uh, lovely 
the day here at Golden Gate Park as I tour around the beautiful spots uh, at Stowe Lake uh, where you could, you know, take a boat or you could take a walk. You could park your bike at the Stowe Lake, Stowe Lake, Lake House, or Boathouse, excuse me. You're right, uh, Lake Brain. And just enjoy the day. And I'm here at, one of, at the first bridge where I'm going to cross over uh, from one side of Stowe Lake to the other. And I can begin on my climb up Strawberry Hill. I'm going to leave my bike behind and climb the so, 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 so slopes, the sleepy, sleepy slopes of Strawberry Hill. An island at the center of uh, Stowe Lake. Uh, and at the peak, we'll have a beautiful view of San Francisco on this lovely day. Uh, there's rippling water beneath me as I stand at the pinnacle of this bridge, uh, which is called the Roman Bridge. And I can see the Stone Lake Boathouse uh, not far off in one direction. I can see the cypress trees and the pine trees. And I can see the families and the bicycles uh, touring by, people with pets, people holding hands, uh, people jogging, people walking, people talking, and me, people watching here with you. And uh, let's proceed. And here I am, uh, part of the way up Strawberry Hill. You know, Blueberry Hill was another song. But this is a Strawberry Hill. And there's a bench here carved with names of old lovers and lovers new. Celebrating the love of EZ and SR. Of M-U-N and K-A-T, of H-E and X-D, of V-D and uh, T-K-S, of course TK-421 TK and BB-88, I just carved that uh, here, K-V and A-C, and if I didn't just carve something Star Wars related, I'd carve you and me. Even at this distance down to Stowe Lake, I can see seagulls, and at this distance they look lovely. They look majestic against the green, green water. And in the uh, in the sunlight, uh, the water of Stowe Lake, uh, it looks like uh, an olive green, and a really lovely olive green. It's rippling. It has some blue reflections of the sky, the gentle motion, and also the sky peeking through the branches of the trees. And it really is an olive green like you'd see on camo. It's really nice and really relaxing looking down at it from here. And you really can't beat rippling and floating birds, uh... For peacefulness, uh, one, two, three, four, five gulls, five gulls uh, floating like ducks, five or six ducks between them. I don't know, there's a tree in my way. And it looks like the way the ducks deal with it is just to flap their wings and say, hey, uh, give us some space, uh, uh, seagulls. Um, 
But let's uh, continue on. I'll meet you in a second as I've left my bicycle behind and I've moved to, to foot power up Strawberry Hill. And I, uh, you and I will find our our nighttime thrills like that are more sleepy than the other kind of nighttime thrills at the peak of Strawberry Hill instead of Blueberry Hill, which I think I know from Happy Days. Richie Cunningham sang that song. Maybe he was uh, lip-syncing, though. Ron Howard, I don't know if you're listening, but I hope you, you know, my best to you. Uh, You know, I'm not going to... Anyway, I better keep walking instead of addressing... uh, uh, I mean, I'd like a Han Solo update if I could get one. I am the person that carved uh, BB-88, loves uh, TK-421, and yes, I know that's BB-8, uh, but I prefer 88 because uh, it has uh, a nice, nicer sound to it. Uh, okay, I'm here on a nice footbridge. You know, this is a human-made lake. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a reservoir as well. And I know there's some reservoirs awaiting us at the peak of Strawberry Hill, but now I'm on a footbridge over... Uh, a, a, a made waterfall, a manufactured waterfall. Is there any bands called Manufactured Waterfalls? I guess manufactured's uh, a hard word for me to say the first time. But right now, the waterfall in the stream is not running. Uh, maybe because, uh, you know, California, we're conserving water. Maybe it's uh, because it's a late afternoon on a weekday and they're saving it for the weekend. Uh, The waterfall that works for weekends. But I'm here, I can see the top of the California Academy of Sciences, the living roof at the California Academy of Sciences that has little portholes or, you know, uh, sun holes or windows as some may call them. And I can see this uh, western, no, east to southeastern side of Stowe Lake, uh, southeastern Stowe Lake. Uh, and from here, it's changed from an olive color. Wow, what, what would I call this color? Um, oxidized rust or oxidized copper color. It shares its color with the Lady Liberty. And pennies, you know, that we've, you know, that, uh, I don't know, I haven't seen any. Did they change the consistency of pennies? Because, uh, can't see, think of the last time I've seen a green petty, penny. Uh, I've seen, I've seen people green, green with envy, not green with petty. But I guess you'd say if you're envious, uh, we're only here to enjoy the different trees around me. There's evergreen trees. There's trees with, like, kind of the leaves, like a maple. Uh, There's a bush right here with uh, yellow flowers that looks pretty nice. You're doing a great job, Bush, uh, overlooking this waterfall, this manufactured waterfall uh, where water does not flow. And into my purview is a squirrel. Maybe looking for a nut, maybe, yep, it just picked something up. I don't know if it was a nut or uh, a pea. I don't know, can squirrels eat paper? Is there any nutritional value in paper? Maybe you can even hear the rustling of the autumn wind in the leaves around me. 
the call of geese on the wind as they say, hey, we, we're in California. Do we still need to go south for the winter or should we just go where that person dropped the popcorn? Uh, but I'm going to continue on this path and head to the pinnacle of Strawberry Hill. And I'm glad you're here with me resting like the clouds on the horizon the blue sky above me, but laying on that horizon are puffy, pillowy clouds sitting in their softness uh, just for you as you drift there in nary a rustle other than the comforting rustle of the wind to help you sleep. And here I am just a few steps away at the edge of the reservoir and there's still more hill to climb. But here I am, I'm sitting on a stump, uh, resting. The wind is making the trees slowly roll in the breeze. And I'm here overlooking the reservoir that not just uh, feeds the waterfall, but keeps the pressure, according to uh, Wikipedia, keeps the pressure strong, the water pressure strong, uh, for when they need it here in the park. Gravity plus water equals, you know, they, they, they knew what they were doing when they uh, put water at the top of hills. To my north, across the Golden Gate, I can see uh, the, the peak of uh, the pinnacle of uh, Mount Tamalpais or Tamil Pass. Uh, that looks like a sleeping figure if you look at it the right way. I can only see the peak of it, uh, but it looks lovely, a dark uh, green-brown and framed by the trees of Golden Gate Park. And that's off my left side. Off my right side is uh, the steeples of, uh, I think, uh, the cathedral at... Uh, the University of San Francisco, and the Transamerica Pyramid, the Bank of America building, the Salesforce building that they're building up, and beyond that, the East Bay Hills. As I sit here on a stump, uh, I say I still have uh, yet a path to walk uh, to reach the top of Strawberry Hill here on our journey via Spoke around Lake Stowe. Okay, and here I am. I think I've reached the peak here. I'm sitting on some something that looks like uh, it was once uh, built. Uh, I see concrete and brick and stone uh, together, but whatever it is, it's worn away. Maybe it was another uh, uh, reservoir here at the peak of the hill. And I have a view of... Uh, the west and the south, mostly the south, is blocked by Sutro Tower. Those of you that have visited San Francisco and have a, holy cow, a raptor just took flight. Wow, was it nice. Uh, right at the tree above me, and it made a lulling, uh, swooping loop. Uh, and I see another one off to my right there. Wow, soaring. I think it's I don't think it's an eagle, so I can't say it's soaring on eagle's wings. Uh but it is floating on the thermals above San Francisco over the Sunset District 
But yeah, looking over to my left is a Sutro Tower, a giant radio tower that just looks really cool. I remember the first time I came here, uh, it was in uh, maybe 1999, and I saw the fog and this uh, strange radio television tower poking through the trees at the top of a hill in the mist, and I said, wow, man. That is cool. I, I'm not even sure what that thing is, but uh looks like you could talk to space with that. And uh, I still think it looks pretty cool. To some people, it might be an eyesore, but to me, I guess like in a weird way, it, it's probably still functional. And maybe at some point, maybe I don't even know what I'm talking about, about what it does, but uh, it's like a cool thing from a bygone era that's still relevant. I mean, that's probably what the tower would say to me. What if I became a radio tower therapist? Uh, would you uh, listen to those uh, sessions if I got permission from my clients to record them and broadcast them? Pardon the pun. Uh, they say, what do you, repair radio towers? No, I speak to them. I speak with them, actually. I let them speak to me and, uh, you know, talk about their relevancy and, you know, explore the resiliency and plasticity of, uh, a ra- you know, the existence of radio towers. You know, mostly we just surf radio waves, man. And speaking of uh, surfing waves, to my right, uh, just in a gap in the trees, I can see the mighty Pacific Ocean. I can see little foaming ripples, and uh, beyond it, I can't see much. I can see the horizon and a few misty clouds on the horizon. Uh, a really mellow day, I mean... If you could nap in a moment, you could nap here with me. There's just uh, the trees dancing and swaying gently. You may be able to hear some white noise. Uh, This is where traffic's soothing, a thousand feet away. You know, is where I'd like to be when there's traffic. It's so nice, uh, just a gentle pink noise and the wind supplementing that noise through the branches and through the leaves. Uh, Here on Strawberry Hill, it's a place where you and I chill. And I'll walk around a little more. I'll be right back. And here's a sign, uh, first sign I've encountered here on Strawberry Hill, uh, that says uh, it's a destination for butterflies, like the morning cloak, the American painted lady, the gray hair streak, the Kman blue or A-C-M-O-N blue, like a Kman blue, the common buckeye. And anytime they label something uh, common, like the common antelope or something, there's nothing common about it. It's, uh, it's beautiful. The West Coast painted lady, the satyr angel w- angle wing, excuse me. The common checkered skipper, nothing common about you, skipper. The umber skipper, you know, those are loyal. Those were once loyal to the north, then not loyal to the north, then loyal to the north once again. The red admiral, the pipe vine swallowtail, the monarch butterfly. How about this one? Uh, best tasting butterfly. butterfly. Uh, the anise uh, swallowtail, have it with butter, believe me. You know, don't eat butterflies, kids. That was a joke. 
the western tiger swallowtail, and the butterflies up here, they, they have a behavior called hilltopping that occurs almost every day of the year here on Strawberry Hill. Hilltopping is an instinct, according to this sign from San Francisco Parks and Recreation and San Francisco Parks Trust, that brings butterflies to the summit of the nearest hill to search for mates. Uh, and butterflies seek mates in midair by exchanging pheromones, a chemical substance. A sunny afternoon here will reveal various butterfly species dancing about in this behavior. And I'm going to keep my eyes open for the butterflies and more sleepy stuff here at the on the slopes of Butterfly and Strawberry Hill. Strawberry Butterfly. I can see some raptors flying. They're saying, hey, I could use mates. So how about me? And I'd say, hey, well, you can be too, uh, but I don't mate with butterflies or birds uh, or much of anything. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I can help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks for coming by. And we'll continue our uh, trail because I got a I just got another great view of the Golden Gate. Uh, I'm standing here, looking just about due west. I can see the ocean. I can see the low-lying buildings of uh, the sunset. You can hear the sounds of traffic. Uh, and as I look uh, right back at the breadth and width of Golden Gate Park and Beyond at Ocean Beach, I can see the foaming waves of the Pacific, uh, you know, letting us know they're here. The winds, I can't see any fog, though. I can see some mist, uh, and I, can, I don't know if it's saying, hey, we'll get foggy later, man. Right now, enjoy the sun, enjoy the lake, and enjoy the tour uh, that you're along on, carrying you off into dreamland. I'm glad you're here. And let's keep going. And I stopped here. I'm on a nice leisurely path, uh, slowly winding down Strawberry Hill. But something called my to my olfactory senses, and it was the smell of sap. Uh, don't let me get sappy here. But I'm standing in between three trees, and that rich scent. Uh, it's really sleepy. That. Uh, I don't know how else you'd describe sap as smelling other than of sap. Uh, smells like the outdoors. It smells a little bit like Christmas, uh, you know, back when you get a live Christmas tree and maybe there'd be sap at the middle, uh, depending on the tree, or out on a hike, or out on a farm, or out in the woods, uh, Sun warmed. I mean, I think you really to get good sap smells, you need a warm summer or spring or autumn sun to warm that sap and release its smells. It's really relaxing me. I don't know if you can hear and feel me like a slowly rolling like sap, man, but... uh yeah, I mean, my shoulders feel relaxed. I don't know if yours do. Uh, rolling off of my neck uh, like sap. Uh, uh, slowly stretching and relaxing as I look out over San Francisco. There's snap, sap on the wind. There's a snap in my step, though. A, a real slow snap. I don't know if you could have a slow snap, but I'm sure you can. 
And I can see a couple now in one of the paddle boats on Lake Snow or Lake Stowe. The Stowe Lake actually is where I am, but uh, there's plenty of lakes in my mind. And, you know, once I get sap on the nose, I get uh, sap in my mouth, I guess. Uh, But, yeah, I'm here. They're leaving a gentle wake behind them. I could just see someone running their hands through their hair and laughing. So you know uh, that first date's going well. Uh, Or it's two friends out enjoying themselves. And uh, what better way to enjoy themselves than a leisurely foot paddle? I could tell you what a better way is to lay picnic near sap, but not in sap. Uh, Being close to sap, uh, but not having it on you is delightful, unless I later find out that I've got sap on me. And then I'll deal with it. It'll be nothing new. But man, it smells good. I don't know if you can almost smell it. It's a little bit piney. It's a little bit earthy. It almost smells like wisdom a little bit. Uh, I mean, because trees, and yeah, tree, I'm, I'm, I'm pandering. I'm pandering to you, trees. Uh, trees are wise, and... Uh, you know, if it wasn't for sap, I don't think we'd have Jurassic Park. So another thing we have to thank uh, for uh, sap. Uh, I think that was amber, but I, I, I don't know. Is amber sap? I, I don't know. And no, amber, I'm not calling you sap. Uh, I'm just asking. Uh, I just want to say thank you and pander to the trees. Thank you for these smells. Thank you for rocking and rolling in the breeze. Thank you for being here with me. Making me weak in the knees. Uh, and thanks for the sap smells. And also, you know, on behalf of Chris Pratt and Jeff Goldblum, uh, uh, everybody else that was in the rest of the movies, who's, you know, uh, everybody, um, uh, Sam, um, well, everybody else, uh, I'd like to thank you and say uh, great job. If, if sap's responsible, uh, you know, for that too, my entertainment and reading and I don't know, I guess I've uh, run out of my pandering to trees, but I really love you. I don't need to pander. Your trees, you're great. So I'm going to keep going on this path and I hope you're rolling and uh, drifting molasses-like off to dreamland too. Here I am. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm sitting down and I'm resting I'm looking across the Golden Gate, uh, Golden Gate, uh, across Golden Gate Park and the Golden Gate to the Marin Headlands, just seeing tiny reflections of cars uh, making their way out the headlands uh, to another beautiful view of the Pacific Ocean. And I'm sitting here at the fountainhead of the waterfall of uh, Stowe Lake. And I had like to do a quick interview here. Uh, it's a fountainhead. I'm here with, uh, representing uh, uh, Spoke and Sleep With Me podcast. And I wanted to say, uh, you know, even though you're not uh, flowing today, I respect uh, whatever your reasons are, conservation or resting your pumps or whatever it is. Uh, I think you've been doing a great job. And I'm proud to sit at your fountainhead or your uh, fall head at your uh, spring or where the wet water, uh, you know, the where you flow out of your mouth, I guess. Uh, you're awful quiet, though, but I want to say I think you're doing a great job. I don't know if you heard, uh, I just did, what, did a solilo- solilo- soliloquy about uh, sap, and uh, so I'm kind of out of compliments, to be honest. I, sh- I guess I should have stopped by here earlier. 
But on behalf of uh, Manufactured Waterfalls Anywhere, why don't you tell us about your next album? Uh, what's it called, and uh, where can we pick it up? Okay, there's... Uh, yeah, but it's a great album, uh, Manufactured Waterfalls. Uh, the uh, I think it was called uh, The Algae Album. Uh, that was my favorite, and uh, I know that uh, you're the one that made birds sing, and you made the wind blow. I know those are grandiose things, but I think you worked those into your album. And what's it like here, sitting with this view? It's a beautiful view. It's probably changed over the years, Uh I don't know what's changed more, you or the view. Oh, you don't have an answer for that. Well, I think that's the wisdom, like the wisdom of sap, uh, quietly flowing. I'm sure that when uh, when things are really moving that uh, you probably have a lot to say. So probably on your day off you say, hey, man, it's my day off. Uh, music's my private project, and uh, that's what I'm really passionate about. I don't know if, if I'm just speaking for you and I'm not being accurate. Please let me know. But that's it. You know, check out Manufactured Waterfalls, wherever you uh, purchase Waterfall-made albums, uh, yeah, in imaginary stores everywhere, here at the top of uh, Strawberry Hill. Uh, thank you for giving us some time, uh, Waterfall. And I don't know, like, uh, maybe one day you'll be named after someone, or maybe you are, and I just don't know it. Uh, I don't know. Have you? Do you, do you ever think about uh, getting a hold of... Uh, Ron Howard and seeing if you could collaborate on uh, a Strawberry Hill, Blueberry Hill crossover. What about Lauren Hill? What about Benny? I don't know if Benny Hill's still with us. Have you heard it? You probably uh, do. You know who Benny Hill is? Well, you know those are the hills that I know of. I'm probably sure there's a lot more uh, uh, Hillary Duff. Uh, that's not a, exactly a hill, but uh, didn't she? She used to have two names. It was Hillary Duff and. Uh, or was that someone else? Hannah Montana? Am I mixing up my met- metaphors? That's not a metaphor. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been great spending time with you. That's the Strawberry Hill Stoic Waterfall, everyone. And I'm going to head on on this uh, little journey. Thanks for being here. Okay, so I'm here. Uh, and I just found some bluebirds and a squirrel. And the squirrel's coming up to me. And uh, begging me, it seems like, no, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have any food. I don't have any, anything to give you. I stopped because there's two bluebirds in a bush and, uh, oh, hi, hi. Yeah, hi, squirrel. Oh, you have a nut there. Is that a natural nut or someone, something that somebody left behind? You don't know. You're nice. Uh, and I think these are bluebirds. I'm not sure if they're stellar jays or bluebirds. I don't know the difference between the, the hair I think stellar birds have a sleeker head and bluebirds have a cardinal-like head haircut. Oh, the birds just said we don't have haircuts. Uh, and one of the birds has a nut now. Where'd you get that nut? Uh, is that a... Oh, I'm... Oh, the birds are saying that I'm nuts. Uh, that I've been... The nuts are just falling out of my mouth. Uh, well, that's great. Uh, but wow, are these birds beautiful. They have about 15 different shades of blue on them, maybe 50,000 shades of blue. From a navy, I never know what cerulean blue is. It's a beautiful word. Uh, they have sky blue. They have turquoise. They have misty mountain blue. They have deep blue. Really, holy moly. Uh, you know, if you're Oscar, like a ball gown designer, 
These birds, these birds are eating it up, by the way. Hi, birds. Yeah, I'm just uh, complimenting you. I interviewed a waterfall that didn't go well. I talked about sap. I think that went pretty good. Uh, but, uh, wow, look at the tail. I think there's even a, can blue be iridescent? Uh, if I lived in just a blue world that was based on the colors of your feathers, I'd be doing just fine. And next time I'm feeling blue, I'll, I'll say to myself, which shade of bluebird blue are you feeling? And uh, maybe I'll giggle at that, or maybe I'll say, be quiet, I'm in a bad mood, that's why I'm feeling blue. Oh, you have another nut there. I think that's just a peanut shell. No offense, I'm not a nut, nut expert. I know you called me nuts earlier. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So here we are in the park, uh, bluebirds and squirrels. Uh, you can't really go wrong. Let's uh, keep going. Okay, I'm here. And I, I don't know if you can feel this now, but I'm leaning on a tree. I was going to climb into the tree and sit in it. Uh, but then I realized uh, this wasn't a comedy podcast. And when I fell out of the tree, I dropped all my equipment. You wouldn't be here. And it wouldn't make uh, much of a difference. Uh, so I, I didn't do that. But I'm here leaning on a tree. A lot more bird activity. I'm close to the water. Yeah, I'm on this lawn branch. It's just uh, thick enough to support me, but just uh, enough that it has a little bit of the motion of the wind. And I don't know with those bluebirds, uh, if it's just the fact that people feed these birds, but uh, the ducks are coming over to see me. Uh, the ducks that we talked to earlier. Uh, what is your name, Randy? Did I, I don't think I named you earlier. Randy's one of the brown ducks. Uh Coming right up on shore to see me. Then one of the ducks I would call a mallard, but I don't really know anything about. Oh, the two ducks that like chasing each other are back. Uh, and they're saying, are you the one that uh, interviews bluebirds, uh, where bluebirds can then make a joke at your expense? Because we could really use I said, yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to. I'm a servicer of Mother Nature. I'm a foil for Mother Nature, as we all are. But I get a good, good look at... Uh, at Stowe Lake uh, as it winds around Strawberry Hill. And there's a blue boat and a couple in the blue boat. And what they're doing is uh, floating with the wind at their back, uh, just enough to move their boat at a gentle pace. As they, There's actually a couple of geese uh, escorting them, uh, just cruising on the sides of their boat. Uh, the sun on them, I'm sure it's like just warm enough here. The birds are chirping, the autumn breeze is blowing, and the, the, the ducks, they seem all-knowing. Uh, and if it was night, maybe, like, there'd be a duck that's glowing. Uh, but they're really saying, yeah, we'd only glow. That's, uh, what's your name? Francine? Great. Uh, I, lo- I love meeting ducks. Yeah, I'm here. I do a sleep podcast. Uh, podcast that puts you asleep. Sleep with me, believe it or not. That's what it's called. No, I don't want to. I don't sleep with the ducks. Uh, I don't sleep with it. Yeah, uh, there you go. I gave you. Yep, uh, that look uh, was at my expense. Thanks, Francine. Oh, you didn't say you'd sleep with me anyway. Okay, you don't need to overindulge in. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. Oh, here's another duck. Uh, like a little bit mallard-like. Uh, like uh, just took a little sip of water, cruising the shallows. Uh, Looking around, maybe for something to snack on. I don't know if any of you birds have seen any turtles lately. Uh, I'll tell you what, birds, if I could just see seagulls in Stowe Lake, I would uh, 
I would have an entirely different opinion to them if I didn't see them at picnic grounds and uh, those seagulls are hearing me. I think they're really wondering if I have food. Oh, here comes a little boat, a red bottomed boat, a little bit closer, number 46, uh, where someone's on their phone and someone's paddling, and uh, they can just barely maybe make out the churning sound. Uh, these paddle boats, they do seem to be efficient. They seem to have an underwater paddle. And don't worry, I'm talking very quietly, so I'm not I'm not infringing on the paddle sound. Probably, the, like my voice is just droning anyway, droning on and on here with you, uh, riding around the shores on Stowe Lake. I'm gonna climb back on my bike here and make my way to another bridge, uh, but now. There's uh, the circular motion of uh, pumping of, uh, what do you call that, pedaling? That's what they call it, of a yellow boat. Uh, and I don't know what the steering situation is, and no offense to this couple, but they're uh, going uh, left and right and left and right. But maybe it's because uh, there's a big smile on that boat. I love big smiles. And I think the ducks do too. Oh, no, the ducks said they love uh, food. But, yeah, here we are on the shores of Stowe Lake. I'm glad you're here with me. And let's head towards the Rustic Stone Bridge and cross over it. So what do you say? Uh, here I am uh, right at the uh, water's edge, and I wanted to take a few minutes because I didn't, I wasn't on Turtle Watch. But one of our duck friends is coming up to see if I have food, which I do not. I'm sorry. Uh, but I, ha- I wasn't on Turtle Watch, but I was hoping for a turtle sighting. And here we have it in the sun Across Stowe Lake for me, I stand at the foot of Strawberry Hill. Holy cow, flock of pigeons just went by. About 35 pigeons. I think they're a tandem pigeon flying team or synchronized pigeon flying because they just flew. Then they flew back again, all in uh, synchronicity. And then they landed on uh, uh, a, a tree above me. And there are a flock of pigeons in a tree above me. I, I, uh, again, if you if you want to reappreciate uh, a new, what, what some people could call nuisance birds, uh, your opinion may change here at Stowe Lake in Strawberry Hill. Well, what I was really here to tell you is I see uh, turtles on a log. And they're bathing in the sun. They're sunbathing. One, two, three, four on the log across from the lake from me. And then at a further distance, I see another log sticking out of the water. And that's a little bit further away. I don't have any binoculars, but I'd say there's one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven on that log. Just chilling. Turtles uh, sitting. Uh, Their heads, uh, some of them seem like their heads are out. Some of them seem like their heads are in. But, uh, you know, they're saying, hey, I'm cold-blooded, but that doesn't mean i got to be cold-blooded. Uh, warm it up, as uh, Chris used to say, warm it up. And they're doing that. And they got the right idea because uh, here in San Francisco, the difference between shade and sun on a day like today is about 20, 25 degrees. Uh, so let's see what other turtles and sights we can see uh, here around the corner. Okay, I'm here at the foot of uh, the stone and rustic bridge. Two arches uh, to ride over the water. A bridge over calm water. A really nice bridge. Uh, 
So two tunnels you could ride your paddle boat through, stone and brick and masonry and uh, square stuff. Uh, really picturesque, really picturesque. And uh, don't think you could find a more relaxing place uh, to cross a bridge uh, over a, a nice calm lake. Uh, so I'm going to get on that bridge and I'm going to report back to you in uh, just moments where... I'll refresh our turtle count and uh, see what other things we can spy. And here I am on the bridge. It's a bit breezy on the bridge, uh, as if nature wanted natural illumination for me. And in a reedy patch, uh, just off the bridge, I see a birdhouse. Uh, a birdhouse has been built, uh, not to put too fine a pine on it, as they say, uh, you know, birdhouses are the soul of the home of the birds that live there or that uh, mate there or that are uh, coming to the world there. So I think uh, they might be giants had it right when they said those things. I can see my turtle logs from here, but I, if I had a turtle log to update, I wouldn't be able to update it because uh, this view, uh, I guess they're almost camouflaged. They look uh, like with the shadow from the view I have... Uh, Almost like uh, bumps on a log. A uh, bunch of turtles that are bumps on a log. I don't know if they'd... I just saw someone running after uh, a, a seagull, a grown 50- to 60-year-old man. And uh, so maybe seagulls are... Maybe the seagull is creating a nuisance. I'm not sure exactly. And I have a nice view of uh, Strawberry Hill here. Some parts are dry. But some of the bushes are looking pretty good. I don't know if that's a sage bush uh, that I'm looking at uh, or some cypresses and some other trees. Uh, but uh, uh, the sun, we're facing west, uh, so we got good sun coverage here. And it's nice. It's nice and warm. I'm leaning against a stone, just chilling and uh, people are walking and talking and uh, filled with joy. And also, you know, you see the beauty of uh, uh, being in a city. There's diversity of cultures and languages and ages. And now a butterfly is flying right by me. The wind is picking up. Uh, some more people are coming by and heading towards the pass where you have to walk your bike here on the bridge. And they're doing it. Conscientious people sharing a park, sharing a jewel. Everybody's getting quality time, even these butterflies. Uh, yeah, I'm watching these two people with their bikes, and they're parking their bikes. They're saying, hey, let's sit on this log in the sun, and, uh, you know, let's either rekindle this romance or keep it kindled. Uh, and I'm just talking about sitting side by side in the sun. I'm not even talking about the stuff uh, that uh, the ducks, you know, were giving me a hard time about. Um and the pigeons, uh, they just left the roost and headed off in a coordinated effort to, to uh, I mean, maybe all the birds here are restoring, you know, while we restore wildlife habitat or, you know, create a, a pseudo habitat, whatever you want to call this area, uh, maybe they're saying, hey, let's get our reputation back. Let's say, let's uh, take this word pigeon back. So I'm back here on the path. Uh, a little bit out of breath from pad, pad, paddling or paddling uh, and circling the lake. Uh, 
have another distant view, a, a different angle of the uh, the turtles in their shells as they chill. And also, like, uh, I don't know, very, uh, I don't know, I think across a world thing where you have waterfowl and benches. Uh, you have a person on the bench uh, feeding bread or things to the birds, uh, a common thing, and there's a man... He's tossing the bread to the birds. He's the he's the bird man today, the bird person, friends of the bird. Maybe I mean maybe he's reinforcing a bad habit, but uh, you know I I don't know. I I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to look at uh you know there's uh, ducks, uh, there's geese, seagulls, all spinning around, jumping and moving, probably aerating the water a little bit. I mean maybe polluting it too, but uh. I don't know. It's just such a thing, you know. People throwing things to birds on benches. Uh, you, uh, it's nice to watch. I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know if it can get more relaxing than watching someone enjoy the birds. I mean, the closer you get, the less relaxing it gets. I know that for a fact. Uh, so I won't tune in uh, when I get there. Oh, little puppies going by, or a little dog. Uh, uh, and it didn't, it seems, oh, it said, hey, birds, I'm a dog. Uh, watch me run over here and make you all fly. Uh, but now the dog is moving on. just wanted to have a little, say, hey, I'm interested in birds. What can I say? One day, I, as a dog, I aspire to be a dog that sits on a bench and feeds birds. Uh, oh, no, feeds on birds. That's not funny, dog. All, only jokes at my expense here at Sleep With Me Podcast. Uh, so let's uh, finish up our journey here. Uh, let's walk around uh, uh, to my bike, and I'll bike a little bit further and hop off and uh, be back uh, before you know it. Okay, I'm here sitting on a bench. Maybe you can tell my countenance. It's a warm, sun-warmed bench, uh, warm on my bottom. and so nice, and maybe you could just hear the laughter being carried on the breeze. As I watch a tandem boat going by, a boat built for six or five, uh, uh, so two rows of uh, paddling on this paddle boat. So four paddlers and one paddle E, like one person in the backward facing seat, a father looking dapper in a tweed cap, uh, a plaid, a red plaid, I don't know what you call that, uh. A, a tartan plaid cap. It's not, I guess that's different than tweed, but it starts with a T. Uh, children and preservers uh, battling away, and uh, another adult uh, mother looking back uh, out at the ducks and the birds. The ducks are coming to see me. They say, is that a microphone or a, 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 a sourdough loaf? And I say, no, it's a, it's a microphone. And yeah, so uh, keep moving. As the paddlers are moving, and they're really actually kicking up a churn. You get four paddlers. You get some nice uh, bubbles behind the boat, uh, some nice aeration. And again, I guess I'm coming around. I see another seagull. I spy with my little eye a seagull spying me, questioning if I have a loaf of bread. A serious look on this one, kind of like Sam the Eagle from the Muppets, uh, I guess Sam the Eagle's more stern than uh, serious, uh, but these are some serious uh, seagulls. I haven't seen seagulls uh, swim this much in my entire life. Uh, 
Usually I either see them sitting or flying. So maybe these aren't seagulls. Maybe these are some other gull, uh, like a lake gull. Excuse me, could I ask you a question? Are you a lake gull? Are you a seagull? Uh, do, and, and forgive me for asking this so directly. Do you consider yourself a nuisance bird? Oh, the bird just looked right at I can never tell if the bird's looking at me when it looks at me or when it turns its head to look away. You know, it's confusing. It really could make it, maybe that's why people consider you a nuisance bird. You could make it easier to make eye contact and just swam away. I guess it didn't like what I was saying. And, uh, you know, I'm not here, I'm not here to point any fingers. Oh, I got another one walking. This one looks very proud. It has a red uh, dot on the bottom of its beak. It's almost majestic. Uh, yeah, I'm saying it. I'm saying you're, you're, you may be a seagull. I see webbed feet. And I'm also saying you look pretty darn majestic. Uh, you're white, you're gray. Your beak is yellow and orange with a little red. And the synchronized uh, pigeon flying team just flew by. The sun is in the sky. And, you know, what could be more resting than uh, finishing up your day here with me? The breeze rippling, uh, Stowe Lake, my bottom. You know, you can bet your bottom dollar my bottom is warm, warm on a green sun-warmed bench. And a family uh, enjoying a tandem boat, a birdhouse, turtles, a climb up Strawberry Hill, a uh, sleeping waterfall, a manufactured waterfall, uh, to the top of a hill where there were butterflies and were interviewed birds and squirrels somewhat and uh, stood by sap. Uh, I'm glad you've been here with me. I hope you've been resting as the wheels of the spoke have been turning on this very special sleepy episode with the rippling waves and the moving of people walking and paddling, of birds flying, of turtles resting. Why don't you rest now like a turtle on a log, sun-warmed log seeping in, seeping in the relaxation, your blankets, your shell... Maybe your pillow, maybe you're like a newfangled uh, turtle with a pillowy shell and you're resting, you're uh, descending, you're sleeping as the water drifts beneath you, the olive-colored water of Stowe Lake here in San Francisco, of Strawberry Hill, of paddle boats paddling through your dreams. Uh, thank you for testing out the show. Thank you for being here. But I'm more touched I can be here with you. And you could be here with me, enjoying the park, enjoying the sun, enjoying the breeze. And uh, all this here... Uh, really, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't here to help you uh, get some sleep. Uh, good night. Hey, everybody. I want to thank you for uh, listening to this special episode of Sleep With Me. 
And if you're still with me and you want to hear more exclusive content from other Feral shows, be sure to check out hearspoke.com slash feralaudio. Or you could check out some of Spoke's awesome playlists if you're looking for the exact opposite of Sleep With Me. Try the Spoke original show, AM with Amber, a quick rundown of the news for the day. I'm also really excited about enjoying the Line Break podcast, all about poetry. So relaxing. Uh, I want to thank you again for uh, listening to this exclusive episode. And I hope you take the time to explore Spoke and find some new awesome podcasts to listen to. Uh, Thanks so much, Spoke.